warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 329. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hi, it's Nick Swartzen, and welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <gasps> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. Yeah, how you doing, Jake? I'm doing okay. (sighs) Doing okay. Yeah, doing okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's been been a fun week. More more Final Fantasy VII remake and more magic the gathering oh so. god and, and 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 animal crossing what is, what i'd be right are you doing that thing too i do not really play much animal crossing we, we have one switch and michelle has completely taken over the animal crossing oh wow now this this is uh quite the dilemma we might have to start a uh go fund me for jake to get a second switch you know we could afford a second switch <laughs> Because of the, we don't need to go fund me, but they are impossible to get right now. They seem to be a really hot go to quarantine item right now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants a switch. They're like on eBay going for like 500 bucks again. Like it's fucking Christmas. You see that PS5? They might raise the price and they're going to have limited amounts once it gets released. Really? Yeah. They've already, well, there's the rumor, the rumor that they're going to have limited PS5 and it might not be the 499 price point that they were talking about originally, I guess. Might be a little bit more than that. It's going to come with 4K Blu-ray, right? Oh, I believe so. And this one finally is backwards compatible, I think, with the last one at least. Okay. PlayStation 4. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw they unveiled the controller maybe a week and a half ago. Oh, that white controller? Yeah, right. Yeah. It looked like something out of like a science fiction, like iRobot. Oh, it totally did. Totally did. I don't know. Were people complaining about it? Mm, it just looked like a fine serviceable controller to me. Yeah. Oh, man. Remember how big the Xbox controller was? Or was it the Xbox? Yeah, the Xbox one. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah, I hated that. I I hate beefy controllers like that. I didn't like the Genesis, and it wasn't even nearly as big as that Xbox one. I didn't think the Nintendo 64, that button on the back would work. And I was just like, what the fuck? It's like, I got to flick this thing's butthole, and, and it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? It fucking worked. I had that little button on the back, you know what I mean? I was flicking that thing like crazy. I was making that anus scream. 
<laughs> the, the Z trigger, I believe, right? Z, yeah, yeah, we can call it that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I had another name for it. Yeah. Anyway, Jake, I've been writing recently some uh, That's awesome. dirty limericks about uh, limes, the fruit, called lime ricks. That's so awesome. <laughs> They're called lime ricks. <laughs> and I've been... Uh, Linking it to our website, but if you click on the link, you get Rick rolled. It's a lime Rick. <laughs> so you tinted the Rick roll green? Yeah. Dude, I, like I, I thought about that joke earlier in the week and I just laughed to myself <laughs> for so long. <laughs> I thought it was lime Ricks. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I was hoping you at least had an example. No, no, you just get you just get rickrolled. <laughs> you just click on the link and you get rickrolled. It guys, it doesn't even exist on the site. I just made that up. I haven't been writing shit. I don't write anything. We're not alone. We got Joe Stark. Welcome, Joe. Hey guys, happy to be here. You've recorded some Starkcast, haven't you, sir? I have. You, you said you called me a liar, and I went and did it anyway. Oh, I know. I know. I did it. I did it. As motivation. It, it worked. <laughs> it did. It did. You're like, oh, that son of a bitch. You, you were, you were, you were shaking your fist at the heavens. That son of a bitch. <laughs> I can see you in the backyard and it's, it's fucking storming out there. You know what I mean? I'm talking like a Shawshank, Shawshank redemption storm. <laughs> you know, like Tim Robbins ripping his fucking shirt off as after he fucking crawls through like five miles of shit to get out of Shawshank. <laughs> and you're in the fucking backyard shaking your fist at fucking the heavens, God and me and say, I'm recording Starcast. <laughs> By Odin's beard, I will record. <laughs> More. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when I die, you're gonna go to my grave and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna record an episode of Starcast that Brian's dead." <laughs> you like that, Brian? <laughs> You'll be my off mic producer for that. Uh, episode. Uh, oh yeah, off mic producer. Guys, <laughs> Uh, Joe, what'd you what'd you what'd you think about my little anecdote about lime ricks there, Joe? <laughs> that was really good. I was waiting for an example. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. We do have some I we do have one iTunes review, Jake. And, uh, just one. Just one. But it, you know what? It's it's nice to know that it was from someone that typically doesn't listen to the show. It was somebody that listened to the show uh, because of the Tiger King episode that we recorded with uh, Brittany Pete, the uh, PETA lawyer that was uh, in the actual Tiger King documentary. Joe, did you watch Tiger King? I did, and I thought the interview that you all did was fantastic. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, that was one of those things we'd uh, been contacted by somebody earlier in the week, and I was like, you know what? Oh, man, that, that'd be a lot of fun to, to talk to her. And so I uh, pulled together a few people and did the episode literally almost like zero preparation other than me talking to Neil, Tristan, and uh, June and telling them to pick out anywhere from two to three questions to ask her. And they came with great questions. And it was, I, th I think it turned out to be a pretty informative and fun episode. It was very informative. 
Yeah, not fun. I, I noticed how you how he threw out two <laughs> adjectives there, and you only said it was informative. So fun, not so much. <laughs> no, it was fun too. Yeah, Brian, Brian, Joe's like Joe's like that's all you're getting from me when you fucking yeah. don't think I'm recording a start cast, you son of well, a fuck. Listening to it more, like she kind of gave some more information about uh, Carol Baskin's side of it, mm-hmm. which I mean the the stuff surrounding the disappearance of her first husband still is kind of shady. It is. I mean, I was watching. Have you watched the TMZ Fox thing today? I didn't watch the TMZ Fox thing, but I did watch the follow-up episode of Tiger King with Joel McHale talking to everybody. I did, too. I watched that as well. I was going to bring it up in Good Pop, Bad Pop, but fuck it. I'll read this review in a second. What did you think of... What You know, fuck it. We're talking about it. You know what I mean? Let's stay topical. What did you... um, What's your favorite topical to put on your body? Oh... It's got to be icy hot, right? Icy hot? I don't know. Everyone, I, I just recently got some petroleum jelly that I've been putting on my feet. <laughs> Why are you putting petroleum jelly on your feet? I got a blister and some guy was like, dude. Oh, no. He was like, uh, put petroleum jelly, put some Vaseline on that. And um, it's helping. It's really helping. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big vapor rub guy myself. Yeah, that stuff's good too. Oh man, that commercial where that older woman's rubbing that on that kid's chest. <laughs> I was like, that's a little racy and then I realized, oh, that's that's his mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is Ben Gay the one that you put on sore muscles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember one of my friends years ago. <clears throat> He put Ben Gay all over his pecs and his biceps uh-huh. and then did push-ups for like three hours straight. And I know it was three hours because I watched Braveheart while he was doing push-ups. And then for the next week, we would walk up and just poke him in the chest and say, how you doing? How you doing? And he'd just fucking drop. All right. well, Too many push-ups. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when uh, – what was it? Did you watch the In Living Color with uh – the? Remember that? What was that? What was that? What was those two? When it was Damon Wayans and Keenan Ivory Wayans, and they were playing those uh, those gay movie reviewers. <laughs> I never no, got into film. those. Men on film, and their sponsor was Ben Gay. I was just <laughs> <laughs> shit that you could only do in the nineties. I'm telling you, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh my god! What was it? Uh, two snaps in a circle. Oh my god! Those guys were hilarious. Yeah, they hated it. Mm. Hated it. Oh god! And fucking. Uh, <laughs> I do remember seeing clips of that. The Homeboy Shopping Network was fucking hilarious. I love that shit. Oh my god! Can you watch In Living Color anywhere on like a streaming service right now? Oh, you. That has to be true. It has to be somewhere. Yeah, it has to be. I would go. I would go back and watch some Homie the Clown. Yeah, Fire Marshal Bill. Fire Marshal Bill. What was the? They had one. They had one sketch. It was Jim Carrey, and it was the only time that they did this one sketch. And it was a guy, and he was still connected to his mother by the umbilical cord. And it was Jim Carrey, <laughs> and he's in a subway, and he's getting thrown around, and the umbilical cord's getting wrapped up all over the place. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> It was like one of those ones that it was, I don't know, it was just like too crazy at the time. So they only aired it the one time. They, like Saturday Night Live never did a massive head wound Harry series, Jake. And it was one of the fucking most hilarious sketches That's they ever did. That's only one sketch? They only did it once to my knowledge. 
I never saw them do massive head wound Harry. Basically, it was this guy who goes to like this dinner party. And, you know, people are there and they're talking, mingling and things like that, networking, whatever. And this guy comes in, it's massive head wound Harry, and he's got this massive head wound and he's kind of disoriented <laughs> and he, and he's losing blood and he gets a little sleepy and wants to kind of like rest his head on this guy's couch. And so like all this blood is getting on the couch and there's a, a live dog on the couch and he starts <laughs> eating the fucking head. <laughs> and I don't think that they really were prepared for that to happen. And it was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Massive Headland Harry. Really Google great. it, people. The, the, the opening of it was like the joke was almost the song they played yeah. to, to introduce the whole thing. Oh, God. Yeah, it was uh, it was Dana Carvey as Massive Headland Harry. Yes. Yeah. I need to look that up. Anyway, Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This one's titled Tiger King. It's an iTunes review. It's a five star. It comes from Texas Trans TX Transplant 71. So I'm guessing Texas Transplant. Thank you for focusing on the true issue. It is so disturbing that people are focusing on Carol and not the animal cruelty issues. Please make the call of the wild at www.bigcatact.com. So a little bit of a plug there, but somebody that listened to the Tiger King episode enjoyed it, wanted to plug it and their thing, and then uh, gave us a five star. So I'll take it, Jake. I'll take it. Yeah, you got to take him where you can get him. Yeah. I guess we'll let him sneak that plug in. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, it's, hopefully, it in. hopefully it's a good cause. So bigcatact.com. So hopefully it's a good cause. Anyway. I, I didn't see the... Uh, you guys were going to talk about the, the new episode of Tiger King. It seemed like you were getting ready to jump into that. Yeah. But I saw a lot of hate for it. It's not it good. Like, yeah, no. I didn't like I it. Joel McHale just kind of treats the subject like a little bit too jokey. It's a circus, man. It's a, it's a circus. <laughs> I don't know. It totally was. I don't know if you liked it, Joe. I mean, it had its moments, but it's like... On one interview, he's making fun of Jeff Lowe. On the next one, he's talking to Jeff Lowe, and there's not so much of the, you know, you know what I mean? It just, it just didn't feel, it just felt like, let's give you another episode. Let's get some of these people back here. And it just, you know, more of a, more of a cash grab, more of like a, you know, and then also just talking about how it's the most successful documentary of all time. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't blown away by anything in it. Um, it, it was kind of funny to listen to Joel McHale kind of make fun of some of them. And it was nice to see the one dude got himself some teeth and he was wearing a shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you man. can ever go from no teeth to lots of teeth, well done. Uh, yep. Very true. Guys, you know, off of Tiger King, coronavirus still happening, still a thing. When do you, are things ever going to get back to normal? Yeah, it at will some be, point. It'll be interesting to see what the new normal will be going forward. Like what what sort of things are people definitely going to be super leery about moving forward? I mean, are we, are we going to see handshaking go away? Is it is it going to be elbow bumping? Are people going to look at you weird if you don't take their hand if, if it's extended to you? I mean, lots of little things like that. Are we going to see more people wearing masks themselves if they're sick? Like, are we going to see people now take on that and say, yeah. you know, I do have a cold and I've learned all this shit about what's important with wearing masks and wearing a mask really keeps the germs to yourself. Yeah. And so that's that was one of the things I saw where somebody in South Korea had said that um, 
that they almost look at people in public right now that aren't wearing a mask as though they're being selfish. It's like, you know, that's a really good way to to look at it because if you are going out in public and you have some sort of symptoms or something like that and you're not wearing a mask, then, yeah, you probably should be to protect people from that. And so I wonder if that's something we're going to see moving forward as a new status quo, if if it's going to be a lot more common to see people wearing masks out and about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't know if everything's, if anything's gonna ever get back to normal. I mean, for some, I think some, some companies are gonna have to like reevaluate positions and like, are these really necessary now? You know, we've, you know what I mean? So people might be out of jobs and. It's scary. And depending on how big of a, you know, of a recession that we end up slipping into. Yeah. But it kind of felt like we were teetering on the edge of something like that anyway. Yeah. If I if I get it, if I get COVID-19, I want you guys to throw me a virtual like we'll do it on Skype, but I want you to throw me a sweet COVID-19 party. <laughs> what will like, that entail like I've already thought of the drinking game. Every time Brian coughs, we all have to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can place bets like a you can get like a death pool like is he going to make it? Is you know what I mean? He's going to pull through and you know, I'll get on Skype. I'll let you look at me. You know, I'll take my temperature. <laughs> you know, but a sweet COVID nineteen. I think I want. I want to copyright that sweet COVID nineteen parties. You don't have to be nineteen. You just have to get the fucking COVID. Have yourself a little sweet COVID nineteen party. Yeah, if that's what you want. You got it, buddy. And I've also, I, th- I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave anybody out. I, and don't worry, I want, the, I want the Latina girls to get their COVID Nieras as well. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I want to know why nobody's made like some sort of parody off of Vanilla Ice having a Roni. <laughs> wow, Vanilla Ice deep cut. I know. Do you remember having a Roni? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why no one makes a parody of it, though. Not too many people are going to even know what the fuck it's a parody of. <laughs> is that beatboxing? That is beatboxing. <laughs> Joe, have you been quarantining? Have you been Have you been doing that? Have you broken the quarantine? Have you been quarantining 100%? Yeah, I've been working from home for two weeks now, and it's it's definitely weird to just get up and it's like the same desk that I'd normally sit at and write and do podcasts and stuff. Now I'm sitting there for eight hours to do work throughout the day, which, you know, at first it was weird, but it's also kind of fun hearing the kids, you know, kind of playing in the other room and it's kind of nice being around the family a lot more, but it's definitely weird because I haven't really been going out and doing anything. Yeah. I have asthma, so I'm in the the higher risk category, and so I haven't been really going out and doing grocery shopping and and stuff. And and man, when I do go into places, like it does, kind of weird me out. Like the first thing I do when I get back into the car is you know put on hand sanitizer, or I touch anything mm-hmm. else in my vehicle. Oh God, I was like, okay, I went to the gas station and I touched like the door handle, and then I immediately just like touched my face after that, and I started freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And I, I literally wanted to put hand sanitizer in my eyeball. I was thinking about putting <laughs> hand sanitizer in my fucking eyeball. <laughs> I've definitely rubbed it on my face a few times in the last couple of weeks. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. Not going to lie. Fuck. Uh, did you see the report that the, what is it, sunlight might be able to kill this thing? 
No, is it a vampire now? No, I was thinking <laughs> like more of like bacteria and viruses and stuff. They usually don't do well in sunlight or ultraviolet light. Like they have these cool like um, uh, sanitizing things you can use for your phone where you put it in and it basically just bathes the outside of your phone in ultraviolet light. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I just saw an article about one of those where it charges it and does that. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, man. I've been doing a warrantine. It's where I just fucking, <laughs> I listen to Warrant, and I just <laughs> hang out in my bedroom. So I'm listening just, just to Cherry Pie. I'm listening to all the hits. <laughs> While playing War with Yourself, the card game? No, just the worst war- card game ever? No, no, not that. No, not that. I just, just, <laughs> just listening to Janie Lane and the band from Warrant. It's just lots of air guitar. Lots of air guitar. Me by myself. Just like here he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what sucks is like my my trust fall videos that I put online really suck right now. <laughs> my head hurts. I've, I've got a lot of bumps and bruises. <laughs> no, you start trusting the couch. <laughs> Trust an air mattress. Yeah, uh, I usually I do them at the grocery store and like. <laughs> You see people part like the Red Sea every time I do it, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's jump. Let's jump in a good pop band pop this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. A good pop band pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Gonna be honest with you, not feeling so good this week, guys. Woke up and started feeling, I just started feeling like a little bit of chills and stuff like that and... So I'm trying, I'm trying my best here. So I'm not going to apologize for anything. That's not going to help anything, but just fucking deal with it. You're getting an episode, but, um, yeah, that's where we're at this week, but I'm drinking vodka. I'm hoping that this fucking shit helps. Yeah, man. Well, no better medicine than that. Probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, dude. I almost stopped and picked up a six pack of Stella just cause I was like, you know what? I haven't been drinking much lately, but I know Brian would be right there with me if I were drinking some Stella. But then I was yeah. like, the thought of going into the convenience store, I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. I got, I bought an 18 pack a couple weeks ago. I still got <laughs> some left. But yeah, I, alcohol sales have gone through the roof since this fucking thing happened. Oh yeah, I bet. Went to, went to, uh, went to the, uh, Mexican restaurant. They've got carry out, you know. And they're selling. They're still selling margaritas. What they do is they give you the margarita mix, and then they give you the tequila in in, in separate bottles that you add once you get home. Oh wow! I was wondering how they were doing that. I heard that some places were doing alcohol carryout. Yeah, yeah. They just give you the little, like you know, like uh, you know, like the little tiny bottles that you get like on the airplanes, and then you get in the fucking hotels and shit in your room. You know, when you open that little fridge, you crack it open, and they charge you fucking fifteen bucks for a little tiny thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, we're wow. living in strange fucking times. You can wear a mask into the bank 
and you can get carry out alcohol. The banks aren't open. The lobbies, is, they're not open here. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I missold that a little bit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but it is weird. Joke, yeah. It is weird, though. Like, I was wearing a hat, you know, like I was wearing, like, a hat yesterday and my fucking mask into the... Uh, grocery store and it just everybody everybody looks like it's like the wild wild west and shit like we're all going in there to rob a fucking train or some shit <laughs> some people have some real bad judo masks too i've noticed oh totally yeah. totally I, went, <laughs> I look like billy the kids up in walmart i bet fucking <laughs> jeff lowe from tiger king had a bunch of affliction fucking bandanas that he's got ready for this didn't he <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did you guys see? I I I helped back it. Uh, it's got many days left, like twenty or something. I don't know. They might be in the teens. But the Spawn Masterworks figure on Kickstarter. Yo, oh, yeah, I actually backed this too because you showed it to me. Oh my God! I don't know it, if I've seen. It. I'll yeah. have to check it out. Yeah, Spawn Masterworks figure on Kickstarter. Fucking gorgeous! You can get one figure figure for like eighty bucks. He'll sign it. Or you can get just a figure for forty bucks, or you can get all three figures. There's three figures, and you can get that for like one eighty nine with shipping. Yeah, yeah, there's two different sculpts, and then if you buy both sculpts, he like throws in some extra heads to make a third figure. I think is what I read. Everybody's wow. and like as uh, it broke a million dollars within the first few days, and the more stretch goals that they hit, the more shit he's just adding for everybody. It's crazy. He's added. He's added a couple extra faces for everybody. It's crazy. So definitely check it out. Just do a Google search for Spawn Masterworks figure Kickstarter and you'll find it. And if you want to back it, back it. This thing's fucking gorgeous. It's yeah, based, absolutely beautiful. Based one's on the, with the hood on and one's with the hood off. It's based on the 1995 figure that he put out and they just updated it made, made it look awesome. Did you guys watch the Save by the Bell revival teaser trailer? Oh, no, I saw it in my feed earlier, too, and I meant to click on it before we recorded and never got around to it. Yeah, I did not know that actually aired. Yeah, it came out earlier this week. Kevin Shanks posted something about it earlier in the week in a chat thread, and I clicked on the link. Oh, my God. It's from one of the writers from 30 Rock. Uh, was it 30 Rock? With Tina Fey? Yeah, yeah, the Alec Baldwin Tina Fey thing. Yeah, not, yeah. What, what was that? Sorry. You doing all right? Sorry. You having a stroke over there? Yeah. What's going on? No, I'm good. I'm good. You get stroke COVID? Over. You got COVID? We throwing a party? We throwing a sweet COVID-19 party, Jake? Is that what's going on here? I'd be down. If I get it, we can throw one for me, too. All right, cool. Cool. You you, you okay over there, buddy? No, I'm good. I'm good. I just kind of choked up on myself there. That's, I'm, just, I'm just worried about you. You never know. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I appreciate the worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, oh god, it looks fun. It looks super fun. It looks super fucking fun. Uh, no, uh, no sign of Mark Paul Gosler as Zach, but his son is going to the school. I guess the whole premise is like Zach Morris is the governor of California, and uh, he's led a lot of these like I guess like he shut down a bunch of these like lower income schools or something like that, and so now like now these kids are going to like the like the Baysides and the you know what I mean and the big the the like the rich schools. And so, I don't know, I guess the dynamic's gonna change at these schools or whatever, I don't know. And, uh, but his son, his son is going to this school, and A.C. Slater, he's the gym coach at this school. <laughs> of and course he is. And his son's going to the school. 
and there's this whole interaction where, like, I guess it's Zach's son and A.C. Slater's son. And A.C. Slater's son is the offspring of him and Jesse Spano. And Zach's son, of course, in the final episode of uh, Saved by the Bell, him and Kelly get married. Oh, God, I shed a tear. I shed a fucking tear. Jake, maybe that's what you were getting choked up about earlier. You were thinking back to that fucking episode, and that's why you thats why you were stumbling all over your words, stumbly stumblerson. <laughs> I know. I was Googling to say it by the bell, and then I saw a picture of that episode and got all choked up. I know. That's what I think happened. <laughs> that's what I think happened, sir. It's okay, man. I was right there with you, dude, and I still think back to that. I was just embarrassed about it. I, I should have said something. Don't. Don't be. Hey, dude, it's 2020. <laughs> Men can get in touch with their fucking feelings. You know what I mean? We can do that now. It's all right. We can cry. We can be huge pussies these days. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the biggest pusshole you want to in 2020. It's fine. It's totally fine. At least there's something good about this year. Yeah. Yeah. You tweet about it and everybody will just like give you this virtual fucking little Twitter hug and all this shit now. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Anyway, but um, there's this whole scene where I guess they got in a fight. These two, these two boys got in a, got in a little bit of a scuffle. And uh, AC Slater's the gym coach, and he's talking to him about it. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, you know, I used to get in an argument about a, a girl. We used to fight over a girl back in the day. I guess these guys are fighting over a girl." And he's like, "Yeah, uh, oh my god, it was actually your mom." And then he's like, "But then I found this other girl, and we started dating. Oh, that's your mom." And it was pretty funny. So I'm really looking forward to it. It looks it looks like it's going to be a blast. So, yeah. I, Is there a laugh track? Is it going to be like like that? It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look – this looks completely different. It doesn't look like it's the single camera, you know what I mean? Like it's it doesn't look like the, it, like the classic NBC, you know, show that we knew. This just looks like it's it's something newer. It's it's shot almost like it's a 30 Rock or something like that, you know what I mean? Or like a modern family or something, so. What's it going to premiere I think that's on? the better approach. <laughs> It's going to premiere. I do too, Jake. I, you know, uh, it's going to premiere on Peacock, the NBC Universal streamer. And it's going to be, uh, they, it neared completion. They had to halt production over this coronavirus. And, uh, but they think that it'll still premiere in 2020 sometime. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I still cannot take that name Peacock seriously. Oh my God, Peacock. No, it's terrible. Yeah, that's I immediately think yeah. peacocking, and then I'm giggling. <laughs> Are you going to pay for peacocking premium? <laughs> I think everybody you know, once they do that friends thing, but it's not. It's just like it's a, it's a reunion show. It's not a. It's not that's HBO, right? That's HBO Max. That's coming too. Oh, that's is, yeah. It's HBO Max because it's it's a Warner Brothers thing. Yeah, Peacock's yeah. claim to fame is going to be all the Office episodes, and if they can do an Office revival. Yeah, yeah, they've been talking a lot about that. Oh, I, their claim to fame is going to be the Punky Brewster revival show. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, I stand corrected. <laughs> I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching. You bet your ass. I'm going to be watching. I'll check it out. I caught up. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fucking 
talk too much about that. I caught up on a bunch of animes. Not a bunch, a few that I've been watching. I caught up on Infinite Dendrogram, which I've really been enjoying. And I highly recommend that one. I think you can watch it on, uh, it's on Hulu if you, if you want to watch it there, but I really enjoy it. It's kind of like a, uh, sword art online, but without like the consequences. You don't like die in real life. It's just a bunch of people there in a virtual world playing a game. And it's really fucking fun. Uh, I'm on episode three of Tower of God. This is one of those that I, uh, we talked about, uh, after we got back from C2E2. I got to watch the premiere episode a month before it aired. Fucking thought it was phenomenal. Uh, three episodes have come out. I am Tupperwareing the fuck out of this. Tower of God is amazing. It is so good. The animation's awesome. The action's awesome. It's brutal. And, uh, I'm through episode three. New episodes drop on Sundays. I fucking love Tower of God. It is so awesome. Highly recommend this one. You can watch it on Crunchyroll or if you have Verve, you can watch it there. And they are not going to run out of content anytime soon. It's been a webtoon for 10 years so they've got plenty of content um and then i watched uh, a new anime that it's also a webtoon and i think it's on uh funimation i think it's on funimation it is gleipnir and the story centers on kaga uh Shuchi Kagaya, a high school student with an unusual secret. He has the ability to transform into a monster resembling a giant mascot costume, complete with a zipper down his back <laughs> and a large cartoonish smile. After rescuing fellow classmate Kuria Aoki from a warehouse fire, she sadistically decides to use him to hunt down other monsters in search of her sister. Now, two episodes are out for this one. And this is also um, a webtoon. And I don't know how many, uh, you know, I don't know how long they've been doing the manga or whatever. But <clears throat> this is fucking wild. This is wild. Apparently, like, there's these, uh, like, this kid doesn't know, like, where this ability came from, but he can turn himself into like, and it looks like he's in a costume. He can turn himself into like this, um, mascot looking costume. And, and in the second episode, you realize that there is a zipper down the back. He, he ends up saving this girl and she's like, I wonder what it's like to be inside there. Like what's going like, so she steps inside of this fucking thing and then she takes over his body and now she's got his powers and so they figure, yeah, so they figure out that he is like a little bit more compassionate and won't do like the dirty things. He won't kill people and stuff like that. But when she's in there, she'll get the fucking job done. He's a little bit worried about her. She, he thinks she's a little crazy. She's kind of a wild card, you know, and, but, uh, and there's other people that have these abilities and they kind of like revolve around these tokens. Apparently you find these tokens or something like that. But there's this also, this other guy that's looking for these gold, they're like golden coins and, uh, these, these vending machines. I don't do, there's so many questions about this show, but I am like, I'm hooked. I think it is just fucking awesome. I am so into this. It's called Gleipnir. It's spelled G-L-E-I-P-N-I-R. And uh, it is fucking wild. So watch Gleipnir. I think it's on Funimation. Are the mascots really big? Do they... 
Or do they grow in size? Or they the same they're size? not all mascots. They're all they turn into. They call themselves monsters. They're refer. They they're st- they're referring to themselves now as monsters. Now now when we get more in- characters introduced that know more about this world, they might be called something else. But like they've only met one other of these monsters, and like she didn't turn into a mascot. She just had like her like arms and legs kind of like changed into something different. So, but she didn't turn into like a mascot. That was only this guy. It was weird. It's a, it's a, it's a weird show, dude, but I'm fucking digging it. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'll have to check that one out. Definitely. Gleipnir. 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 Yeah, check it out. Gleipnir. Jake, trust me, two episodes, and you need to watch the first two. If you stop at one, I don't know if it's enough. I think you have to watch the first two collected because the second episode is where, like, you know, Claire, this girl, jumps into the body of um of this kid as the mascot and there's like it's hollow she just goes in there and it's kind of, it kind of looks like meaty and fleshy in there it's weird that's so weird it is wild dude it's fucking wild sounds like butt boy oh fuck that shit oh my god <laughs> I said goodbye to Shit's Creek. Uh, I didn't talk about this last week because I hadn't watched the episode, but said goodbye to Shit's Creek. They had their uh, series finale, and I watched the finale of Shit's Creek. And not gonna lie, got a little, uh, got a little misty eyed. David and uh, and Patrick, and I'm hoping there's a fucking spinoff of Shit's Creek. I'm really hoping there's a spinoff. The final episode was written by Dan Dan Levy. Um, and Eugene Levy's son, who, you know, who plays David on the show. And he's super talented. And I'm hoping he comes back and I'm hoping that we get a series with him and, uh, Patrick. I would absolutely love it. I Tupperware every fucking season. I Tupperware every fucking episode. This is one of those that like, you know, it snuck up on a lot of people. A lot of people saw this on Netflix. I was fucking watching that. You go back and you go in our catalog of episodes. I was talking about Shit's Creek from week one. I'm grandfathered in. I'm an OG. Back in the day, I used to tweet about fucking Shit's Creek during season one. I'd be like, oh my God, Shit's Creek's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Dan Levy used to fucking heart my tweets and all this stuff back in the day when this started, when this started. So I've been a fan. Yeah, you know, everybody, oh, hipster Brian here. You were in on the ground floor. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I was. <laughs> fuck you. I was in on the ground floor. Um, but yeah, I said goodbye to Shit's Creek and I absolutely loved it. At many times during the episode, it almost felt like, you know, there's a scene that's happening where they're saying goodbye to each other in the, in the moment, but it, it's almost like cast members saying goodbye to each other. And so it was, it was a beautiful fucking season, beautiful episode, hilarious. And I, I love this show more than anything. And you can watch the first five seasons, I believe, are all on Netflix. Highly recommend this one. Yeah, I saw nothing but love for this finale. Like, usually, if there's someone that's going to hate something, they're going to hate the last episode of something. And this seemed to be pretty much universally loved when it was airing on Twitter. Last episode of PCL, Jake, you want to fuck that thing up? Oh, like, make a really bad episode? Yeah, let's Seinfeld the fuck out of it, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's already in the works. Give nobody anything that they want in that last episode. <laughs> yeah, no guest either that episode. No guest. Yeah. Ah. I've caught a handful of episodes of Shit's Creek, and it's amazing. It's it's on my agenda to go back and watch all of it. Yeah. Oh, man. I really liked what I saw, though. My favorite relationship in any sitcom that was currently running 
was um, not going to say of all time, but currently running was David and Patrick on that show. I love those two. Great couple, great chemistry. Absolutely loved it. So really hoping we get a spinoff with those two because I, I don't want to see that, that that's the end of those characters. I want to see those characters come back in some capacity. Uh, I watched the finale of the Quibi show when the streetlights go on. Jake, that, I think that's that's the one show that I had to stick with on Quibi to to keep watching. I really haven't revisited. I'm not even caught up on Flipped with uh, with uh, uh, Will Forte and uh, what's her fucking name? <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, Caitlin Olson from uh, It's Always Sunny. Like I'm I'm through seven episodes. I'll watch it. I'll get back to it. But I had to fucking watch this when the streetlights go on and stick the landing. I. Yeah, Hulu passed on this first off. I found that out. Hulu passed on this as a series. Let me just say that, like, this is, like, this is dark. Like, this is, like, a dark fucking show, and it ends on such a fucking sad note. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a a really good show. I'm going to give it a high taste overall, but, like, on the flip side, you're not going to leave with fucking, like, any good feelings at the end end of this one, I can promise you. (laughs) It's fucking dark, man. It's just, it's, it's sad. I was like, is this based on a true story? And I don't think it is. But Jesus. Murders and shit. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. You think there will be more? Of when the streets lights go on? Yeah. I don't think so. A, I think a Quibi season two or? I think, yeah, I think they're done. Unless it's an anthology thing. I don't know how many fucked up things go on in this town. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, that it, makes sense. Yeah, there's just like this kid, you know, there's these kids, these murders. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe some more fucked up shit happens in this town. If more shit, fucked up shit happens in the town, then we'll have a season two. But it felt, it felt, <laughs> it felt like it was, it felt like it was very, like there's some finality there. Like they jump forward to like this kid as an adult, you know, looking back on his days as this kid and, you know, his experiences. So it felt like it felt like they were done. Okay, it just was was very dour even though it had closure. Yeah. I think the street lights went off for that show, Jay. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ah. Oh, I hate myself. Um, <laughs> let's talk about something I hope that we all watched. Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge. Yes. Yeah. The champions of Outworld and Earthrealm fight to the death in a brutal tournament that determines the fate of birth. Wow, thank you for that fucking amazing synopsis. It sounds like the synopsis for every Mortal Kombat movie and every Mortal Kombat video game ever. Wow, thank you for digging straight to the point. Yeah, thank you for digging so deep into the story. Jesus Christ. That guy, that that whoever fucking wrote that shit was just that's just that's some half ass shit right there. You know what I mean? That's like they, Warner Brothers was paying him by the war the word. They were fucking so he wrote that on a Friday at the end of the day. Dude, no, yeah. That was like he wanted to fucking go out and play some frisbee golf and he copied and pasted something from like another Mortal Kombat video game. Mortal Kombat seven. Yeah, he just copied and pasted. Jesus Christ, you lazy son of a bitch. Hope you get COVID. I'm that's no, that's mean. 
It's you can't say that. You can't. It's a joke. Jesus Christ, people! I don't hope he gets COVID. Christ, give me a fucking break. Uh, this is the first Mortal Kombat-based property to be produced at Warner Brothers. Animation, after its parent company acquired the franchise back in 2009 from Midway Games, and it's the first Mortal Kombat animated project since 1996's animated series Mortal Kombat: Defenders of the Realm. Jake, did you watch the 1996 animated series Mortal Kombat: Defenders of the Realm? I did not. I did not either. <laughs> yeah, this one has a cast of uh, Joel McHale as uh, Johnny Cage, uh, Jennifer Carpenter as Sonya Blade, Jordan Rodriguez as Liu Kang, Patrick Seitz as Scorpion, and Stephen Bloom as Sub-Zero. Let's jump into this one. This is one that I've really been looking forward to. Joe, I believe you were on the episode where we talked about the trailer for this one, the Red Band trailer. Uh, no, yeah, I, no, I that don't was, know if I was or not. I know Dan West was there. Okay. I, was but, saying, I remember watching it, but I don't, I don't think I was on an episode to discuss it. Yeah. All right. Oh, my memory shot. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this one as well, though, dude. <laughs> dude. Dude. Yeah, totally. So, um, I mean, basically, it is a, it's a Scorpion story, but it's got an ensemble cast, and it doesn't really, in my opinion, it doesn't really kind of like shortchange us on like the other characters as well. I think it's like, it's very inclusive when it comes to all the characters, but there is kind of like this, um, you know, focus on Scorpion, which I thought was really fucking cool, because I feel like in other Mortal Kombat kind of like content, it felt like the, 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 the like the stories all kind of like revolve around Liu Kang, you know, which, and, and he's a cool character don't get me wrong but this was just like the it starts and you're watching an actual like scorpion insect attacking a bunch of ants and ants are attacking it and you know it's a father and son so scorpion and his son are talking about you know like you know the scorpion won't stop the scorpion won't quit the scorpion keeps fighting and like even the fucking action here with like the scorpion fighting the ants like using his tail to like stab ants and cut their heads off and shit it's just brutal it comes out of the gate fucking brutal and then, you know, father and son have like this moment. They go home. They find out that their village has now been attacked by another clan and his family is dead. His wife is dead and everyone in the village is dead. And, um, it, this, this battle ensues. And guys, I'm telling you, like out of the gate, brutal, gory, bloody, and just the action was just nonstop and incredible. Like we're talking like scorpion, just like, you know, cutting guys' hands off, their fingers. You're seeing blood. You know, there's even a part in this where he's just like he sees red. Like you literally like the screen goes red. And it's basically telling you like once something happens, this pivotal moment. And I, I'm going to spoil it. His son is killed before him and he see and he just goes red and just starts to to kill and murder and there's like one guy that he just kills and beats to a oh this is before that but there's one guy he like beats to a pulp like when they come back and they flash back to this guy like all you see is like intestines blood and brains yeah it's like mm. it looks yeah it it fucking looks like what joe exotic was feeding to his tigers like it was <laughs> fucked up but the, 
I, w- I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. We'll, we'll, um, we'll unpack it a little bit. And to be quite honest with you, there's not a, t- a ton that we can really spoil here. There's a lot of this that just follows a lot of like the classic Mortal Kombat story where they go to this fucking island and there's a tournament that's held and they're trying to stop Shao Kahn from fucking taking over Earth. You know what I mean? I mean, that's basically a lot of the. It's not like we're spoiling a lot here. You know, fuck it. super close to like, was, the, was that a 90s movie? The 90s movie and like just the video games themselves. Yeah. So yeah, the night, the movie came out in 95. You know, Sonya Blade still got it fucking out for, um, uh, Kano and, you know, Jax, of course, is, is involved in this, but they do some things in this one that they don't fucking do in the 95 film. Um, specifically, like, you know, we know Jax has metal arms. We get to see why he, he eventually gets metal arms in this movie. <laughs> um, Joe, what did you think about Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge? Dude, I'm totally gaga over this movie. Like, I'm not even going to try and hide it. Like, this might be one of the best things that I've ever fucking put my eyeballs on. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it so fucking much. Um, It was so, so brutal. Like you said, it does not let up at all. The way it starts off, the, the brutality that Scorpion, like, levels against these people that have murdered his village. Like, we see this thing where the part you were talking about where, where he goes red. Yeah. And when he draws that katana and like swings it back and then the camera pans down along the length of the blade and you see all the rage in his eyes and then he takes off running down that hallway after those people. I doesn't the one guy cuts his head into three different pieces like <laughs> yes. through his brain pan and everything. It's just this show does not hold anything back. No. One of the things I really liked is when it shows how hard they'll hit somebody. It like goes into like an X-ray mode where it like shows all the bones like breaking. The games do that. It. The games do that. Uh, and like, yes. yes. And yes. it's been a lot like. I played like the very first one and like the second one when they first came out on Sega Genesis and then I fell off them for a while. And so it's been a long time since I saw the the games. Like most of my experience is just coming from memories. Yeah. You know, from when I was in middle school playing on Sega Genesis. Dude, you and, Mortal Kombat 11, you need to watch videos of the fucking Joker and Spawn and some of the characters that they've added to that game. They are sweet. fucking incredible. I'll look it up. On, uh, yeah, if anything, I got to look it up just to see what all the fatalities are in some of the newer games. Yeah. Because that shit was so cool. But, um, and so as I was watching, I kept thinking, I was like, is this, this plot seems really close to the movie, but I hadn't seen the movie since the 90s either, the, you know, the original one. Sure. And so for fun, I went back and watched that, and boy, I wish I wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, I still have a soft spot for it. I really do. I watched me too. it. Me too. I watched I, it. I thought my soft spot for it would have carried me through, but it did not. <laughs> I will tell you this, though, upon rewatch, like, reptiles animation back when like CGI was fairly new was so bad when he was like, you know what I mean? Before he was like human anthropomorphic reptile, when he was just like literally like the reptile, the CGI reptile, it is so bad. I think you can watch, at least you could watch Mortal Kombat on Netflix. And I watched it last year. That's where I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have a lot of love for that movie because I think they did a great job with like the casting. I love Christopher Lambert Mm -hmm. as Raiden. I love um, the dude that they got 
got for Liu Kang and the guy that they got yeah, for Shang Tsung is perfect and like part of me was hoping that they would have voice casted that actor in this game in this movie because I think like that actor like really embodies Shang Tsung just that voice your soul is mine I love it man <laughs> yeah. they still use his voice for like the newer games they do yes nice yeah. that's awesome yeah but anyway, so I, I finished that 95 movie and then went back and rewatched this uh, Scorpion's Revenge one again. And uh, yeah, dude, I ju- just loved everything about it. I, I liked the way that they did the story. Um, back when I did play the game, Scorpion was always a character I played. So it was really cool seeing mm. this revenge story told through his eyes that, that, you know, his whole family was killed. And then he goes to the nether realm and then is able to then go and participate in this tournament but then you know raiden kind of comes to him and tells him that there's a different path that he can go forward yeah and it was it was cool and joel McHale is johnny is johnny cage was so fantastic he was so funny <laughs> the the comic relief was really great and then seeing the story how it all worked out between him and sonya blade was really good yeah um i, I liked Liu kang it was cool seeing big giant jacked Liu kang in this that was pretty cool what well, and and like he did he started like just in like like in the game like like making the bruce lee sounds yeah and exactly I, oh, I was like that's so cool but man i mean one of those things like that i loved about this it was like it wasn't like this whole Liu kang story and i love Liu kang and i hope that we get this really sets it up for like future movies like this really sets it up for future movies to come out but we might get mortal kombat mortal kombat legends like Liu kang's journey or something like that or like sonya blades this or johnny cage is that i mean we might get it all um depending on sales of this but I, yeah, I, first off, I'm just going to Tupperware. I want to know what Jake thought about this because Jake, I know like you are there in certain instances, like you love certain things, but then like, I think certain violence can turn you off. Certain yeah. violence can turn you off. But like f- this has been a franchise and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to predict what you're going to say on about this. And I, I don't feel, I don't feel like strongly that you're going to, you know, toss it or Tupperware it or whatever. But like, I feel like this is a franchise that was kind of like born in violence. And I mean, think about like, uh, you know, th- this is one of the first games that like really incorporated blood to the point where like in the nineties, there was like a blood code that you had to put in on the game for like the Sega Genesis in order to see the blood. Otherwise it was gray. And if you had a super Nintendo, you were just going to get gray. You were just going to get fucking, it looked like sweat, like gray sweat or some shit or like jizz, <laughs> jizz flying off your camera. <laughs> Gosh, but like get those graphics. Mattered. It's so crazy. But like, I, I'm I'm dying to know what you thought of how Warner Brothers did. I I was hooked from the beginning when they had Daffy Duck bouncing around and Scorpion grabs him and says, "Get over here." I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. I love it." But I want to know what you thought about this, man. Yeah, I actually absolutely love this. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right though. Some violence does make me squeamish and does kind of turn me off. But this is so just like hyper realized and just over the top almost for like comedic purposes like it you know very much in line with like stuff that happens in the kill bill movies at parts and stuff that happens yeah. in sam raimi's evil dead 2 where great the comparison stop coming that's a great yeah. comparison sam raimi's evil dead yeah and so yeah i just absolutely loved it and the first thing i wrote down after watching it is something you touched on brian was i really i did not see the red band trailer for this um 
And just by the title alone, I was excited to see this, but I was like, okay, we're going to get like the Scorpion origin story. So I was kind of blown away by the inclusion and as much of that as there was of all the other characters. Yeah. Yes, the primary main story was Scorpion, but I almost thought it was a little bit of a misnomer to have the title that it had. Like, I feel like if you're a Scorpion diehard, you're going, what the fuck? Like, they really do spend an awful lot of time on all the characters. Like, everyone gets their kind of their big moments and no one's just like in just one scene or anything. There's tons Mm -hmm. of Johnny Cage. There's tons of Sonya. There's quite a bit of Liu Kang, you know. There's quite a bit of Shang Tsung, and I absolutely like love that. That was such a big surprise, and you could tell that the people behind the animation are a lot of the people that are doing the Warner Brothers DC movies because this was just so fluid yes. and so good, and just the frame rate of the animation was amazing. I was not expecting it to just look so clean and so beautiful, and yeah, they just really outdid themselves with this. I. I really want everyone out there that's a fan of Mortal Kombat to rent or buy this on VOD because I think this is kind of a little bit of a test, like throwing a pebble in the water. And if this thing does well enough, then we're going to get a sequel and other side stories. And, you know, they're really trying to see if this is a franchise that can move the needle. So I I really hope people check this out. We're still getting the live action movie, Jake. That's still happening, though. I mean, that's still happening. But, like, this is important, too. This is very important. I want more people to be watching this. This was just, I mean, this is worth buying for nineteen ninety is 100% worth buying and rewatching. Rewatchability through the roof on this one. <laughs> yes. I honestly think Agreed. this is my favorite Mortal Kombat movie that I've ever seen. Oh, hands down. Without hands doubt. down. Hands down. I loved it. I also wrote down that Joel McHale was just fucking fantastic. The fact that Cage. he, that Johnny Cage doesn't realize that he's actually at a real tournament <laughs> and he thinks yeah, they're hilarious. filming the, a movie. The demand joke was fucking hilarious. Yeah. He like, thinks oh, that they're filming God. a movie this entire time and that it just, <laughs> And he's signing autographs and for people that are like at this tournament. It, this is, it is so funny. There's a great balance of just like everything in this one. And like if you're looking for like just like pure Mortal Kombat fucking like, you know, lore, it's here. If you're looking for fucking great scorpion scenes, it's here. If you're thinking to yourself this entire time like I was, scorpion, pull off the fucking mask, pull off the patience. Patience, man. Patience, dude. Oh my god. There's so much payoff in this. I absolutely fucking loved it. And I think this 100% sets up sequels. It sets up sequels. It sets up other stories. It definitely sets up, like, I love how Liu Kang, like, you know, ah, man, it, I love how this story, it focuses on Liu Kang, but it doesn't, it doesn't the whole thing doesn't revolve around him. And I felt like other Mortal Kombat kind of like animated stuff has revolved around Liu Kang. And I felt like, like this movie was kind of like, dude, this just isn't your time yet. Just wait. You're going to get your, you'll get your movie. Just wait. And it was, I, 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 I love that. I thought it was really smart how, even though it was the basis and the original story, they definitely threw in a lot of characters from Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat 3. And I thought that yeah. was really smart. Like having your Baraka in there. Oh, your yes, yes, in there, yes. Having your Sindel in there. And just like 
your Melina and just having those characters and just go ahead and throwing them in there from the beginning Mm -hmm. just made it a lot of really fun surprises. And yeah, just, it's really fun to see which two people are going to end up fighting each other. And you're right. It's just absolutely hilarious. Like you're already spoiled that you see Jax's arms getting ripped out. Yeah. And one of the funniest moments of the movie to me was at that point, Johnny Cage still thinks it's all a movie. And he's commenting <laughs> on how bad the special effects are yeah. of Jax getting his fucking arms ripped out. Oh God. It, it was ridiculous. Oh, I, so love fun. I loved how Johnny kept calling Raiden by different names. Also, Oh, that was funny, too. He couldn't remember his name. He's like, Lord Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Randy. That's so funny. <laughs> the relationship between Johnny and Sonya was absolutely hilarious, yes. too. Oh, fantastic. And, man, she, how much of a badass was she in this? She mm-hmm. was so fucking badass. That that part where where the, the first time they're really surrounded by soldiers and they're getting fired on and Johnny's kind of like bouncing on the balls of his feet like he's gonna fucking throw a punch at something and she just grabs him and throws him on the ground she's like just stay down she picks up a gun and just starts wasting people i like it when <laughs> she is so hot when she lowered her boot down on that guy's fucking face during that fucking street match oh yeah mm. jesus christ it was brutal oh my yeah, god i love the i love that they had like the cussing in it too i mean it just felt natural i always think it's cheesy when a cartoon is this violent, but they're still using imaginary swear words. Yeah. <laughs> like That's what's, what's true. worse here? Like, and so, and they don't, there's no pretenses. It's there. like they're playing die hard. It's like, that. it's like when TBS plays die hard and they're like, yippee Kaye, mother Falcon. And you're like, what? <laughs> huh? What? What's going on? <laughs> mother Falcon. <laughs> and why did his voice modulate to say Falcon? Yeah. It's so weird. I think they do it, Mr. Falcon. Mr. Falcon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they just always say that in elementary school. They did that in Die Hard 2 because he blows up that plane, right? Mr. Falcon. Yeah. Like it's a fuck, yeah, like it's a bird. Well, because when they played it on TV, I remember watching it in elementary school. Because you know, we had dubbed them off HBO when mm. I was a kid. So oh, Die yeah. Hard movies were ones that I used to watch over Me and over too. again. Oh, my God. Way I, too fucking young of an age to be watching that hard of an R. I had that on. <laughs> it was VHS. I recorded off of VHS off of HBO yes. Die Hard 2 RoboCop 2 and Young Guns 2 I would play those three on a loop when I was That's a kid fantastic. all the time that was the coolest part about those old VHS tapes like that because you can get about three movies in a row yeah so you could have a tape that would just be the shit <laughs> oh yeah you'd forget what that third movie even was and you'd be like oh yes <laughs> exactly I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, okay, so Tupperware the fuck out of, uh, Mortal Kombat Legends, yes, Scorpion's Revenge. Guys, except the name, the title it. of the movie is the worst part about the whole thing. I, I, I don't, I, I really don't have a problem with it. I, it it's a, I think it is a, at the most, it's a Scorpion based, it's a Scorpion centric story and there's this whole thread, uh, through the movie where it's about his revenge. They, they bring up his revenge multiple times and I think it's yeah. kind of like, in a way, um, does he get his revenge or is it, is there a swerve in here somewhere? I, I, I kind of, uh, I didn't have a problem with the title too much. Well, and we yeah. get the most backstory out of his character as well. Yeah. It starts with him and ends with him in a way. Yeah. So. It's just so wordy. You know, you could have just cut it down. And if they would have called this thing just Mortal Kombat, the animated movie, I wouldn't have been like, well, that was too much Scorpion. 
Yeah, I just think so. like I think like I, I think it's another it's another way to kind of like if it's just if it's just Mortal Kombat, then it's kind of like oh fuck another just another Mortal Kombat and like another Mortal Kombat thing. I think like if they break this up into chapters with like different characters, but then also incorporating other characters at the same time, I, I like it's a nice formula. I do like that. I yeah. do like that. I will tell you, just because of the title and how great this was, I did instantly Google right after to see if there were other movies that had came out before this that I didn't know about. You oh, know, yeah. just thinking yeah. that. Yeah. It had, like, the semicolon. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit, this is the only one. Yeah. Oh, God. Hopefully this 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 blows up. I mean, if this is on, if this is on, like, don't wait. I, don't wait. Don't wait for this one to get on Amazon or Netflix or something. Watch this one now. This is worth the price of admission right now to see this at home and be a part of this conversation and fucking tweet about it and let Warner Brothers know that this is fucking, they've made something great here. Like, this was definitely a property that they should have acquired from Midway because they're doing great things with it, man. They're doing great things with this. This is fantastic animation. So Yeah, it's absolutely worthy of sequels. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. I, I watched I watched a show on ethics. I watched a show on ethics from the producers of Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched an episode of Down Nabby. I feel like down, my mom watches Down Nabby. I bet my mom. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Oh, I bet you have. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, my mom watches. I bet my mom's like fucking making a quilt and watching Down Nabby or something. You know what I mean? Oh. She's fucking got a rhubarb pie in the oven. <laughs> She's doing. <laughs> Embroidering something or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what old ladies do. What old, what are they checking on her, checking on her garden? Doing, doing some search of words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's fucked up about my mom is that back in the nineties, my mom, when we got the computer, my mom would play and my mom's like this, you know, I'm talking about like Christian woman goes to a Baptist church, right? My mom would fucking play Wolfenstein and Doom all the time on the computer. That's so awesome. Dude, it was fucked up, man. I'd walk into the, we, she had a sewing room and the computer was in the sewing room. We didn't call, it wasn't the computer room. It was the sewing room. That's where my mom had her fucking, she'd sew her shit in there, but she's got this computer and I'd walk in there and I'd hear <laughs> my mom's killing demons and like yeah she's killing demons right that's perfect dude it was fucking crazy like my mom was like and my mom's like I, she's like i don't need god mode and my mom my mom didn't need god mode she was just she was just fucking rocking some doom on the pc it was crazy my mom my mom was killing it doom it was, Can you imagine if she would have like qualified for like a pro circuit or something mm-hmm. there's so be wild and there's so much demonic stuff in that in that game you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A lot of parents wouldn't even let – I remember a lot of my peers weren't even lo- allowed to look at it. So much demonic stuff like the the goats and what what's that fucking demonic fucking symbol? The pentagram. The pentagram. Yeah. yeah. Pentagrams all over the place. And here's my mom who goes to church on Sunday morning just fucking killing demons. Uh, maybe she thought she was doing something for like, you know, like like she was she, she, she was doing something for Christ. You know, training. She was killing demons. She was getting ready. She was getting ready for the tribulation period. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the revelation. You know, she was doing something. She was getting ready. This was this was preparation for the end times. 
She's like, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready when these demons, when they fucking, when, yeah, when it's fucking, when they touch, when they touch ground on the earth. And it's the end times, and it's locusts and all this other bullshit, and it's all these fucking you know, all this shit going on. I'm gonna be ready. Yeah, bet she wasn't playing Duke Nukem. You, uh, <laughs> Duke Nukem. All these pussies that <laughs> used God mode, they're gonna be the first to die. Exactly. <laughs> what happened? Hey, what happened to the what happened to the John Cena Duke Nukem movie? Whatever happened oh, to that? Oh, I don't oh, know. I haven't they, heard anything about that in a while. Yeah. Gosh, they've been pushing a Duke Nukem movie. I feel like for twenty plus years now. Uh, John Cena is the perfect guy to play him at this point. I think, and I, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's going on with He's the Duke? Got the Nukem right movie? look for it for sure. He definitely. Who else? Who else that that has the acting ability that he has and the physique? Right. I mean, twenty years ago, I wanted it to be Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that'd have been perfect. Oh yeah, I mean same lines. Yeah, yeah. Oh guys, hair blonde and go go to town. I think if they do do Duke Nukem, they need to do it like Mortal Kombat, where they just make it just uber fucking violent. Though. Did you know Bruce Campbell hated the line "Give me some sugar, baby"? He did not want to say it. <laughs> do you think it was cheesy? Sam Raimi wanted him to say it so badly. <laughs> and, and that sounds like Raimi. And so he said it. And like now it's like everybody, give me some sugar, baby. Like everybody, it's fucking, it's, it's known. Everybody knows it. But yeah, he talked about this, I think, on his Inside of You episode of the Michael Rosenbaum podcast, which is a better podcast. I don't know why you're listening to this one. Anyway, I watched a show from the producers of uh, Downton Abbey. It's okay. on Epics. It's called Belgravia. It's a historical drama television series based on the 2016 novel of the same name by Julian Fellows, both named after Belgravia, an affluent district of London. It begins at the Duchess of Richmond's Ball. Uh, back in 1815, which was held in Brussels for the Duke of Wellington on the eve of the Battle of Quatrebras, <laughs> two days before the Battle of Waterloo. Uh, among the guests are James and Anne Trenchard, who are living on the profits of newfound trading success. Their young daughter, Sophia, has caught the eye of Edmund Balassus, the son and heir of one of the richest and most prominent families in England. Twenty-five years. Uh, two families. I'm, oh, my God. I don't know why. I'm... You sound like the villain from Shrek. Uh, oh, was that John Lithgow? Yeah. <laughs> Some of you may die. <laughs> Twenty-five years later, when the two families are settled into the newly developed area of Belgravia, the events of the ball and the secrets still resonate. Um, this is, uh, yeah, there's this whole, uh, there's this whole thing where there's, uh, the, this, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember this. I watched it last week. There's this whole thing where, like, they have this, like, this little, uh, they get together, this little party, this ball, and, um, I guess the, the daughter is dating this guy, and he's like, he's like, uh, high up in, like, uh, England's, like, uh, um, you know, like, you know, he, he's like rich. It's like that song, Uptown Girl, from fucking Billy Joel, and she's dating, like, <laughs> The construction worker, you know, he's a downtown man. She's an uptown girl. Oh, that one. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uptown girl. <laughs> you know, she's living in her uptown world. And now she's uh, hanging out with a downtown man. And that's me. That's what I am. And, and that's what I am. 
<laughs> like he's Popeye or some shit. Um, <laughs> I am what I am. I know. I'm, uh, but anyway, so like, anyway, so she, like, he ends up going to this war and he ends up dying in this battle of Waterloo. And then, uh, the, uh, uh, the daughter ends up, uh, dying weeks later. And then, 25 years pass and um the woman the mother of the daughter ends up meeting family members of uh the son years later 25 years later and they're talking and they're see see their secrets the daughter i guess i guess the the son and the daughter got married in secret and had sex and she got pregnant and they had a grandchild and that grand that grandchild is still alive, and the other family doesn't know about the kid, and so it's all about it's all about secrets, family secrets. And you know what? I'm telling you, one thing about this show is it's fucking it's 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 slow. It's slow as fucking. You hear people all the time. Like, when's the action going to start? This is slow. It's just a bunch of people talking. It's slow. It's engaging. It's fucking intriguing. You got, you know what I mean? So I kind of, kind of actually like this show. It's kind of fucking crazy. I kind, I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of, I never watched Downton Abbey, but I'm kind of digging it. I know in Downton Abbey, don't they have like a lot of people that work for them? Like these rich people and like, you know, like people that work in the kitchen and they're always talking about them and stuff like that. Talking yes. about the, well, that, that happens here with the rich, like the, the people, like their chefs and their, and they're like, you know, people that like the house cleaners and stuff like that. They'll, they'll be in their quarters and they'll be talking about the rich people, like their gossip. You know what I mean? And that happens here. And that was kind of cool too. So yeah, it's slow as fuck. And there's a bunch of old white people talking about old white people shit from like olden times. But yeah, it's fucking, it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna give it a high taste it for the first episode. I'll probably, I'm probably gonna keep watching this one. I might even start down Abbey. There you go. That's awesome. I might start drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just to be thematic while you're watching Downton Abbey. No, I just think that the the, <laughs> the healing properties of the black tea leaf. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, just to fucking get in the mood, dude. There you go. I feel like that's the thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you would like the show. It's definitely not a bad show. Dude, is Michelle rocking that fucking Downton Abbey shit? Oh, yeah. She's seen it all. Oh, I bet. So I've, I've like, saw intermittent episodes. Oh, Joe, if your wife was watching it, you'd have watched the whole thing. I promise you. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm going to monopolize the TV and we're going to (laughs) watch Downton Abbey together as a couple. Six seasons in a movie, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jake was just I, like... I don't think that's right, but that's the community thing. Jake was just like, thank God she's all about Animal Crossing right now so I can have my TV back. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Michelle. I'm just... <laughs> I miss my Switch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's gone. Your, sw- it gone. your Switch is gone. And Jake, you know what that's called? It's called Compromise. Yeah, that's yeah. what we call it. We call it compromise. That's the word that we use when we get what we want. <laughs> when we want something, we use the word compromise. And it always ends with them getting what they want. 
with compromise. That's mostly true. It's totally true. <laughs> it ends up with you going to a fucking dance class. Dance, dance class is compromise! <laughs> how is dance class compromise? I never wanted to learn how to salsa. You, yeah, you fucking won is what happened. You fucking won because in it, it, marriages, you get half of my shit. So yeah, you get your fucking dance class. <laughs> Everybody foot loose, right? <laughs> Kick off your Sunday shoes. Jack, get back. We're going to dance. Fucking compromise, man. Hey, you put it like that, just losing the switch ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with more good pop, bad pop. How does that sound? Oh, Sounds the best. Great. I guys, I'm I'm drinking vodka right now. How, Jake, do you listen to a lot of podcasts where people get drunk on the episode? Is is that a thing? Uh very rarely have I heard that. And usually when it's gonna happen, there's lots of build up to it. Ooh. Like coming next week we'll we'll, we'll be drinking. It's yeah. like a once in a rarity thing. Yeah, here it's just it's a fucking it's a norm. Yeah, if we could be sober a week, it'd be a fucking rarity. Speaking of Norm, he was on Cheers. He got drunk every fucking episode. That show, Cheers, would you watch a Cheers reboot? Yes. Oh, man. Oh. Do you think oh, Peacock should just do one episode <laughs> of Cheers to see where everybody's at right now? I still want that Frasier reboot, another Frasier show. I want more Kelsey Grammer. If they do reboot Cheers, I mean, what are they going to do to switch it up for 2020? Is it now a gay bar? Sam's daughter is now the owner of the bar. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. Jake, that's just, that's everything now. (laughs) (laughs) Compromise! Compromise! And she wants to turn it into into like a nightclub scene. And the first and the first episode is her dad talking her out of doing that and making it stay just a bar. Oh well, my! Yeah, do something to switch it up for for the two thousands, right? Twenty twenties now. Yeah, I don't think you need to change Cheers too much, even if you redo it. Honestly, I think like after this coronavirus, we'll just get Cheers to go out of business. They can't. You know what I mean? They're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I don't. I don't know. I think bars are gonna are gonna come back strong. I don't think that's like the movie theater industry. I think the alcoholics are gonna flood right back in. Fucking AMC is already meeting with bankruptcy lawyers. But the good yeah, news is, wild. good news is, I hear AMC has a meeting with Jeff Lowe from Tiger King. So hopefully. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll do what he did for Joe Exotic and, and pull him through this rough time. <laughs> oh, man. When I called to cancel my A-list, they were like, would you like to tell us the reason that you're canceling? And I'm like, you don't know. They're not charging you right now. I didn't cancel. They're not charging right now. Yeah, well, I, I canceled about two weeks ahead of the curve. Yeah. Before it was unsure if people were actually going to stop going to movies you know I, I i canceled like onward week oh man that's crazy like what are, what's going to happen to all these theaters 
I'm ready for, I'm ready for, there's a, there's a fucking drive-in 45 minutes away, and I'm hoping by the end of the month they might open up again. I don't know what the fuck they'll play, but it doesn't matter what they'll play. I just want to fucking go out and do something. Yeah, play some classics, man. Play fucking Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for all I I care. miss that shit, dude. I remember fucking Landmark Theaters. Was it Landmark that used to do? No, it was Willow Knowles that used to do Midnight. They, they both did it. Okay, they did Midnight, what do they call it, Midnight Movies? Yeah, they had Flashback Fridays at Landmark. Yeah, I fucking, I used to go to those and fucking like watch all the old movies. It'd be at midnight. They'd play them at midnight and I, I just go there and like, you know, oh, okay, now we're going to play Gremlins. Now we're going to play, you know, uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Now we're going to play, you know, whatever, Goonies, whatever. Yeah, and, you know, back then it wasn't the norm for things to be in widescreen either. Yeah. So it was really jarring to like, have seen, you know, fucking Goonies 800 times in pan and scan and then see it at one of those like midnight theatrical releases. It was like a brand new movie seeing it in widescreen. Some Dude, of those classics. Did you ever like, did you ever see Goonies? Like they played Goonies like on ABC family one time. And all of a sudden, like, uh, I had never seen this before. I'm like watching this. I'm like, like in my late, late twenties or something. And I'm watching our ABC family and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't remember this scene. And it was the scene with the giant octopus. No shit. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. ABC Family's done that with a few movies where they have, like, their own exclusive ABC Family cut. Yeah, so they I've have, like, one of the before. deleted scenes back in. Joe, they, yeah, they, they play ABC Family. There's a deleted scene of. Yeah, when, I've heard about the octopus yeah. cut. It's when they're on the ship, right? Yeah, and it's, it's actually mentioned in the actual theatrical cut. When, uh, fucking, um, what's the kid's name? The, uh, the dude that played Short Round. What's his fucking name? Data, 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 and like all the kids are fucking talking to their parents about the adventure that they went on, and then we did this, and then we did that. One of the kids, and then says, and then we battled an octopus. Like it's in the theatrical cut, you hear them say that, but it's not in the fucking movie. But ABC Family ran it one time. I was just fucking watching Goonies, and they fucking ran that shit with the octopus, and I'm like. It was like watching like the Donner cut of Superman 2. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and not yeah. realizing that you're watching the Donner cut where they're showing like all this other shit that you'd never seen in the movie before. And so I was just like, what the fuck? I've never seen them battling an octopus before. It, it fucking, it fucking blew my mind, Jake, because like this was like before like all this like stuff was like readily available, like just to like Google on the internet, you know? So. No, exactly. Still back in the, you know, DVD special features were just becoming a thing in the first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had that happen watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit once because I had one that was, you know, taped off of Cinemax or HBO or whatever. And then I saw it on regular TV one time and there was a couple extra scenes in it. Dude, you can see Jessica Rabbit's pussy in the Laserdisc version. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> you totally... <laughs> So when, the, when they're in the taxi and it hits the dip. It's when they're in that car, dude, out, and it right? hits the dip. And if there's a frame on the laser disc that if you pause it, you can see Jennifer Rabbit's pussy. <laughs> yeah, man, we were all doing that when we were 15. Yeah, I got to watch that scene one night, and it was that was my compromise. <laughs> <laughs> But tonight only we get to use the frame by frame mode on the laser disc player. I dated, I dated, I dated a girl 
dressed up as Jessica Rabbit for Halloween one night. And we went back. And, you know, I was Play like. Patty cake? I told, yes, you beat me to it. Dude. <laughs> I told her to keep the wig on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love That's one of my all-time favorite Robert Zemeckis movies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. It, it's aged so well, too. Like, it's almost better now than it was then. Well, it's great to know that, like, all the voices for, like, the Warner Brothers characters were Mel Blanc. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, except for Roger Rabbit himself. Right. Right. Well, yeah, like, like the, yeah, exactly, like, you know. You mean like, all the classic characters. All the classic characters. He, like, he was still alive at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Yosemite Sam just doesn't sound the same anymore. So, like, it's like when we got, like, Daffy Duck and, like, Donald Duck, you know, playing that, like, you know, when they're, like, dueling pianos or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, yeah. that's Mel Blanc. Like, that's the, that's legit. Fucking, are we ever going to, oh, Jake, did you watch the fucking, um, you know, I was just thinking of like, here's how my mind works. I was thinking of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then I was thinking about like, Honey, sh- Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when that came out. They had the short of the baby Herman, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, did you watch the short for The Simpsons that came with Onward? The, no, the, I didn't know, I didn't know where that came it's from. It's on Disney Plus Ma- now. It's on Disney the Plus. Short? The Maggie short. They released it on Disney Plus now. You can watch it there. All right, I'll definitely check that it's, out. I, I was wondering where that came from because I have yes. Onward on VOD, but it's really bare of special features. Like, you know how Pixar you, has like all the like the fucking you know like the short films, like the little short you know what I mean, the shorts at the beginning, the Pixar shorts. Instead of like doing a traditional Pixar short, they did a fucking Simpsons short with Matt. So they actually aired that like the theatrical. Week yes, came out? when I oh, went to nice. see Onward, it like it was a fucking it was the Simpsons short with Maggie and. um it's fucking great, and it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Watch it. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were going to do that. I know. Who listens to this thing anymore? Joe, are you still listening to us? Like, even you're on tonight, but do you still listen to this garbage? Oh, yeah. No, you guys are still up at the top of the list for me. Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> what? Are, are you I'm buying? I'm a friend it? and a fan. Jake, am I buying his bullshit right now? Yeah, yeah. You buying what he's selling? I don't know, man. If this was Shark Tank, I think that I, th- yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm out. I don't. I think it. <laughs> <laughs> I already left the room while you were making the decision. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who listens to this anymore. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. God, I take so many vitamins. Ah. Mm. As Are a, you complaining? Well, it's just like one of those things. Like you take so many vitamins that, like 
your body the vitamins that it doesn't need. Like when you pee, it looks like the predator's blood. Oh no. Shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's like that deep neon. Like if I turned off the light in the bathroom, it'd probably glow. You know what I mean? It like, it looks like, yeah, I did. Like a glow stick or some shit, you know? (laughs) It's like that post rock star Red Bull piss where it's like fluorescent yellow. Right. Yeah. It totally is that. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway. It can't be your kidneys when your piss comes out that color. I think I've pickled my fucking liver at this point. <laughs> Between all the alcohol that I drink during this episode and all the fucking pills that I take. Drinking vodka. If you're wondering what, what, what brand of vodka are you? What, 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 what? Why, why would you say it like Max Hedrum? Why would you do that? Why would you do what, 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 Why are you doing you're just forever stuck in the 80s. Yeah. What, 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 why? Why are you doing that but i'm drinking svetka it's uh it's swedish hear that johannes i'm drinking i'm drinking your i'm drinking your vodka out there you haven't moved on to the trendy titos huh titos with uh, uh, tito santana no tito's vodka that's the that's the vodka of choice that everyone seems to everybody's be rocking lately. some titos that's what i was here about too i've never even heard of titos should i be drinking titos you definitely should try the Tito's. Everyone swears by it. Apparently, it makes the best mules. It's great straight up. Do you like Tostitos? Tostitos. <laughs> the chips? <laughs> With the right oh, salsa? Oh yes. yes, yes, yes. They're good. Yeah. They're good. I like the uh, white corn restaurant style. Oh, uh, you know, you know, Taco Bell gave out a free Doritos Locos Taco on Tuesday. To everybody that went there, you didn't even have to purchase anything. You just drive up, and they give you a Doritos Locos taco. Mm, did you do that? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, knew, just knew about it. I knew about it. I knew it was a thing that was going on. People eating the Doritos Locos tacos. You ever had a Doritos Locos taco? I have. I thought the shell was really good, and the stuff inside was crap as usual from Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I've not had one of those. Oh, man. I've eaten my share. Yes, sirree, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish you could buy those shells and put quality stuff in them. Yeah. We went to talking about my neon pee to, to Doritos Locos Tacos. Both probably made of the same stuff. <laughs> Pretty damn close, I bet. I watched a movie this week called uh, Kill Ben Like. Joe, did you watch this? Yes, I did. Dude, uh, Ben Like is a young YouTuber in his 20s living in London. He wakes up one day discovering on social media that three other Ben Likes living in London have been murdered. Scotland Yard decides to, uh, decides to gather the eight remaining Ben Likes living in London in a safe house in order to protect them and try to understand who is after them and why. Ben Like could become the most dangerous name since Sarah Connor. It's directed by... Erwin Marinopoulos. That sounds very Greek, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of Greek stuff, uh, big fan of the gyros. Is it gyros or gyros? I, I, I just don't know. Like, you have everybody saying, no, it's gyros. And then other people are saying, no, it's gyros. Is it gyros or gyros? I think it's the second one. It's not with the hard G. Yeah, I'm saying gyros. So, yes. gyros? Yes. yes. We could be 
Euros, <laughs> but just for one day. <laughs> David Bowie. Anyway, um, this stars Martin Ford, Simone Ashley, and Eugene Simon, and um, it's a comedy. And it was one of those direct uh, video-on-demand movies, and I just purchased it on a whim. And um, I want, Joe, I want to know your thoughts on Kill Ben Like. This movie's kind of bonkers. Um, it, it starts off unlike any movie I've ever seen. Like it, it starts off with a sex scene, which isn't that uncommon, <laughs> but it's a guy like in a full suit of armor that's doing the fucking. <laughs> she's, like, well, this she's, is gonna be interesting. You really, it's a tone setter. And, and doesn't he call himself like King Arthur? And she says, or or does he? He call she calls him King Arthur, and he says he's more like he's younger, so he's more like yeah. Sir Lancelot. No, he says something like, "Isn't that weird?" Like King Arthur was like eighty, and she's like, "Well, then you're Lancelot." Yeah, <laughs> and then he's into that, but. <laughs> And so, I mean, just from the way this movie starts off, I was like, okay, this is this is going to be a ride. Let, let's see where this goes. And r- right away, I did not like the main character. And throughout the entire movie, I never liked him. Uh, I just – what's funny is that he's his name's Ben Like and he's got this YouTube channel. And the guy is just super – into himself and to to a point that it's just gross and uh he he refers to people that are fans of his channel likers mm. and so like i was not a liker but what's <laughs> funny is that when it shows a lot like his most popular videos are him like going up and trying to talk somebody and like getting punched in the face or something yes like yes and so it's like he doesn't even understand that the fact that it's like his videos that are getting attention are like not people thinking he's awesome. It's people laughing at him, not with him. And as soon as he meets someone that's watched any of his videos, he treats them as if they're a fan and they honestly <laughs> don't like his videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the turn that this takes when they all get gathered together into the house is, I mean, it's not quite full on clue, but it, it's got kind of some weird hints of that. And, I mean, this this movie almost has weird hints of like like an old like Tarantino movie or something like that. But I mean, it definitely doesn't reach those heights. Sure, um, it doesn't achieve it whatsoever. Um, the uh, there's so much stuff in it that's over the top. Uh, the humor in it's really really dark, which works well for me because I, I like dark comedy. I laugh at really fucked up stuff, and so I liked some of the stuff in this. But the fact that the never clicked with the main character. Just that's brought it down for so for me I'm I'm at like a high taste it for this one I'm at a high taste it as well I I I liked I liked this movie quite a bit to be quite honest with you I thought it was and it's it's super short it's only seventy seven minutes yeah super short so I mean but I I I quite enjoyed this movie I um I liked every time he tried to kind of like. Um, hook up with that one girl that was in the house that she would totally turn down every advance that he had. She would lead him on and then turn him down. He, he is such an unlikable character. Um, and not in the way of like a Dennis and it's always sunny in Philadelphia where he's like supposed to be unlikable, but you still love him. It's more of a, like he's unlikable and you hate him throughout the entire fucking movie. 
Exactly. <laughs> did you watch any of like there was like mid credit scenes too in this one? Like, oh fuck, I missed all of those then. Yeah, there's just two, and they're not huge. But like, I I honestly think that this is worthy of like I don't know if you have to like purchase this one, um, but I think like if this is streaming somewhere, let's say it's on Amazon. Um, I think it's funny enough and, and, and fun enough to give this one a watch. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. Um, Kill Ben Like. I'll give it a high tasted as well. Uh, and it's spelled L-Y-K, uh, is how the last name is spelled. But yeah, I think it's definitely worthy of a, worthy of a watch. I don't think that you have to like rent this one or, or purchase this one. But if it's available streaming somewhere in the future, I definitely think this one's worth checking out. Yeah, I would recommend that as well. I watched Run on HBO. Did anybody else watch Run, the new Donald Gleason show on HBO? No. Yeah, I watched this right before we started recording. Uh, Ruby Richardson walks away from her ordinary life in the suburbs to revisit her past with college with her college boyfriend, Billy Johnson. What a generic name, Billy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a porn name. Yeah, it does. <laughs> The two made a pact 17 years earlier. If either one of them texted the word run and the other replied with the same, they would drop everything and meet in Grand Central Station and travel across America together. Um, run is a black comedy thriller series. It's created by Vicki Jones. Vicki Jones is an English actress, uh, stage director, playwright, and screenwriter who is the co-artistic director of Dry Right Theater Company, along with her frequent collaborator, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who also is going to star in this series in, in some capacity. She hasn't shown up in the series. They've only dropped one episode. But it stars Merritt Weaver, Merritt Weaver as Ruby Richardson. Um, and I remember her. She's been in some other things, but I remember her from The Walking Dead. She played Dr. Denise. And then Donald Gleason. Yeah, it's Donald. I know it's spelled Domnal. But it's not Domino. It's not his fucking name. We got in the little <laughs> Giros Gyros thing. I didn't know how to pronounce that, but I do know how to pronounce Donald Gleason. It's Donald Gleason. And, um, he's kind of, he's this, uh, successful life guru. He's written some books and he's, uh, somewhat famous. But, uh, this is gonna run, I think it's gonna run seven episodes. Um, the first episode dropped. Joe, I really, I really enjoyed this first episode and I want to continue to, to watch this one. I mean, she's got, you know, she's got a family. She's got a husband. She's got children. Yeah. Yeah. When we kind of get that reveal at the end of the episode, um, because they, they go and they meet on this train and, and right away she sets a ground rule saying, you know, 24 hour moratorium on personal questions. And so, you know, going into it, you don't really know anything about her at all. I mean, it, the way that the episode starts off, you can tell that she's at a very stressful point in her life and she's kind of like just sitting in a car and she, what did you think of that conversation she had at the beginning? Like, is it, is she maybe in an abusive relationship? Wh- who was she talking? Was she talking to someone at work? I, that's what we don't know. There's yeah. still so much stuff that they – there's so much you don't know right. when you watch this first episode. Yeah. But they did a really good job of spoon-feeding you enough to make it really, really intriguing. I think she's got to be in somewhat of an ab- abusive relationship just to leave the life that she has right now and run away with, with this guy, her college boyfriend that she hasn't seen in, in years. Um 
I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know why he texted the word run other than the fact that I guess a viral video of him doing something is yeah. online and he's trying like to maybe es- freaking out on a fan or something yeah. like that maybe. Or- yeah, we'll talk about Ezra Miller later. Um but <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But um I yeah, I don't know what he did, but he's definitely running away from something. I think like the word run means a lot in this series. She's running away from something. He's running away from something. What exactly are they both running away from? And um, it's, it's I can a dar- tell you what they're running toward, though. Each other a little bit. Well, they're running towards the bathroom to rub one out. Exactly. He fucking jerked <laughs> off and she flicked the bean. I mean. Like, what the fuck? I thought that that was such a uh, I thought that that was such a an awesome fucking scene though. You know what I mean? It's like, she's like, she doesn't want to act on like how she's feeling right now. She's like really turned on by like, you know, I guess she's probably had like feelings for this guy ever since like things kind of ended and, and she probably doesn't want to act on those. So she's like trying to, you know, and just like him, he's trying to get the baby batter out of the brain and fucking rub one out real quick before he fucking does something that he might regret. (laughs) Jerk off first and think about it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> those are life. Those are those are like the the words that, that you want to live by. Okay, people. <laughs> it totally is. Like I like I seriously like I didn't know about this whole like jerking off before you go out on a date thing. But like, man, once I started to do it, like I it really helped out. It's a it's a, it's, it's, it's a game changer, guys. Totally do it. Like, why aren't you doing it? You totally need to do it. It's a game changer. Don't go out there with one in the chamber. Definitely don't go out there with one in the chamber. You really got to rub one out. You're thinking clearly. <laughs> I can see clearly now. The calm is gone. You know, you, <laughs> seriously, man. Like you are fucking. Like that's 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 fucking dating 101. Just yeah. Do it, people. I, I'm intrigued by this show, you know, so I'm definitely going to keep watching it. I will, honestly, I'm going to give this a Tupperware. I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. It's a great pilot and it asks a lot of questions and I really want to return to this show. I can't wait to watch the second episode. Nice. Yeah, I'm high taste in this one. I really, really liked it. Definitely want to go back to it, but I, I would have liked a little bit more substance out of this first episode. Mm, okay. Yeah. Just a, a little bit sure. more information as to what's going on. But that is a lot to ask in a half hour sh- series that they're setting up the premise for this. And yeah. so we're so you know, spoiled. Had it been an hour long episode, it would have probably been unforgivable. So I'd imagine that a lot of the stuff that I'm saying I'd like to know just a little bit more about will probably come come along in the second episode. It'll come along in the sep- second episode. I mean, it, 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 I just think like we're so spoiled by Netflix, like where we can just click onto the next episode and just watch. It's stuff, true, you know. And I, it's like we're not like it's not like back. I mean, it's like like back in the day when we're just putting things together every week, week to week. Like we're just like we're just instant satisfaction, just like them fucking rubbing one out in this episode. Just instant satisfaction. <laughs> we all just gotta have instant satisfaction. But we'll see. I I would I thought the episode was intriguing enough that it held it held enough back to where I was like, man, I gotta fucking come back and I gotta watch more of this. I thought it was really, uh, really good. I watched uh, uh, so that's Run on HBO. I watched uh, 
there's eight episodes of this show. It's a, it's a new reality kind of game show on Netflix. It's called Too Hot to Handle. And it's on Netflix. And the series will follow 10 singles as they are taken to a special island villa for four weeks to find love and $10,000 each or $100,000 total. However, while on the island, the contestants are informed by a virtual assistant, Lana, that they cannot do anything romantic or sensual such as kissing sex or masturbating if they do Woof. then the prize money will drop and jake we're talking about people that that's they're like in their 20s they are uh they're they're very pleasing to the eye these are these are very good looking people models instagram models you know guys working out you know just very handsome and and, and sexy individuals and uh you know just walking hard ons and uh all yeah, the- even if they rubbed one out first, I'm sure just an hour later it's like they didn't. Exactly. <laughs> so like but if they if they do, the prize money drops. And um so uh this is the premise for the show. Joe, did you watch any of this? Not yet, but this sort of show is like right up my alley for the type of reality yeah. TV that I like. And so I, I can't wait to hear what you thought of it. Jake, did you see, did you catch this? No, I hadn't even heard of it, honestly. Yeah, it's called Too Hot to Handle. With a number? No. <laughs> Good. Did you, did you just roll your wooden dice? That was not me. <laughs> that was Joe. Was that you, Joe? No, I did drop it. I did not intend to roll it. <laughs> no, it's what it was. I knew it was a wooden dice. Apparently that dice is too hot to handle. (laughs) (laughs) That's whipped a number for sure. I I've watched, this is eight episodes. I've watched the first four episodes. This currently on IMDb was like at a 4.5 out of 10. People are hating this show. Apparently I think a lot of people are watching the first episode and are turned off by like these people and like, just like really real human garbage. I mean, like all, they're just like, you know, we're talking about people in their twenties that are just like, you know, beautiful people that like, there's like real, like you're not getting to like learn anything about them other than the fact that they just want to fucking bone each other the entire yeah. fucking time. They're just, they got, they're just fucking like all the women want to fuck the guys and all the guys want to fuck the girls. And like, that's all that's happening here. But like, there's something else going on in this show. That's like super fucking interesting where they try, Try to like the whole reason behind this is it's a social experiment to where like this virtual assistant tells them after they've been there for 12 hours that, hey, like, yeah, you've gotten to meet each other. These guys are super excited. There's they're super excited to hang out and just party on this fucking island and get drunk and fuck and make out and hook up and whatever. And then 12 hours later, they're brought together and this virtual assistant kind of like a like a like an Alexa device or something like basically tells them that, yeah, you know, $100,000 is to be had. Everybody gets $10,000 each. But while you're here, you can't, there's no heavy petting. There's no kissing. There's no sex. There's no masturbating. Nothing. You're going to have to fucking get to know each other and shit. You can cuddle. You can hug. There is touching allowed, but you can't fucking do anything like super, you know, sexual or sensual. And so 
that's like the big reveal. And like, so as the show goes on, there's like these activities that they can go on where they can like really get to know these people as people. Um, friendships are made, villains are made. Um, there's this one girl, Francesca, who starts to hang out with this guy, Harry, and they start getting really close and they're like, fuck it, let's just kiss. And Harry was the one that initiated it. I want to kiss her, blah, blah, blah. They start kissing, making out. Then Lana brings everybody together and says, there has been a breach in the rules. And then, and then she's like, you know, someone has kissed and this kiss is going to cost you $3,000. Now $3,000 has been taken out of the pot. And so instead of a hundred thousand dollars, now it's down to $97,000. And so come to find out like it's fucking, you know, Francesca and Harry that were fucking making out. Harry throws fucking Francesca under the bus and says that he fucking, that he, uh, that she, Francesca was the one that fucking kissed him. And Francesca's like, what the fuck? And she's like, that's bullshit. You were the one that wanted to kiss me. And so like now everybody thinks that Francesca's a bitch and now, and, and Francesca's pissed off at fucking Harry now. And for throwing her under the bus. And so Francesca, to get back at him and to get back at everybody, her friend, Haley, who everyone thinks that Haley has the hots for Francesca, they fucking make out with one another just to fucking take more money from everybody else, just to piss everybody else off. And so they make out. And so, like, they don't tell everybody that they make out. And they tried to fucking throw it on this other dude, Sharon and Rhonda, because they went into a room together alone. And they were like, well, maybe it was Sharon and Rhonda that made out. And so they lost another $3,000. They're trying to pit other people against other people just because they're like, oh, you're going to fucking villainize me? Well, I'll play the villain and I'll fucking do – and so, like – the show evolves, um, you know, Rhonda has a thing for Sharon, Sh- uh, Sharon, he doesn't want to fucking get close to anybody because he's been cheated on in the past, so he fucking drops Rhonda, Rhonda starts seeing this dude Dave, Dave is a sweetheart and fucking really likes Rhonda, but Rhonda can't stop thinking about Sharon, and then fucking Francesca, she, she starts talking to this new guy Kells, but she's still hung up on fucking Harry, who fucking threw her under the bus, there's all these fucking different storylines going on and then they start throwing new people onto the island and then they throw this by episode four they throw in these fucking like watches that look like fitbits but they've got these fucking lights on them and if the lights go green if you make an authentic genuine connection with someone the lights go green and for that moment you can do whatever the fuck you want to well how long does the moment last it Depends on how the green light stays on. So for that date, for that moment, whatever. I've only seen it wow. go off Red once. light, green light, dynamite, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, it, th- this show, like, I honestly haven't gotten to a point where I, like, really love anybody. I kind of like, I like, I do like Dave. I think Dave's a nice guy. Um, I, uh, I hated Francesca at first. I think she's okay now. Um, I, but, uh, it's, 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 I think it's a, uh, these, some of these people are just like, I mean, I, I can't relate to any of them, but like on the flip side, this is just, it's an intriguing social experiment. 
it's an intriguing social experiment. And I really hope by the end of it, it'll change some of these people because like these people are not people that like want to get into like relationships with anyone else. They're just all about partying and hooking up. And I really hope that like them not being able to hook up with one another and actually being just talking with one another, they'll actually kind of like, like maybe there'll be some personal growth here within some of these people. I, I, I'm going to continue to watch this. And honestly, I don't care. I'm going to give it a fucking Tupperware because I can't stop watching it. I'm four episodes in. I've got four more left. And it hooked me enough. If I would have just stopped at the first episode, I would have just said, oh, my God, these people are deplorable. I can't stand them. And I'm not saying, like, these people are great people. I'm just saying this social experiment is very, very intriguing. And it's hard to stop watching this once it starts and once it keeps going and once they throw in other things. They throw in this one date. It's kind of like an exercise that they throw in where it's kind of like they just want people to not communicate with one another, but just stare into each other's eyes. And there's a moment where Dave stares into Rhonda's eyes and he starts fucking crying. It's a real moment because he looks at her as a person. He's not just looking at her as a sex object. And it was kind of like a real moment for him. And I was just, I, I, there's something very interesting about this social experiment with all of these people that have just like, they have just, they know that they're good looking. They know that they can hook up and now they're not, they can't, they can't hook up. They can't do this. And there's something super interesting about this. And hopefully like, um, they'll be a little bit more introspective and learn a little bit more about other people and how they treat other people. But at the end of the day, once I get to episode eight, I could end up hating the series. But like right now I think it's, I think it's very interesting and I can't stop watching. It's very addictive. Yeah. That sounds like really fun trash TV and a, a nice twist on a genre that they've done a lot of, you know, take all these hot people and put them on temptation Island or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is, they compared this, many publications have been comparing this to Love Island, which I think is also on Netflix, I could be wrong. Okay, yeah, but I mean, there's so many shows like that, you know, they did a Bachelor spinoff, even the same thing, where they're just all hanging out and making out, and it's an interesting twist that they can't actually make out, and they lose prize money if they do, and yeah. I, I love the idea of convincing other people that it was someone else making out when it was you doing it all along. That's, that's, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I recommend this one. I don't know. Are you, Jake, Joe, are you guys going to check this out possibly? Yeah, I will check it out. I, the, the name of it's super generic though. What is it called again? Too hot to handle. That's right. That's right. Too hot to handle. I need to put that on my notes right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll definitely be watching it. I, 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 I don't know. That's really the only reality shows that I get into are ones like this. Like I really loved like Rock of Love. Yes. And Tequila and yes. all those really horrible fucking VH1 where it's like there's not a single person on there that we're like, yeah, they're great. And it's like, no, they're all fucking terrible. I watched them all. And that's what all. makes it entertaining. I watched. This one, it. Uh, this one, it sounds like a really interesting twist. Yeah. What you're saying about the social experiment is that you're, they're taking these people that that are kind of just crappy, you know, shallow people, and then actually making them talk 
and try and see if they can develop a, a connection. It is really, really interesting. I'm hoping they open up more. I really want more people to open up more. I really want to see a little bit more deeper into their souls throughout this whole fucking thing. Cause I feel like, you know, I, I don't know, like, I don't feel, I feel like Dave is like really opened up and I feel like, you know, Sharon has opened up a little bit and Rhonda seems like she's like really good person, but there's still some people where it's just all about hooking up. And like, if, if like, and it's crazy too, because like, these are people like, if you put them in certain settings, like they're the hottest person in that setting, but they're like taking the hottest people and putting them all together. And so like, now we're seeing like hot people get rejected for other hot people. And like, they're not knowing how to deal with rejection. And it's like, Welcome to everyone else's world. Right. So <laughs> that's a really, really cool twist on it. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm going to, I, I'm going to recommend this one with an asterisk saying like, you've got to stick with it and you've got to look at it from like a social experiment. You, I'm not saying you're going to fall in love with these characters, or these people, and yeah, they are characters in many ways. And there's one guy who they introduce later on into like episode three, towards the end of episode three, and then he is a bigger part in episode four. Like this guy is like from LA, lives on a boat, and come to find out through IMDb, he's like a producer and a director and things like that. So I'm sure there's aspiring actors and everybody else that's involved in this, but blah, blah, blah. I, I recommend that like if you just, I just think it's an it's an amazing social experiment and to watch some of these people and and how they act and respond to these things it's crazy. I've got a wild to watch list from this episode. Now I got Gleipner and Too Hot to Handle. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh The King Eternal Monarch on Netflix. Joe, I was telling you about this Dude. show. <laughs> Dude, yeah. When this one was on the list that you gave me for this week, yeah. I didn't even make it through the whole trailer. I was like, mm, not for me. And then when you messaged yesterday and said that, hey, I'm five minutes in, I don't know if it's going to stick the landing, but so far it's very intriguing. Yeah. No shit. Like, <laughs> like this thing sucked me in in those first five minutes. And dude, this first episode was great. It had some weird stuff. Right. Towards the end. Didn't it like feel like really it was made? Stuff? Didn't it feel like it was like directed by three different directors or yes. something? <laughs> there was just parts in it where it was like, like everything was like when they were doing the rowing. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like watching that. I'm like, I'm like, is the king dude one of the rowers? Like he must be. His he was. Service people are here. This yeah. is weird. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a – Jake, this is crazy. I, I I would highly recommend – there's two episodes out right now. Uh, the, the second episode just got dropped today. This is one of those Netflix nice. shows. This is one of those Netflix shows where they where they drop it week to week. Um, and it's not like they drop – they dump all the episodes at once. You have to wait every week to watch this one. So they drop new episodes on Saturday. A Korean emperor, Lee Gone, uh, who tries to close the doors to a parallel world, which was opened by demons who were unleashed by a deity into the human world. And a detective, Young Tae-ul, who tries to protect the people and the one – she loves the stars Lee Min Ho, Kim Go On, Wu Du Han, and this is a Korean television series that's now on Netflix. It's a South Korean television series. Um, it's not animated. It's not animated. This is live action. Uh, this is 
Joe, like there's this whole fucking weird setup at the beginning where like this detective is talking. These two detectives are talking to this guy who looks like a serial killer. He's in cuffs and they're talking to him about like, did got you blood all over him? Got blood all over him. Did you murder your brother? And he tells this story about like this, this magical flute, this fable, this Korean fable of this magical flute. Like if you possess the flute, you're king. You, you're the ruler of the universe or whatever. And like uh, his brother having possession of like this flute and like it's and we get flashbacks of him going for this flute to take it because his brother had it but didn't use it. He feels like his brother didn't have like the he wasn't using this flute the way that it should be used. And, yeah, and his brother was the king. And so this, yes. this dude is like his half brother. Yeah. And so him and a bunch of like his, you know, guys under him that he's, that he's acquired, that he's, they, they show up with guns and, and, uh, they, they go in there and he fucking gets position of the flute, kills his fucking brother, his half brother. And then his half brother's son walks in and sees this, sees that his father's been fucking killed and there's blood. Like the scene, like this is crazy because this show it's a lot darker than i thought it would be but then it's like very bright and shiny when it needs to be it's fucking crazy um but like, yeah there's parts of it where it almost feels like a soap opera yeah but there's parts of it where it feels like i'm watching like uh mind hunter or something it's, exactly yeah. or, it's so bizarre um but like they show that like he they go through and they massacre all this the king's guards and they ma- and then and then he kills uh, kills the king but there's a scene where like, he's walking and you see like blood dripping off his feet his footsteps are blood soaked and it's just like this is fucking dark the kid his son walks in sees his father's been slain the king has been slain his father's been slain and the kid picks up the fucking sword, his father's sword, and he's going to fucking go after, you know, his uncle with this sword. And, and he's like, what are you going to do, kid? You know, you can't you don't got it in you. You can't do this. You don't know how to wield that fucking sword. Kid fucking lowers the sword down, cuts the fucking guy's hand and cuts the flute in half, this magical flute. And we find out like this flute. Like, I, I mean, we find out, like, this guy is bouncing back and forth between parallel worlds. One world where Korea is a monarchy, uh, where his brother was the king, and the other world where, you know what I mean, where it's our, I think it's our world, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah. there's two different worlds that they're bouncing between, and one world, dude, this, Joe, this show, I'm telling you one thing, man, um, I didn't have high hopes, but fucking five minutes in, I'm sucked in and I can't yes. stop watching this fucking show. It's an <laughs> hour and 10 minutes. This first episode, the King, it's called the King eternal monarch. Dude, I'm going to fucking Tupperware this episode. I can't stop. <laughs> I don't hear <laughs> dude. I can't this fucking, this South Korean television is fucking amazing. This is, this is like, it's taken some of the best things that I love. It's taken like, there's this like, there's like this uh crazy romance story between a king from one world falling in love with a fucking detective from another world that he's obsessed with. Kind of like, fuck, I don't know. It, it, there's a, it reminds me of, um, what was that? What was that? What was that show with J.K. Simmons on Stars? Was it Counterpart? 
counterpart. Yeah. That's what I thought too. With, with the parallel yeah, universe or, or fringe, you know, where there's a parallel universe. Um, there's there, but it can be super violent or it can be super cheesy. It's fucking crazy. Like you said, like a soap opera. This show, yeah, it felt it's like, just like tonally every once in a while it shifts into this. Yes. Like, what the fuck is this? What is this weird bubblegum shit that's in like this, this show? And then it'll kind of snap back out of it. Uh, like there's like the scene I brought up earlier with like the rowing. Yes. And, yeah. And like, there's a, a handful of scenes like that where, and then it'll, I don't know. It's just like tonally, it just shifts just every once in a while. I thought the the big hug that he gives her at the end, I was like, well, that isn't really earned yet. She should probably be freaked out by that. Right. <laughs> like yeah. a total strange person is giving her a giant hug. And he's not, he and was, it, like, he was on a horse. Weird. He, he was on a horse in like fucking like this. Yes. <laughs> but dude, what, what is up with that? Like at the end of the episode, I don't know if maybe this is just something that's stylistic to Korean television. And so that's why it felt weird to me. But at the end of the episode, after that big hug, it went into some weird musical number. That's, that's gotta be like South Korean dude. Yeah. And then, but then I was like really confused. I'm like, what is all this shit that it's showing? But then I think it was just all like upcoming scenes from the series. It now, was, thing it was titled. And so, but yeah. none of that part had like, I don't think the subtitles were with any of that. And so for a little while, I'm like, is this just something this show does? Do they just play weird music <laughs> and just play random fucking scenes at the end? And then I'm like, oh, language barrier. Lots of shows do that, Stark. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's like a scissor reel. <laughs> I, tupper, I Tupperware this. I, it's crazy. But, like, I'm telling you, like, get five minutes in. You'll be sucked in. I'm, I'm telling you, just watch this one. It's called The King Eternal Monarch. Yeah, I agree. It will suck you in. And like, I, I judged it just off the trailer. Like I said earlier, I didn't even make it through the trailer and I was like, nah, not for me. Right. But within five minutes of actually watching it, it very much for me. Like it was great. Yeah. It's, it, this is a bizarre show. There's nothing like it. And I think like that's one of the main reasons to kind of like watch this because I have never seen it's just different. I've never seen it because it felt like it was coming from two different directors, two different storytellers. Like the beginning was so dark and then the end was like this, like you said, bubble gum. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, <laughs> it just has moments where it's a laundry detergent commercial or something like that. But I felt other like moments oh, where like, it's like. When like, he was, like, when he was like rowing and, and wearing like his, you know, like he was like on the horse. I was like, this is like a fucking like Ralph Lauren yeah. commercial. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, but Jake, there's parts in the beginning of this that are so fucking brutal. Like Brian says that flute gets cut in half. Well, the fucking dude tries to kill the little kid with the fucking sharp end of the flute. He takes the flute and jabs it into this kid's fucking neck. Yes, and the kids, so, oh you're watching it and you're like, did you, did we just watch this kid get murdered also? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoa. It's, and then the shit that he goes and does, cause in the real world, like he goes and finds like his version of himself. Yes. Yeah. And then like kind of sets it up. So it makes it seem like in his own reality that he's dead because they found his body mm -hmm. and oh wow. Like it is so That's intriguing. Wild. The, the, it's very intriguing. It's very intriguing. I, this is one that I'm going to be watching week to week on Netflix. It drops every Saturday on Netflix. I Tupperware. I, I, this is just a bizarre show and it's, and a huge surprise. Very surprised. Like Joe, I'm like, like 
you know, I'm, you watched the trailer and I, I didn't watch the trailer, but it didn't sound like it hooked you. Like, did the trailer, was it super cheesy? Yes. The, you should almost go back and watch the trailer just so you can breathe a sigh of relief that you didn't watch it first. Wow. Cause I, I wouldn't have watched, <laughs> the I trailer would, was bad. Cause I wouldn't have watched the show, but like literally I'm like five minutes into the actual episode and I had to stop and send you a message and tell you I'm like, I'm so glad you did. Otherwise like, I would not have watched it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> dude, you, this is something I think you need to watch. Like I was hoping that you would watch it because I, you know, cause I was just, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe what I was seeing here within the first five minutes of this show. I was blown away. Guys, please do yourself a favor. Watch this. There are tonal shifts. It will feel like a completely different show in the second half. Um, but I think like it will shift back to that darker show that we saw at the beginning. It's called The King Eternal Monarch. And I am not kidding you. If you're a fan of parallel universes, if you're a fan of like crazy violence at the beginning. Um, and then even like there, there's like this crazy mix of like romance of, uh, that, that's going on here. Um, I highly recommend this one. I can't recommend it enough. It, it, it's just so bizarre, and I'm just glad that this exists on Netflix. <laughs> I'm totally with you. Interesting that they chose to do this like week by week. I wonder what guided that decision. Are they actually like? Tr- is it imported? Is it being released? It's I, Jake. There's a lot of um, a lot of these shows that they get from Korea, Japan, China that are dropped on Netflix. And the only reason I know this is because I use the just watch app. Um, a lot of those shows, a lot of the international stuff that we get from Netflix is released week by week. Not everything, but a lot. Um, I, I, I've been watching, I watched the first episode, I guess it's four parts. It's a show called money heist. It's a Spanish show. Um, have you guys heard of money heist? Have you seen it advertised on Netflix? No. I think I've seen an ad for it. It sounds familiar. Dude, it's fucking, like, I watched the first episode. It's super fucking good. Like, I didn't talk about it last week. I, I watched it last week. But it's super fucking good. It's, I guess it's been running um, for a while now. It's four parts. And each part, like, each season has, like, different episode you know, orders like one is like one could be like eight. The next season could be like 14. It's weird, but I watched the, uh, so it's going to take me a while to finish this one, but it's called money heist and it's really fucking good. And Netflix just dumped it all, all four parts. They just dumped all four parts on Netflix, (laughs) but it's weird. Like other international shows like that Netflix, it's, it's weird. Like they'll, some, some of them they'll, 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 you know, They'll just dole them out like, 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 like you would on like HBO, like one episode per week. It's, it's mostly the international shows, Jake. Yeah. It seems like they do it with the American like reality shows, but that's about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the, what was it? That, that, that baking show that fucking Neil fucking jerks off to that great British, <laughs> the great British bake off. Yeah. Them. Yeah. They do yeah. that with the British bake off show. The Circle did it too, to a degree. Yeah, The Circle did it as well. They drop a few episodes at a time. Yeah. I liked how they did that, though, man. There was a little bit of anticipation there for those shows. 
Yeah, I liked it too. I watched The Dark Side of the Ring. Season two came out on Vice, Jake. I thought that they were just going to release them episode by episode. They dropped the whole fucking season, dude. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. All six fucking episodes. And so I watched uh, the final episode because it was the most, it was the one that I wanted to watch the most. I watched the Jimmy Superfly Snooker episode. No, oh, I bet that was a little bit disturbing about oh, him murdering someone, right? Yeah, Jimmy Superfly Snuka and his fucking uh, girlfriend. Um, dude, I, Jake, we were all fans of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Oh, yeah, he was the original guy to get on the top rope. Top, top, rope. top rope. He was the top rope guy, man. He was the, and he's so athletic and like, he was in the fucking, uh, the cartoon, the Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll Wrestling All Stars, or whatever the fuck it was called. I used to watch that show. Oh, yeah. Me too, me too. I had his giant rubber superstar figure. Dude, I highly recommend this one. Like, if you're like into, um, you know, the true crime stuff, you don't even have to be into wrestling. You don't even have to be into like wrestling at all. But if you're into true crime stuff, these are shows that you need to be watching. Like, like the. Like, uh, season one, there was an episode about Bruiser Brody. And I never, I didn't know who Bruiser Brody was, Jake. I never, I, I didn't know. Like, you know, I watched the Macho Man episode. I watched the Fabulous Moolah. I know, who, I know who they are. I knew who the Von Ericks were, but I didn't know who Bruiser Brody was. And there was a whole episode about Bruiser Brody's murder. And like, if you're into true crime, I don't think that there's like a, a Venn diagram of like who you have to be to watch this one. I think it's either you are into wrestling or true crime. Anybody, anybody who's into either wrestling or true crime can watch these shows. I don't think you have to be in the fucking, you know what I mean? The Venn diagram of both that you have yeah, to you be. You don't have to. You can just be a wrestling fan or you can just be a true crime fan and, and there's plenty to get here. There you go. There you go. Uh, I Tupperware this episode. I, I cannot wait to jump back in. I can't. The, I'm excited that I just get to watch them all. I'm excited I just get to watch them all. They, Vice dropped them all. I don't know if it's because of the coronavirus. Last year, Vice was dropping these week to week. See, I thought they did come out week to week. I thought the series just ended. Well, fuck, I just found out that it ended, and they're all there. So <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because there was a lot of stir when the yeah. uh, two-hour Benoit premiere happened. Yeah, like okay, five or six weeks ago. Okay, I'm 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 behind then. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm just thrilled to find out that they're all available. I'm just late to the game. Hey, it doesn't matter. It's almost good to be wrong here. I mean, yeah. you, now you just have it all, and you don't have to have to wait. Yeah, if you guys, I'm telling you, and a lot of the some of the Vice stuff is free. Just uh, download the Vice app on your fucking uh, Roku or Amazon Fire Stick or whatever the fuck and watch these, man. These are fantastic. Joe, I'm telling you, these are fucking fantastic, man. Yeah, I need to get the Vice app, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are fucking great. These are fucking great. I watch, I'm not going to talk about this too long. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got two more things that I'm going to talk about and then I'm going to pass it off to you guys if you have anything. I watched uh, White Snake. It's a, uh, it's a uh, animated movie. You can watch it free on Hoopla. Um, 
and it's a uh, story about a Chinese fable, The Legend of the White Snake. It focuses on the snake demon Blanca, who loses her memory while being disguised as a human woman and falls in love with a snake hunter. Um, this strongly displeases her sister, Verta, the green snake demon. White Snake is a uh, Chinese computer animation fantasy film. It's directed by Ant Wong and Zhao Ji, uh, with animation production by Light Chaser Animation. The film was inspired by the traditional Chinese fable Legend of the White Snake, serving as a prequel to the original story. So uh, this is a Chinese fairy tale that a lot of kids grow up with in China. And um, it, it, the movie, you've got you've got snakes, uh, snakes, and these snake people, and they're persecuted, and they're used to power this evil general. And um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. If you have Hoopla, you can watch it for free. I wouldn't recommend watching it on Hoopla. I don't think the stream. I I don't think that when I watched it on Hoopla, I don't think like when you stream it, the animation comes through that clear. I don't think it looks that good. I I watched it on Blu-ray. I bought this on Blu-ray and watched it on Blu-ray, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I'm going to give this one a high taste. That I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a beautiful animated movie, and um, I I watched it. I started watching it on Hoopla for free, and I was just it just didn't the animation didn't look good. So I fucking bought it, and then I watched it, and it looks so much better on Blu-ray. Oh, it was the streaming service. It that was. was the problem. Yeah, like I, it felt like it was like like I was watching it on like, you know, four eighty, four eighty, and then I started watching it like on ten eighty i or whatever, ten eighty p. You know what I mean? Like it just the it just did not look good on Hoopla. And Hoopla's great. Hoopla's great. Hoopla gets a lot of like new movies, indie movies that you can watch for free. But um I, I think it's a I think it's a I think it's a very, very good uh very good anime. Um so White Snake on uh on Hoopla or um uh, just uh fucking I think you can rent it other places. And hopefully it'll have better uh, video quality. I watched uh, hashtag Black as Fuck Black AF on Netflix. Did any of you guys watch this new series? Yeah, I watched no, the first I two episodes it, so far. You watched the first two, Joe? Yeah, I watched the first episode. This is Kenya Barris and his family navigate relationships, race, and culture while grappling with their newfound success in this comedy series. Uh, Kenya Barris is starring in this. He's actually the creator of the show Blackish, the Anthony Anderson show on, uh, is it ABC? Yeah, it's ABC. This one stars Kenya Barris and Rashida Jones. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, kind of like a curb your enthusiasm kind of thing here where, you know, like, you know, Larry David is playing himself and, you know, he's the creator of Seinfeld and then he gets on all these antics and blah, 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 blah. This is Kenya Barris, the creator of the show Blackish. He's playing that guy. He's playing himself. And, but he's also kind of like bringing a lot of like racial stuff into this comedy series, uh, that stars Rashida Jones and himself and his family. Um, and he's able to do a lot of the stuff here on Netflix that he's not allowed to do on ABC. I only watched the first episode, but man, I'm telling you, Joe, I felt like this was an eye opener. Yeah. 
for me, like it was an eye opener as a white person to watch some of this stuff. Like, dude, you know, I can sit here and like, you know, I know about fucking, I know about Martin Luther King and I know about slavery and I know about all the, you know, and like I, I watch a lot of, you know, I watch a lot of movies that are, you know, directed by black filmmakers and I, you know, I, I respect a lot of black actors and stuff like that. But like on the flip side, it's like, I'm not, dude, I'm a fucking white dude. I don't fucking, like, dude, I didn't know. I thought it was amazing. Like his, like some of this show is set up like with his daughter. She's like doing like some of this show is like her doing like a school project, right? Yeah, that that's the way that the whole show is set up is that his daughter is trying to put together like a documentary or something like that about her family as part of like a college yeah. admissions thing and that her dad went oh, totally all out and you know brought a whole film crew in to do it and everything and, and what's funny is that one of the 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 sister that they all call evil is saying that it's it's really just her dad's just going to take this footage and turn it into a Netflix show. Right. Yeah. Which is funny because you know after the fact you're watching it has <laughs> and they're plugging the fact that he got a Netflix deal. You know. <laughs> yes. And they're talking about his future Netflix show. Dude, the whole the, but it's also on the flip side like as funny as this show is and it's also informative as far as historically because like I had Dude, I'm serious. I had no fucking – and this is shit – dude, this is shit white people think. We don't fucking know all the time like why certain things are the way that they are in certain cultures because I guess we're ignorant and we don't look shit up all the time. But like the whole the whole peacocking explanation – yeah, dude, that was really informative. It was super informative. Dude, think about this. How many times have you watched black comedies where like I've watched so like I've watched so many black comedies where like, you know, uh black women go to church and it's all about like wearing like their Sunday best or like their cr- the craziest fucking extravagant fucking Easter hat, Easter Sunday hat that they can wear. The Easter Sunday outfit that they can wear. Yeah, I've watched and, and how that all ties in with the history and everything, dude. I had no fucking idea. I had no fucking idea, man. I had no, no idea that it came something. It came it, that came from fucking slavery times. Like, are you fucking, dude? I was fucking blown wow. away by that shit, man. Like, slave owners would fucking t- they would in order to make themselves look good, they would dress their slaves in their Sunday best on Easter Sunday, and fucking trot them around. You know what I mean? Like in their Sunday best, and that's just something, dude. I had no fucking i th- this show was an yeah. eye opener. Like you can just well, look at yeah. it as a comedy, but on the flip side it was like, dude, there's there's some there's some black history stuff going on in the show that I had no idea about. Yeah, no, it's because what's he call he's calling it white gaze. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, G-A-Z-E. Yes, 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 yes. Because, <laughs> you know, he's saying like like if he's wearing a chain and, and like, you know, some white dude comes up and comments on his chain, that like part of him almost like feels bad about it. Yeah. Like, like you know, you don't know what it's like, like why I'm wearing this. And, and when yeah. they go into that explanation on the Sunday best and that because because of those clothes that, you know, as a people, they took that feeling of – of if you look good, you're going to be treated good. And then like how it goes into like all the different words that, that like 
describe, you know, wearing your best and everything. It's like this show is very educational it and is. it's also yeah. really funny. And so it's it's great that it can walk that line because it can keep you entertained with the funniness. And then it's like it's sneaking in the educational stuff kind of underneath the radar in a mm-hmm. way. And um I thought the first episode was really good. The second episode was really good, too. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going to go because his family is so chaotic. There's like six kids or something like that, which is just insane. And and the kids are all different and unique. And um, the the second episode is great because the, the, the two parents – like go to this music festival and do Molly and it's fucking fantastic. Oh, I gotta watch that. I gotta watch that. <laughs> dude, dude, when he fucking, when he, when, when he's at that fucking like resort, you know what I mean? He's about the four seasons and they're at the fucking valet and they're getting ready to get their cars back. Oh my God. And the writer, the head writer for Modern Family, who's had like a shit fuck ton of hits, you know, I mean, as far as like writing for TV shows up and he sees what Kenya Barris is driving. He's like, oh, I didn't know you picked your car up at Vin Diesel's auction. I was fucking <laughs> rolling. Oh, my God. So <laughs> funny. Good joke. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that an adult show or is it kind of all ages? Uh, I think this is way I think like I think it's it's a family show, but with. But this is this is this this is this is not blackish. Like this is not ABC. This is more of like I'd say this is more of like you know Seinfeld, Larry David being able to do what he does on Curb, and then and then so I think like this is it's a family show, but it's not a family show. Right, Joe? Like, I, I think... I, there, he, That's the way I'd describe it, too. I, I'm trying to pull it up real quick just to see what the rating is on it. Yeah. Like, it's like it's a little... It, there's more that Kenya Barris can get away with on Netflix. There's more things that he can kind of get away with on this one that he couldn't get away with with doing Blackish. So he's Yeah, able, it's rated TVMA. Yeah, he's got a lot more freedom on this one than he did on Blackish, which is like... That's an ABC show. So, yeah, I, it's and it's hard to be real and educational and not be a little bit more mature when it comes to these subjects. Yeah, I, I, I really dug that first episode. I was just kind of like, I, you know, I, I was just kind of like, oh my god, okay. So like, you know, it's a comedy, but on the flip side, I, I was blown away. Like the daughter kind of like goes into like this whole like black history portion of like. You know, the, the whole peacocking and like, you know, the Sunday's best. And like, I was just kind of like, wow, this is, this is, this is informative. This is stuff like, like I did not know. This is stuff that I've seen presented in other forms of like, you know, either, you know, black television that I watch, but I never knew like the reasons behind it, like what, like the origin behind it. Like I've seen that, I've seen that in so many, in, in so much like black television and black and black movies that I watch, where like you know, the, even even like depictions in like old cartoons and stuff, you see that. Yeah, like like where like the women wear their Sunday best on Easter and they try to like outdo each other on Easter and stuff like that, and it's like you know, like but like I didn't know that I didn't know it had an origin. Like where did that come from? 
You know, I just, yeah. it's just a, it was just a thing that I watched, you know, like when I'm watching, like, I don't know if I'm watching, like, I don't know. I can't remember. Like it, like it, it was, I, it probably, I'm trying to remember, like I, it might've been like in an everybody hates Chris episode. They might've depicted it. It might've been an episode of two, two, seven, dude. I don't fucking know. I've just seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm looking forward as this season goes on to see what other sort of stuff like that they have in it. I can't remember off the top of my head if there was a big moment like that in the second episode. Yeah. But I hope that that's something they carry on with because that was a really great part of that first episode. It really was. I Tupperware and the, the way they packaged it too—that it started off with him ranting on it, and then the daughter being like, "You know, this is what always happens, and there are some nuggets of truth in this." And it was—it was just great the whole the whole way it was broken down. Um, the the Jewish dude that they had in that episode that plays his assistant—I <laughs> so love him. He was. Um, he was in, he was in that Netflix movie that we reviewed a couple weeks ago, Uncorked. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. So, um, it was nice seeing him again in this. I Tupperware that first episode. I thought it was really, I think this is really, really good. I think it's eye opening for me. And it's like, dude, yeah, dude, I think, I think sometimes like maybe, I think sometimes us white people are ignorant and like we need to see this shit. Cause I think like, I didn't know this, you know, like I didn't, I didn't fucking know this shit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that is, that is one of those things. It's about, nothing, like we talked, okay. It, we talked the whole check your privilege thing is kind of like an, an internet joke yeah. at this point. But I mean, privilege is one of those things that you don't like, cause that's what most people always say is like, well, white privilege never helped me out. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to take a step back and actually look at, like, you know, how many times do you get pulled over for fucking true. some dumb shit? Yeah. Oh, not that often? That's your white privilege right there. And it's like, and I even feel like a douchebag fucking talking about because, I mean, I'm a fucking white male, yeah. you know, growing up in middle America. But, and so, I don't know, my, my younger sister went to school for a lot of this stuff. And so I've had some really, really big conversations with her about privilege and stuff like that, where she's actually opened my eyes on it a lot. And so this is one of those shows where I'm actually looking forward to touching base with my younger sister. <laughs> like, did you watch this yet? <laughs> Dude, that fucking, hey, Jake, do you remember that Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, fucking Eddie Murphy, where he fucking, they fucking dressed him up as a white dude, gave him fucking prosthetics, made him look like a fucking white guy. They fucking did the yes. makeup. So, <laughs> Joe, have you ever seen this? It's an old I Saturday. I did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. This sounds really familiar. So he like, they dress him up as like this white businessman and he gets on the fucking bus and he's like, so, and it's like a documentary. Like, you know, you can hear like Eddie Murphy talk, talking about it. So it's like, so like, like I'm on the bus and it's like all these white people, there's one black guy and as soon as the black guy gets off the bus, like the whole bus just fucking explodes and there's like balloons and confetti and they start partying and dancing <laughs> and Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy's like dressed as a white guy. He looks like a white guy. They got makeup on him that makes him look like a white guy. And he's, he's seeing this side of white America that he's never seen before. He goes to like a fucking newspaper, like he goes to like a store to buy a newspaper and then, and the white guy is just like, just take it. Just take it. <laughs> he didn't yes. have to, he didn't have to pay for it. And he's like, white people just 
fucking give shit to each other. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. But yeah, I don't know. I, I thought the show was pretty fucking funny. I, I'm going to continue watching this one. Yeah, I thought it was really enjoyable. I'd Tupperware that first episode mm-hmm. and high taste the second one. Okay, I'll check out the second episode. I'm still, are you watching, um, are you watching Dave on FX? I need to watch the episode that just dropped this week. Otherwise, yeah, I've, I've been keeping up with it. Dude, I just and, got caught up. I just, I, I knocked out two more episodes. Dude, Tupperware the dude, fuck out of Dave. Yes! Dude, how much do you love these episodes where it just focuses on, on a, one on character. character? On a like one Gata's character. Episode, Gata's episode. episode. And then the story was amazing. And, and then the, the, the episode with L. Yes. Was so good. Yes. Uh, I love what the show's doing. Man. I fucking it love so it. so good. It's a mix of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two shows that I love, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy how good Dave is. I fucking Dude, how love fucking it. Funny was that third episode with that fuck doll in the bathroom. The fuck doll. The fuck doll. <laughs> like it's cello with feet. <laughs> and what about what about the episode? Was it what what the episode? The milking. That's the milking table. That's episode. the milking table episode. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the 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 most recent so episode funny. that I remember is the him and the camping. The, like his campers, his camping friends. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was a good one too. Kind of dark towards the end, right? Totally. Yeah. I fucking love Dave. Jake, you got to watch Dave on FX. Like you watched, like you told me about Rami and I fucking, I fucking blew through Rami and I love Rami. Dave, huh? I'm going to put FX next to it too. You got to so watch. Find it. Dude, this is like, this is like, if you love Curb, if you love Rami, you're going to love Dave. You're going to love Dave on FX. I promise you. And you can watch it on Hulu. Who's the Who's the star of this? Uh, Lil Dicky, who is a YouTube rapper. Okay. But he plays himself, Dave. And he's Have you fucking, looked up any of his videos? He's, he's a Jewish rapper. So, like, this is like fucking I'm like. I'm familiar with him. This is like fucking like, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking like uh, the next generation of like the lone beastie boy. You know what I mean? So, like, this yeah. is. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's a fucking great show. It's fucking Jake. You gotta watch Dave. I want to hear your thoughts on Dave. Like you got me hooked on Rami, and I love Rami, and I can't yeah, wait. I'll, to- I'll, ch- I'll check it out for sure. That's yeah. That's all. Next week's actually the week I'm going to break down and finally subscribe to uh, Apple TV. Are they dropping that, that Beastie, Beastie Boys? Boys movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're dropping. Oh that. yeah. I can't nice. not watch a Spike Jones Beastie Boys doc. Like I, I'm just going to pay the five bucks. Well, it's fucking Beastie Boys too, right? Did you yeah, guys have yeah, any- Spike Jones? Oh man! Did you guys have anything for good pop, bad pop on on a personal level? Uh, I wanted to briefly talk about last week's um, SNL Saturday Night Live. Did you guys get to see this? No, I didn't. No, it was very bizarre. They did a episode. Uh, it was called Saturday Night Live at Home. Was it Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks hosted, yeah, and they did everything like from on Zoom. Basically, they did a Zoom episode of SNL. That sounds terrible. And, uh, <laughs> it was very terrible. Um, I'm going to give it the lowest of taste. It's uh, there were definitely a few chuckles to be had. Uh, Tom Hanks really did nothing other than the opening monologue, and then I don't think we ever saw him again. Wow. Um, the sketches like tried to use. Well, the did fact he? He just fucking recovered from coronavirus. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, That's the whole reason they got him, I bet. Yeah, exactly. At exactly. least fucking give us a Mr. Short-Term Memory fucking sketch, right? Yeah, do something. And the monologue itself wasn't very funny. It was just a lot of, you know, patting their own backs type of stuff. And I don't know. There just wasn't much here. And all the sketches were very predictable. It was uh. like, oh, we're going to have a Zoom office meeting and – one of the older people isn't going to know how to operate Zoom very well. And, they, you know, they did the Twitch sketch where they're doing a Twitch stream. And just like every sketch that you could predict when they're stuck doing it in this format. Yeah. But uh, the one thing to seek out from this episode just by itself, and this part alone is a Tupperware, is they did an animated short called Middle-Aged Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Have you seen this? No. No, but I love the premise. Yeah, I don't even want to spoil it for you because the art is exactly the art of the classic Ninja Turtles cartoon, except the Ninja Turtles are now middle-aged and dealing with things middle-aged Ninja Turtles would, would deal with. So Splinter's dead, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this this is fucking amazing. Like, this by itself on a pedestal is the most giant Tupperware SNL has done maybe in five or six years. All right. I mean, I watch it's just that. absolutely fucking hilarious. They do the theme song and all. Nice. So seek this out. Fuck the rest of this episode. This was like the diamond, like beating the final boss and getting to watch this segment, slogging through how terrible these sketches were before I got to this. Wow. So now I know how our listeners feel listening to this shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe, exactly. did, did you have yeah. anything? Hey, I got a few quick ones I want to run through. Yeah. Um, real quickly, I saw, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And I give that the highest of Tupperwares. I've said nice. multiple times, this movie is so much better than it has, it, that it had any right to be. I wouldn't have imagined it'd been so good. I've, we bought it on digital as soon as it came out. Did you watch uh, it with your kids? Of, of course, both, that's both why you loved it so fucking much. Sonic it's, the Hedgehog fans. It's good. It's it's good. I'll give it a high taste. It, but you watched it with kids, and that's why you because your kids are smiling and laughing and having a good and, time. Yeah, and that might be something to do with it because I mean, like my kids are super into Sonic sure. the Hedgehog. Like they're constantly yeah. always playing the 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 older games, which really makes me smile that they love Sonic the Hedgehog two so much. That's cool. that was always one of my favorites. Yeah. Um. Uh. I watched all of Altered Carbon, and I fucking love it. Dude. Did you? Okay, the first um, and second season. Second season, yeah. I should. I I watched all the first season, yeah, and then I watched Altered Carbon resleeved, and I loved all of it. Oh my god, the fucking the is it resleeved or unsleeved? Uh, I thought it was resleeved, but may, maybe it's unsleeved. Oh my god, first season of Altered Carbon, incredible. That fucking animated movie, fucking incredible. Yeah, the animated movie was very, very good. I have not got into the second season yet. Um, and then the other thing I want to bring up is there are three big comedy center or big comedy specials that just all dropped on Netflix that were all pretty close to each other. The first one that came out was Burt Kreischer, and it's called Hey Big Boy. Uh, if you have Netflix and you haven't heard of Burt Kreischer, he's the shirtless dude that you've seen on Netflix. <laughs> he does all his comedy specials with no shirt on. And so like when you look at the thumbnail, you're probably like, oh, this is probably some stupid get her done type bullshit. But it's not. It's legit comedy. And also, fun fact about Burt Kreischer is that the movie Van Wilder was actually based kind of on him. What? When, when he was wow. going to college in Florida, he was the 
party king. And so Rolling Stone article wrote and or Rolling Stone magazine wrote an article about how Burt Kreischer is this party king, and then the movie Van Wilder was based on that article. And so that's that's Burt Kreischer. Um He's a really, really funny guy. He's got um, a bunch of different podcasts that are really good. He does one with Bill Burr. So if you're a fan of Bill Burr, there's a really good podcast called Bill and Burt or Bill Burt Podcast. He does another one, Tom Segura, called Two Bears, One Cave, which is really funny. Um, and then, <laughs> and so then Tom Segura's comedy special dropped like a couple weeks later, and that one's called Ball Hog. Yeah, and that one is one of the funniest fucking comedy specials I've seen in a long time. Like I'm a big Tom Segura fan, but this one might be his best one yet. Um, Can I be honest ball- with you? I've never, yeah. I've never listened to any Tom Segura or listened to any of his episodes on Joe Rogan. So, oh my God, okay. sell me on hmm. him. So, dude, Tom sell Segura me right now. I'm Tom Segura. One of the funniest fucking people in America. He, his, his, the podcast that he does is called Your Mom's House, and he does it with his wife, Christina Pazitsky. She's also a stand-up comic, and their podcast is fucking hilarious, dude. They play, like, funny clips from porn and shit like that, and so they <laughs> just have all these different random audio drops that they'll play that are, like, totally not safe for work. Oh, that's crazy. It's so fucking funny. Do you remember, did you ever see that David Tell Showtime show where he would review porn with other fucking stand-up <laughs> comics? No, oh, I remember that. I could totally, I could see David Tell doing that. That's yeah, awesome. they, they like they, like they did Debbie Does Dallas, and he's watching it with Amy Schumer, and they're talking, <laughs> <laughs> talking about that movie. But like your mom's house will play all these great clips like there was this one for a long time where they used to play all the time where this girl was talking about she did like an airtight scene so she had like dicks everywhere and she's like i was proud of myself oh my god (laughs) and uh ball hog uh relates to a clip that they played on the podcast where this girl introduces herself as a ball hog and then it's like some porn where she's like sucking lots of balls or some shit i don't know (laughs) <laughs> but the the podcast is fucking goddamn hilarious, but his stand-up is really good. And so he's got, I think, three specials that are on Netflix. Yeah. And so there's Completely Normal and then um, Disgraceful. Uh, there's Completely Normal, Mostly Stories, Disgraceful, and then this newest one. So he's got four of them okay. on there. And Ball Hog's about the best one yet. And, dude, they're... Like I think I've watched Ball Hog like maybe six times so far, and it's still there's jokes on it that absolutely fucking destroy me. There's a joke that he does towards the end about sixty nining that is one of the funniest fucking things. <laughs> the way that he presents it is so fucking great. All right, all right, I'm doing it's, this. I'm, you, I'm, you gotta you gotta check out Tom Segura. I'm, and like the, yeah. the episodes where he's on Joe Rogan, like they've been really good friends for. He's so long. on Joe Rogan every fucking all the, time, dude, all the dude, fucking he, time. He was he was on one of the top one of the first 10 episodes of the joe rogan experience why am i okay he's even called the joe rogan i see his name on joe rogan all the time on the podcast this way dude okay so when when we're done here i'm making a mental note right now to look up the episode where where tom and christina were both on rogan's show and they played a bunch of shit that they play from your mom's house and they played it for rogan and like one of them was this guy that used to play a lot called king ass ripper and it was just videos of these guys that could do like these 30 second long farts and shit like that. And it was <laughs> fucked up. And so they're playing all these King Ass Ripper videos for Rogan. Rogan starts fucking dry heaving on the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then, um, 
Uh, just this week, Chris D'Elia's newest uh, stand-up uh, dropped. And is that the like, is is that the guy with the hair and the and and the beard? <laughs> In the stubble. <laughs> in the beard. He's got a beard. Was he on a show with Whitney Cummings on yes. NBC that got canceled? Yeah. I yeah, put, he's kind of a protege of, of Whitney Cummings. He's a funny guy. He's very funny. Yeah. Um, and, like, this is the first one of his specials that I've that I've watched. This mm-hmm. one, his newest one's called No Pain. And he's got two other ones, like yeah. Incorrigible and Man on Fire. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of watching his specials backwards now. Since I started with No Pain, then I'm going to watch, I think Man on Fire was the second one, and then Incorrigible will be the first one. Um, I got online afterwards, and I don't, comedy is one of those things that's so subjective to read reviews on anyway that I usually just try not to. Yeah. And, but I kind of wanted to see what other people who are fans of Chris D'Elia thought of it, since you know I'm kind of newer to his stand-up. I really enjoyed this special. There was a bunch of people online that said they thought the beginning of it was kind of slow. Um, but man, I thought once he actually starts getting into the the real meat of the special, it was really good, dude. He's got this bit about fucking dolphin suicide and how it's not <laughs> how it's not possible, and so it's stupid for people to get offended for him talking about dolphin suicide. And the fucking links that he takes that out is so fucking funny. I don't know. I, I, I Tupperware all three of those specials. Don't you hate it when you, good. when you're trying to explain comedy that other joke, well, like that jokes that other people have said? And then, well, yeah, like, cause you don't want to give away the punchline. And you're not, and yeah. Their joke. And so it's like, yeah. you just kind of tell them how wacky the premise is and hope right. that they're willing to go along on that ride. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to explain with, comedy. This one, it's like, because he brings something up about Dolphin committing suicide and then like a crowd got upset about it and he's like that's so stupid he's like they don't even have a chin they can't hang themselves I've really been a fan recently of uh, comedy that's super offensive and I just laugh to myself about people that are so uppity that they can't enjoy it that they can't enjoy it and it makes me enjoy it that much more that people that there are people out there that are just so fucking uppity and they can't enjoy it and they get offended and it makes yeah. me laugh that much harder that these pussholes get offended at a joke <laughs> that that you know what i mean you know what i mean it's yeah. these people get that's oh, yeah. that's their job is to fucking is to shock you and to make jokes and shit like that it's and that's what they are they're fucking jokes they're yeah. jokes. Well, That's the their job. Go and like tweet about it or something, and be like, "Oh well, you know, comedian Tom Segura says this," and it's like, "Yeah, he said it during a comedy special." It's a fuck. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fucking joke. Exactly. It's like he's not fucking making like a statement. It, it's it's he's doing something in the pursuit of. He's doing his laugh. fucking job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whenever yeah. people get offended about stand-up comedy, yeah, like, dude, they can suck every last dick in the bag. Exactly. Like, Fuck off. And if they enjoy sucking dick to begin with, they can suck something that they don't enjoy sucking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Because <laughs> for some people, Joe, dick sucking is an enjoyable fucking, you know what I mean? That's like. That, that is true. Dick, some people we talk about how comedy is subjective. Well, dick sucking is also subjective, Joe. 
<laughs> they can suck a rotten dick then. There you go. <laughs> yes. I want you to fucking suck a dick with a bunch of fucking sores on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can suck a herpy dick. There you go. Suck a herpy there dick. There you go. No one enjoys that. But dude, I grew up watching like like fucking Kinnison and shit like that. So yeah, I mean, oh god, I was really and young, that doesn't age. I'm up comedy. Kinnison so, does not age well. No. If you've gone back and watched fucking a lot of Eddie Murphy <laughs> stuff, doesn't age well. No, you go back and watch the beginning of Delirious, and you're like, oh, this is. But I don't think that fucking Eddie Murphy and, and you know, you know, rest in peace, Sam Kinnison, and Eddie Murphy, uh, Kevin Hart. Some of these guys that have made jokes, I don't think they that that they should be forced to come back and apologize. Well, of course not, because I mean, no. what they were doing it was it was just stand up comedy at yeah. that time. Yeah, I mean, think about how common it was to use the other f word and the r word. Right, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, and now it's like you when you hear somebody say it, it's like, ooh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's times change. Times and those, change. those specials were a product of their time. It's not like fucking Eddie Murphy's rocking, you know, those words in Daddy Daycare or fucking exactly. Haunted Mansion. So chill the fuck out, everybody. Everybody, people can change and people can grow. And Jesus Christ. Imagine him telling the ghosts in Haunted Mansion that he feels his ass getting hot because they're staring at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Anyway, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Tom Segura. I, I need to. Dude, Tom I, Segura. Yeah, I. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll, you can't go wrong with any of his specials. They're I, all fucking funny. Okay, I'll check so. him out. I'll check out Tom Segura. I see his name all the time on Rogan. I'm always checking Rogan's podcast to see who he's got on as a guest. And Tom Segura is like on, on there like every fucking month it's tom segura i know it and he talks about tom segura all the time on his fucking yeah, podcast i've just never good. listened to the dude i'm not gonna sit here and lie and be like oh yeah tom segura he's fucking hilarious <laughs> like i've never heard any tom Se- i couldn't even tell you like if tom segura was right now sucking my herpes infested dick i wouldn't even know it <laughs> i wouldn't know it was tom segura i'd be like i i don't know there's some guy here sucking my penis and he's fucking, and he's gonna get herpes. But like on the flip side, it's like I, I don't know who this gentleman is sucking my penis. I couldn't tell you what Tom Segura looks like. <laughs> well, I highly recommend starting off with his newest special. Yeah, and then, um, and then I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up. Is it called? Is it called? Is, is this newest special called Herpes Dick? Herpes Dick. <laughs> I like Joe's initial cell where he, he claimed it was no get her done shit. No, it's not. Well, oh my god! That was that a, fucking because with Burt Kreischer's, it's like you see this dude. He's and he's like no shirt on, and you're like, okay, what what the fuck kind of stand up is this? And it's like, no, he's just the party dude. He takes his shirt off because he's getting the party going. Like he's the stand up comic to where like at the end of the show, he's like, this is this is the bar that I'm going to go to and come have drinks with me. <laughs> and it's like he does. He'll get shit faced with his fans. He's. The the relationship that him and Tom Segura have, like in real life, is really funny. Also, and I'm thinking it was Dan West on on an episode a while back where he talked about how Burt Kreischer had released a dance video, and then Tom Segura released like a follow up dance video that was mm-hmm. like way better and way better produced. And then he even like had some like three hundred because for a while they were. You remember on Rogan's podcast when they started doing the Sober October thing? I totally remember Sober October. So yeah. that all started because they were all concerned about how much Burt Kreischer was drinking. And they were like, oh, no, I, I work 
around on the treadmill and it's like he would drink a box of wine while he was on the treadmill. <laughs> oh my God. And they're like, Bert, that's not okay. You're going to die. We don't want you to die. We don't even think you could be sober for a month. <laughs> and so then it turned into this big thing, right? Yeah. And so Tom releases his dance video. I'll send you these videos so you can see them too because you, they, you'll fucking love it, dude. They're so fucking funny. And number one, in Tom's video, he's dressing up so that he looks like Steven Seagal. Do you remember when Steven Seagal went to Belarus and like they gave him that carrot and he was like eating a carrot and he had like the, his like weird little black suit on that he always wears and with his sunglasses and his hair back and his ponytail. Do you remember seeing those memes with him then holding a carrot? I don't remember that. Anyway, that's what, I know what you're talking from. about. And so right at the beginning of Segura's dance video, like they show him and it's like, hey, Tom Segura. And it like flashes over and he's got a ponytail and he's dressed like Steven Seagal and he's holding a carrot. <laughs> And then he starts dancing and like really bangs it out and does some really good dancing. You can tell he trained pretty well for it. And then it like switches over and there's this big giant fat guy with Burt Kreischer's face like CGI'd onto it. And he's sitting in a chair with a big giant bucket that says vodka. And so then Tom goes over to shake his hand. And then the shit that happens after that, it's like you just got to see the video and be like, what the fuck? This is like his best friend. What is he doing in this fucking video? And um, it's fucking great stuff, man. And it's it's cool to see these comics. It's one of my favorite things about all these different comedians having podcasts right now is that they just go and do each other's shows. And you get to – I've always been such a big fan of comedy that it's really cool seeing – kind of hearing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff with it. Yeah. And, and it, it's – what what Tom and Bert are doing with each other is is really cool, and like this dance off video was one part of it, and it kind of goes into the whole sober October thing as well. And um, but highly recommend both of their both of their newest specials just dropped within like two weeks of each other, and they're both very good. I'll check it out. I'll check out. I will check out Tom Segura. I will check out Tom Segura. <laughs> I will do that. I'm drinking vodka. I'm drinking vodka, everybody. <laughs> I I don't know how you do it. I I'd be tapped out ninety minutes. No, I'm not. It's not I'm not there. drinking it straight, dude. I'm fucking like I'm I'm I got uh, some ocean spray cran pomegranate. All right, so I'm rocking some uh, cran vodka. That's I'm, awesome. I love vodka cran. Yeah, that's that's how I do it, man. I can't drink it straight. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yo, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm a pussy. I'm a fucking pussy. I'm a fucking pussy who's drinking fruit juice and fucking alcohol. Get over it. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't know you were a pussy because of the fruit juice. I thought you meant the amount. <laughs> the amount of what? Like you weren't drinking enough to be a man. Oh no, no. This bottle. I'm gonna kill this bottle. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill both the the the, the fruit juice and, and the vodka. Like they're gonna be gone at the end of the night. It's just I'm just watering it down a little bit in the meantime. You know what I mean? I'm getting my antioxidants from this cranberry and shit, and then this fucking vodka is just destroying it at the same time. It just kind of balances itself out. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I follow exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's take a break and come back with the pop culture leftovers news. How does that sound? Yeah, let's nice. do it. If it doesn't sound good, th- Joe, does that sound okay to you, sir? It does. It sounds really good. How about you, Jake? I don't know about really good. 
Okay. Sounds fine. We can, we can keep <laughs> fucking going with this shit. Where do you want to go, Jake? Where do you want to take us? Take us on an adventure, Jake. Come on, Jake. Jake, take no, it. I'm just, I'm just no, not as, I'm not no, so hyped. No, 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 we don't need to go on break. Take us on an adventure, Jake. <laughs> you got places to go? No, you take us there. You know, come on, LeVar Burton, take a look. It's in a book, A Reading Rainbow. Take us on an adventure, Jake. Where are you going to take me, Jake? Joe's obviously a bigger fan than me. Huh? Where are you taking us, Jake? Where, where are we going? What do, what do you got? What do you got that's better than taking a break right now? Huh? Oh, nothing's better than taking a break. All right, well, we're taking a break then. We're going to take a fucking break then. I got really angry there for no reason at all. That was violent, wasn't it? I know. I need to slow down on the vodka. I know. I felt like if I was in a Lifetime movie, some woman would have been slapped. I'm telling you. Like, that would have happened. some really loud violence. Valerie Bertinelli would have a black eye right now if we were in a Lifetime movie. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Joe, dark comedy. I don't. I don't hear you laughing there, buddy. You're a big fan of dark comedy. There, I'm talking about beating up Valerie Bertinelli. I don't. I don't hear any chuckles, man. Did we lose Joe? Yeah, you lost me for a sec. I'm back. Can you hear me? Oh God, Joe's ready for that break. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so I kicked a cord under my desk, and my whole mixing board went dark. And I'm like, "Oh shit! What did I do?" I was talking about beating Valerie Bertinelli, and I got nothing out of you. <laughs> There's the Joey going. <laughs> well, now I'm like, "Shit!" Now I'll go back and listen to this and hear what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you you just proved how right you were to be alarmed. <laughs> Joe, oh my god! <laughs> you knew there was something wrong. I knew there was Brian. something wrong. Like we just the guy just got done saying he loved dark comedy, and I'm. <laughs> Talking about me beating Valerie Bertinelli, giving her a black eye, and we got nothing out of Joe. We got nothing out of Joe. <sighs> I timed out perfectly. But <laughs> oh, the, oh, Jake, the world makes sense again. I know, I know. Everything makes oh. sense again. Oh, uh, it was like, why even go on if Joe's not even laughing? I know. At this? I was like, Holy oh, shit. Jesus Christ, did I offend Joe there? What's going on? Joe's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm out. He just hung up. I'm out. Uh, no I, goodbye. I'm gonna go listen. To, I'm gonna go fucking listen to some Tom Segura so life makes sense again. You know? Yeah. Maybe some Rogan. Yeah, everything in front of me just went blank. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what the fuck happened? I made the joke that like, did we lose Joe? And it actually fucking happened. Like that. That's a <laughs> real thing we actually you, did you, you lose it up on the sign instantly i know i was like either i'm not funny which that that's very well could be the case here <laughs> or we lost yeah. joe i guess it's a coin flip when you it's put a, it like that it's a coin toss it really is a coin toss <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna see me on my end all of a sudden all the lights are out and so i just pop out of my chair and dive under my desk and start wiggling cables until i hear you guys in my headphones again oh my god if i could tell you how many times i jumped under a desk and wiggled my cable <laughs> jesus christ so many times so many fucking times 
Oh. Sometimes hard work just isn't enough. Wiggle it <laughs> just a little bit. A lot of it. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit. That freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Hey, we're back. Yeah, good break. Oh, my God. I'm... (sighs) Guys, I'm getting drunk. I've been drinking vodka. It's been a long time since I drank vodka on an episode. Should I try to not pretend that I'm drunk, or should I just lean into the fact that I am inebriated right now? I like to I like to trying to pretend that you're not drunk but uh, failing. No, I can't. I can't do that. It's like I want to lean into it because it's like trying to not act like I'm drunk and trying to sober up is just going to kill me right now. You don't got to work tomorrow, right? I don't have to work tomorrow, but I still have to. It's a it's a fucking it's a it's a job trying to pretend that I'm not drunk right now, Jake. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. That's a fucking it's a it's a fucking chore. I'm fucking drunk. (laughs) <laughs> All right, be drunk then. Let's rock it like I'm drunk then, okay? All right. All right. Uh, it's time for the pop culture leftovers news. I'm drunk. Got some quick news here. Uh, Quibi. Uh, Quibi is, uh, backed off their stance that everything's gonna be available on the phone. You can only watch their content on the phone. No, they're gonna be rocking their shit. Uh, it's gonna be coming to TV now. So they're gonna be having, uh, their, uh, content available on Roku's, uh, on Amazon Fire Sticks, on the, uh, Apple, uh, Apple streaming, the app, what do they call it? The Apple TVs, the little. Apple TV Plus or just Apple yeah, TV. Yeah. yeah, the Apple TVs. They're, so Quibi is, uh, they're pussing out. They're like, no. No. I don't think it's pussing out. Oh, they're pussing, they're pussing out, Jake! No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> talk bad about them making the right decision. They're pussing out, man. They had this, <laughs> they had a stance. They made a stance. No. It's a dumb stance. It well, takes a it takes a very smart person to have a dumb stance and then listen to facts and then change that stance. Well, that's they, true. 
Look at you, Joe. <laughs> That's totally true. I think, Joe. I think you're. Pu- I think you're pussing out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You, you evaluated the data and reevaluated your stance. How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> you puss it out, bro. Yeah, no argument there. Stark is pussing out. <laughs> die on the hill or die a pussy. Apparently. <laughs> oh man! Uh, before I go to bed tonight, I'm gonna flick my Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Quibby, Quibby's pussing out like Joe, and they're they're gonna be coming to TVs. You're gonna be able to watch your fucking Quibby on a television soon. They're gonna have a Roku app and all that other shit. Uh, San Diego Comic Con is officially canceled. Yeah, Corona that coming. There's still talks of them doing some like crazy internet stuff, though, right? Yeah, they're doing. They might be doing some internet stuff with the old San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, Snyder's going to show the uh, Snyder Cut trailer, right? Oh, man. Snyder Cut trailer. Jesus Christ. I want to see the Snyder Cut. I do. I don't give a fuck. I want to see the Snyder Cut. Yeah, at this point, I just want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. It should be our reward for seeing the original in the first place. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Netflix. Another quick news. Netflix is now worth more than Disney on the stock market. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah, I can believe it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Disney's is losing a lot of money without their theme parks open and without their movies hitting theaters. Yeah. It's bread and butter for them. Uh, what is it? Netflix, uh, Netflix stock closed at a record high of $426.75 per share, bringing its overall market capitalization to nearly 187.3 billion. That puts it ahead of Disney, whose market cap now stands just below that at 186.6 billion. So Netflix is now currently worth more than Disney on the stock market. Jesus, I regret not buying Netflix stock back in the old mail the DVD days. Oh my god, they still offer that, Jake. Can you believe it? They still offer what? that. Yeah, you can still get, dude, you can fucking go onto the PC version of fucking Netflix and you can still have them send you DVDs, bro. Blu-rays. I'm not kidding. It shit still exists. I didn't know that was still a thing. It still fucking exists, dude. You can still fucking subscribe to that shit. Wow. I still have a, I still have a blockbuster, one of those blockbuster fucking rentals. I still oh, have it. In I the still have the clamshell and everything. I still nice. have it in the sleeve, in the fucking in the sleeve. I forgot that I had it. I thought I lost it, and so I told them that, that it never got delivered. And then all of a sudden, I fucking found it in my house, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I still have a blockbuster online, fucking. So I still have it. It's a fucking Tyler Labine movie, and I still haven't watched it to this day. <laughs> Oh, I, I actually purposely rented Crime Wave and then just kept it and never brought it back. And then Blockbuster went out of business. I still have my Blockbuster fucking card, my membership card. I still have it. It's laminated. Wow. I still fucking have it, dude. It's a fucking relic. Yeah, I saw it last time I was in your car. I, I was like, oh, my God, it's a Blockbuster card. Yeah, it's a fucking relic, dude. 
<laughs> Did you ever see the movie Relic? The horror uh, movie? With, uh, Mira Sorvino? I think she is in it. It came yeah, out in 19... that one. Dude, I saw that shit in the theater in 1995, dude. I fucking... I saw it in the theater, too. <laughs> fucking dope movie, Relic. Yeah, I was, I've was. i always been a big um, H.R. Geiger fan, and he did all the creature design for that, so that was the initial draw for me to see it. But yeah, it was good. It was like the fucking... Uh, what's the... It was like Da Vinci Code, but with fucking aliens. Yes! Yes, with that fucking monster at the end and shit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, news from Dark Horizons. It looks like a new report has indicated that a second Atomic Blonde film is in early development at Netflix. Netflix is going to get the sequel for Atomic Blonde? Uh, that will not have Charlize Theron, right? Is that who's in that? <laughs> Discussing film reports that the no, that no screenwriter has been attached to the project yet, but Charlize Theron is set to produce... And is and is expected. I'm not drunk. And is expected. <laughs> now you're posting out. You're trying to pretend like you're not drunk. <laughs> you're right. I'm a total pusshole, man. <laughs> I don't, dude. I'm gonna own it. I am drunk as fuck. Um, uh, Charlize Theron is set to produce and is expected to reprise her role as well. Surprise. Yeah, uh, she's expected to reprise and surprise Jake that she's expected to return <laughs> as well. Uh, this follows on from last year when the film's first, uh, Helmer David Leitch uh, indicated an unnamed streaming service was interested in doing a follow-up. So Atomic Blonde, uh, we might get a sequel and it looks like Charlize Theron is coming back and it might be going to Netflix here. Yeah. You know what this biggest Netflix has gotten though, with so many different movies going straight to their platform and whatnot. I guess it's not that surprising that Charlize Theron would, you know, star in a something that's going to premiere on Netflix. No shit, dude. Fucking Ryan Reynolds is fucking. You know, I mean, Ryan Reynolds might as well just be jerking it off like his dick all over fucking Netflix. I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Free Guy fucking premieres on Netflix at this point. Yeah, I mean, with the who knows when we'll be able to see movies in theaters at all anymore. So we're probably going to see a lot more. Reynolds did uh, stars. was it the Michael Bay Six Underground movie for them. Mm -hmm. You know, so we'll see. I, I'm not surprised. Fucking uh, what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal, Okja. I didn't know that movie. I, I guess a little bit of my surprise comes from not realizing that movie was. A hit enough to even warrant a sequel. Oh, uh, Atomic Blonde? Yeah. Dude, I wasn't, dude, you just heard my reaction to that movie. No, I'm not even, not even that biased. I didn't really think it did much in the box office. I, I wasn't, it was just kind of, I wasn't a fan, to be quite honest with you. So, I mean, you know, fucking Charlize Theron, you got John Goodman. The, the, the ending definitely did fucking, allude to a sequel that there would be more but like you know with so so many other movies it's like uh, are we actually going to get that movie but with netflix around yeah we could pick it, it up only on made a hundred million worldwide as yeah jesus i, don't know. I was not a fan i did i still haven't seen it it's not good in my it, i don't know i didn't think it was that good it only costs thirty million to make. 
made another 11 million in digital sales. So I guess that's good. Total, you know, 111 uh, million for a 30 million dollar movie. I guess that is a success. It'll be a success on Netflix. Everybody will fucking watch it on Netflix, right? Hard not to. I mean, unless you didn't watch the first one. Martin Scorsese's. This is uh, news from Dark Horizons. Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon is still in the works, even as talk of a uh, large budget, even larger than The Irishman, is emerging. Jeez, uh, <laughs> I am drunk. I am, I apologize. <laughs> Stop it. Don't bring attention. You didn't even say that. I, I was just making up my own word. <laughs> emerging. <laughs> yeah. uh, emerging. And has reportedly given Studio Paramount Pictures some rather cold feet. The true story tale revolves around one of the FBI's first cases, the murder of uh, Osag... Native Osage, Osage, Osag. Do you guys know how to pronounce that? O S A G E. Osagi. Osagi. <laughs> Osagi Native Americans in Oklahoma. And there has been talk of the uh, film possibly moving to Netflix or Apple due to the cost. Now comes word that somebody will be lucky enough to have a walk on role in the film as the project's co-stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro are partnering with the All-In Challenge and have made a video. And basically, they've made a video, and they're talking about, like, uh, this organization offers the chance at massive prizes for those who donate through them to good causes, such as Feeding America, Meals on Wheels, World Central Kitchen or No Kid Hungry. And so if you, uh, you can, you can donate and if you, if you win, it's a lottery. And if you win, you get a walk on roll on a Martin Scorsese film. And there's, so you can either win a walk on roll onto the film or you can win a trip to the premiere of the film. And you can enter, you can get 10 entries into this lottery just for donating $10. You can get 200 entries, I think, into it if you donate up to $100. And uh, I... Man, I really want to win this. I donated $10, Jake. That's awesome. I want to win and then do a walk-on roll and wear my Avengers shirt for the Martin <laughs> Scorsese movie. <laughs> Oh, just to piss him off because he hates fucking superhero movies? Yeah, or a Superman shirt. Superman Whatever. shirt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's for charity. He's got to let me do it, right? I don't... I maybe, I think that they would pick your wardrobe, dude. I don't think you'd be able to... Oh, uh, you're probably right. I don't think you'd just be able to wear whatever you want to on the show. You just need to do like Wakanda Forever or something like that in your scene. Oh, I like that idea, too. Oh, I'm sure that they'd let you do that, too. <laughs> I'm sure there would be no rules against that. I'm, I'm getting kicked off a Martin Scorsese set is just as good of a prize as any. So you want to like you, that Jake wants to use his winning ticket for pettiness. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to you want to be able to meet like one of the best living one of the most world-renowned directors of all time, and he's living, a living legend. 
and just piss him off and get kicked off the yeah, set. I plan on yelling, okay, boomer, as they drag me away. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> wow. I know. I dropped $10 on this. So, yeah, there's a chance that there's a slim chance. <laughs> Man, your second movie and you're in Scorsese. Oh, my God. My, that would be incredible. <laughs> yeah. My IMDB would be just amazing at that point. <laughs> Actually, I have two IMDB. Pro- I'm listed as a pro, uh, a producer on that, uh, doomed documentary. The Roger. I, I remember that because you yeah. donated X amount to the Kickstarter. I did the, it, well, Excuse you. It was at Indiegogo, which is oh, the, Indiegogo, which was a Canadian version of which is Indiegogo gone, gone now, right? Is it? <laughs> are they doing Indiegogo? Is it gone? Yeah, I, I think maybe it got merged into Kickstarter. Basically, oh, I haven't I heard know. about it in a really long time. Yeah, I don't know anything about Indiegogo now. It's Indie No No. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I have I have two IMDb profiles, one for the movie that I'm actually in, and one that I'm a producer for because I paid for it. Can Mar- you merge both profiles together, get all that info in one place? Oh my god, Jake, that's the dream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would ask Scorsese about that if you win. I think he could help you out. I am going to talk to Scorsese about it. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Scorsese straight to the top. I was thinking about a game show where you try to guess what Scorsese would say, and it was it's called Scorsese he, and it's Scorsese, and you like you try to predict like what Scorsese would say. So I love this idea, but I'm going to rename it Scorsese says. Scorsese Scorsese he. <laughs> and when i meet him i'm gonna bring this up when i win i'm gonna be like dude fucking game show with you it's all about people trying to guess what you're gonna fucking say when when, like an answer to a question like what's what's what scorsese got to say about this I wonder what I wonder what Scorsese has to say about this t- said topic. So the contestants will get like multiple choices to pick from. Yes, like and we, then we'll play a footage of Scorsese saying which one it is to like, yes. reveal, reveal the answer. I like it. Yes, and then it's like uh, it's called Scorsese. Scorsese. He. <laughs> <laughs> I love that title. Scorsese me. Scorsese. Scorsese me. And then, like, then we get his his official answer after everybody, like, you know, gives their, like, what they think Scorsese's going to say about it. Could just be random questions, too. Like, totally nothing random. Serious. To- nothing serious. Just random questions. Like, what, <laughs> you know, like, what's the best condiment for... Who's your favorite He-Man character? Who's your... Yes. Yes. Yes, because we know Scorsese's a huge He-Man fan. And he's That's where he draws the line on the comic book stuff. He's totally gonna say Skunkor. We know oh, Man at Arms, get out of here. Skunkor. He's a huge Skunkor fan. 
<laughs> what do you bigger. what score says you and then we find out the answer yeah i'm in all right marvel news are you in the marvel news jake i'm not no i'm donating to the martin scorsese show though okay you just start the indiegogo on that like yesterday all right so you're not in the marvel news hmm all that Scorsese talk got on to me. All right. I, I need to find a new co-host that's in the Marvel <laughs> News. Joe, are you available right now? Are you cool? Do you, no, Joe, do you want to be a leftover? Is this like, is this a thing? Is this on your bucket list? I don't know. Would you be interested oh, don't in me? with my emotions, Brad. No, would you want to be a leftover? Would this like, like seriously, like you could throw this on your resume. Hey, I'm a, yeah, I'm a leftover. Like there, literally, there are only four people in the world that could say that they were ever a leftover. Two, but one, oh, one got booted off the show, or just. <laughs> <laughs> this is like you know what I mean. Like, 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 like there were four Beatles. There were four. Like we're down to two. We're down to two leftovers. I'm offering, I'm offering you the chance to take up being one of the leftovers right now. It was just too much. I mean, I was already apathetic about DC news, but now that I'm apathetic about Marvel news too, it's like, mm-hmm. fuck. I'm in the search for a new, I'm in the search for a new leftover right now. Jake, you're gone. <laughs> you can, like, long, long, long deserved. I have no, out of running for new leftover than Brian. What's that? I said I will put my name in the hat for the new leftover. Yeah, fuck it. Well, welcome, welcome to the show, Joe. <laughs> Jake. All right. Well, I'm stoked about Marvel news. Jake, you can. Yeah, that, that's how. That's how it goes. That's how it should go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel bad for Neil right now. <laughs> who? He's screaming when he hears this. That was a joke when I said who. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Yesterday's man. news, Neil, as I call him. I think before we jump into Marvel news, I think that there needs to be an update to the song. You know the song Super Freak. Yeah, what yes. would the update be? Rick James. It's not that freaky. Like, have you ever, li- like, read the lyrics to this fucking shit? Oh, uh, you need, it needs to be about, like, eating ass and shit now. Dude, yeah. Hold on. Hold up. Hold <laughs> up. Like, like, when you fucking, like, it's not that, it's like, it's a suit, like, not only is it about a freaky girl, but the song. The song is not super freaky. Like, it's super freak, but it's not super freaky. Like, hold on. Like, when she shows up, here we go. Room 714, I'll be waiting. When I get there, she's got incense, wine, and candles? Okay, Grandma. Baby shit. Thanks, Grandma, for (laughs) incense, wine, and candles? What the fuck? I watch a Lifetime movie. It sounds like I fucking just... Did I just fucking order some shit off of Etsy? <laughs> Incense, wine, and candles. Jesus Christ. I'm talking about, like, I want some freaky shit, man. I want fucking, like, it should be fucking, like, uh, butt plugs, <laughs> anal beads. And when she shows up, I want there to be butt plugs, anal beads, 
Multiple bottles of fucking lotion and stuff. Multiple bottles of lotion. Anal nitrates out the ass. Fucking, I want, literally. I want fucking, I want fucking, uh, like a, a donkey. A couple, you know, like Whoa. 17 little people showing up. <laughs> Maybe a discarded fucking bandage from a World War II vet that died. <laughs> That's weird. What are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with a fucking bandage from a fucking World War II vet that died? Who knows? Are we going to wrap it around my cock? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with it. Uh, in, incense, dude. That is safe. That is, that ain't super freak. Oh, she's a super freak. Super freak. She's super freak. Hey, yeah. Oh no, she's she's bringing incense, wine, and candles. Yeah, man. They should rename that song "Super Reserve." Fuck yeah. No shit. You might might as well invite my aunt Janice. <laughs> what are they doing tonight? Making a quilt? No shit. What are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Playing. Playing Sudoku and fucking talking about the newest episode of Downton Abbey. What the fuck? <laughs> Incense, wine, and candles. I want some weird ass shit. <laughs> when she's fucking, there needs to be an updated version of fucking Super Freak. Fucking uh, Jesus Christ! When when she when I get there, she's got incense, wine, and candles. Are you not even like regular freak level, let alone like a super freak? Oh my God! Yeah, Yeah, that's that's very mild. Those are answers that you would see on a fucking episode of Family Feud with Steve Harvey about how to get super freaky. (laughs) uh, uh, Wine. Oh, wine, number one guess, wine with 47%. Fuck you, wine. Yeah, I mean, if if me and you were playing Pyramid and the thing was things that are super freaky, you would never guess the answer with those, with saying those things. Candles. Wine and candles. Candles. (laughs) Oh, ooh, that's so sensual when fucking candles, when you drip that shit on somebody's back. Give me a fucking break. That's fucking kindergartner fucking shit. That's fucking for kindergartners. Fucking candles. Incense. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? Fucking trying to exercise a demon? Are, are we, are we trying to fuck? What the fuck? Incense. <laughs> oh, you broke me there. <laughs> it's stupid. Super freaky. Jesus Christ. See, you don't want to talk about Marvel News either. I don't know. <laughs> Sam Raimi's directing fucking Doctor Strange. It's official. It's right? awesome. It's very awesome news. It's fucking awesome news. Did you see the mock-up that Boss Logic did of Bruce Campbell as Mr. Sinister? No. Uh, it was pretty cool. I saw a cosplay of Mr. Sinister from a fan on Reddit, and it looked fucking incredible. But I didn't see the mock-up that Boss Logic did. I'll have to fucking Google that shit. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Was, me and Jake were talking about it before we started recording. Um, look at you guys like having look at you guys having special moments before we record. Why don't I? Why don't Why don't you guys include me? Why am I left out? Huh? Well, we slipped it in among no. It's like you guys about are Magic the Gathering, and it, you didn't want to talk about the cool card game. Oh, excuse me, but you guys are showing up with incense, wine, and candles before the fucking episode, <laughs> and I, I'm left. I'm left out in the fucking cold. <laughs> well, we're super. Freaks. We didn't want you to call us mild freaks. <laughs> you, guys, 
incense, wine, and candles. <laughs> Give me a break. The fucking three wise men from that fucking Jesus Christ parable showed up with frankincense, incense, and myrrh. And that's <laughs> freakier than what we got in that fucking song. Are you kidding me? And they brought that to a they brought that to a child. <laughs> I think he's lying about the girl in the first place. He he's making up things that he heard about a super freaky girl. Dude, he obviously doesn't doesn't know what one is. Is she a prostitute? Is she a prostitute? Mm. Hold on, hold on. Listen to the no. Lyrics. I think they have a. Pro- I think they know each other. Listen to the life. listen to the lyrics. She's a very kinky girl. The kind you don't take home to mother. She will never let your spirits down once you get her off the street. Whoa! <laughs> Hello! Hello! It's because she's yeah. partying. That's what I always thought, too. This is just a girl who likes to fuck a lot. Once you get her off the street. Who is roaming the streets but a lady of the night? <laughs> who who was sing- and who was singing about a lady the night Sting in Roxanne? I was gonna say Roxanne. Roxanne, <laughs> you Roxanne don't have to Roxanne. put on the red light. That was the red light district, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He got a little bit too intimate with one of the prostitutes. I'm, dude. I'm telling you, I think that this super freak might be a prostitute i think there's more than a zero percent chance who what prostitute I, honestly what prostitute is going to show up with incense wine and candles she's just going to show up with like herpes and fucking you know what i mean <laughs> she's, yeah. change, change for a 20 yeah she's got herpes oh. a pack of cools and an attitude you know what i mean <laughs> some advil <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about Sting with a hooker, man. If he's paying by the hour, how much does he end up paying that poor girl? Man, he's got Sting money. He's good to go. Ah. He's, doing that, he's doing that tantric sex, having sex for like 23 hours. And oh, Sting and his tantric sex. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> oh, my God. Mar- how does this fit into Marvel News? <laughs> what the Sam fuck? Raimi has something to do with him. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, hold up. What? Hey. Why? Why was uh, was Andy Circus on Instagram teasing a fucking Venom two trailer that never dropped? Yeah, that's a real dick move. What the fuck I was up with that, that shit? There was a fucking okay. Andy Circus on Instagram talked about fucking um, a Venom two trailer, and he said tomorrow he, he like wrote it up on like a fucking like you know like a whiteboard and shit with a picture of fucking like Venom, and it never happened. Yeah, I, I actually thought I missed that, like because a couple of days went by before I thought about it again, and I was like, "Hey, they were supposed to be a Venom two trailer," and yeah, not not a nothing. Dude, I was literally checking all fucking day, and I was working that day, and I was checking all day on Twitter for the Venom two trailer. Never dropped. Did Andy Circus have anything to do with the first one? No, he's the director for the second one. Okay, he is going to be the director for the second one. I yeah, it was, uh, yeah, who yeah. was the, it was the, it was, uh, Ruben Fleischer, the director for Zombieland was the director of the first Venom. Okay. I just watched that again the last week or the week before. Yeah, it's which hilarious is, which movie. Is, it's a, which, it's a fun movie. Dude, it's a blast. My kids loved it. It was the first time they'd ever seen it. 
And yeah, they really enjoyed it. Oh, you sound like you're reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, fuck oh. that. I loved Sonic the Hedgehog. My kids, my kids loved it, so I loved it. You sound like <laughs> every dad. Dude, I went and saw the Trolls movie in the theater. Okay? Well, hold on, and hold on. The, I the, was the not first, happy to be there. The first one? Yeah. I spent like over half that movie staring over both of my kids' heads and staring at the side of my wife's face, just hoping that she would turn her head and see me staring at her instead of the movie. Did you look at her? (laughs) Did you, did you? It never happened, but I did it multiple times. Did you look at her and say, compromise? (laughs) Compromise. (laughs) Yeah, compromise. I gotta remember that the next time I gotta say compromise as creepy as I can. Compromise. <laughs> compromise. Compromise. Now, do I have my dick out while I say it, or just yeah. am I unzipping while yeah, I? Why? Why? Hey, why isn't anal part of this compromise? Huh? 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 Why? 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 Why is it always antiquing? <laughs> huh? We need another A N word. Yeah, no. I can pick one more fun. You're on the right. You're on the right track with the first two letters. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a road show? Well, you know, safe rest stops. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god! I, you know what? I, I, I want to apologize to our listeners. Um, <laughs> oh, I love when the apologies roll out. Yeah. Did, hey, did you hear all these rumors about uh, John Krasinski? meeting with Marvel Studios about a possible... I mean, we all knew, like, the rumors once it started with John Krasinski, we all knew we all knew that the rumors were about him meeting with uh, with Marvel about the, the role of Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movie, in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Do you guys hear about this? Yes. Yeah. I mean... And we've heard the rumors about Emily Blunt possibly being the Invisible Woman. Anyway, this comes from Geeks Worldwide. Geeks Worldwide said that uh, Marvel hasn't shut down completely due to the pandemic. The studio has been taking virtual meetings with various actors, uh, writers, and directors over the past week. And one of those people is none other than John Krasinski. Krasinski and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige have both said that they'd love to work together, and it seems now that it's closer to happening than ever before. And so basically, you know, the rumor was that John Krasinski, John Krasinski is going to be the next Reed Richards, you know, in a Fantastic Four movie. There was a follow-up, though. Did you guys hear about the follow-up? No. No. Uh, moviescoop.com uh, covered the follow-up. John Krasinski addresses the rumors. I guess John Krasinski, during this pandemic, during this quarantine, has been uploading videos 
somewhere. I don't know if he's doing like his own little John Krasinski show or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they just he's been doing that weekly for about four weeks now. Yeah. In his latest video, he's talking uh, about a comic fan made in honor of some good news. This comic portrays him as a heroic figure that is lighting the way to happiness. While reviewing this comic, Krasinski jokingly says this. And finally, there is a there is this four paneler, which I have to appreciate as it will be the closest I ever get to playing a comic book hero. So this is post those rumors. And so basically this article goes on to say, there you have it, folks. In one sentence, John has confirmed the rumors that he was in talks with Marvel. And also confirmed that he won't be playing, as he says, a comic book hero. After speaking, John gives the audience a knowing look. So sadly for Krasinski fans, it looks like the heads at Marvel Studios and him couldn't come to an agreement on him playing Reed Richards. It seems like, like, I have to watch this video. Guys, I haven't watched the video. But it seems like the video is super telling from this article. He's just straight up saying, listen, stop right. the speculation. Yes. Nothing's coming to this, at least for now. Exactly. Exactly. Which, Jake, I'll be honest with you. I love Kevin Feige. I love what he's done. But to be quite honest with you, I think that this is one of those cases where I feel like maybe he's Maybe he's fucking up. I, I think John Krasinski and Emily Blunt would be, I'm going to say it, and I know they're fan favorites and they're fan casting, but I think this is the right call. I think that they, I think that Krasinski and Emily Blunt are the right call here. I really do. Yeah, you know, maybe, and this is just wild fan fiction speculation, and I, I completely agree with you that they are the right call. Yeah. Maybe John pitched that he wanted to either write or direct this too. And maybe that's where they drew the line. There's still, okay, that's a great point. I think that there's still this rumor though, that he's just trying to throw people off the trail. Oh yeah. I could see that's classic Marvel in the last two, three years when it comes to these announcements. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah, sit here where I was leaning with it too, dude. Is really, they do so much where it's like, you can't tell what they're saying is truthful or not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say like, yeah, uh, I think Kevin Feige and Marvel made the right decision. I, I think that, uh, Krasinski and Emily Blunt aren't the right dude. I personally think the perfect choice is, I think Krasinski and Emily Blunt are the perfect choice for, Reed Richards and, and, and Sue Storm. They're, they're married, number one in real life, and, and they've been fan castings for, for years now. Like, this has been a fan casting for years. I think they're the perfect choice for this. So, I think, like, like, you know, like, of course, they could throw a couple other names out there, and at the end of the day, it could be, you know, I could be like, okay, wow, that that did work. Because, like, you know, if you if we're talking about going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, I couldn't have told you that. Oh yeah, Chris Pratt is the perfect Star Lord. Like, I 
<laughs> Nobody knew. Nobody knew that fucking Vin Diesel would be like Groot. That um, yeah, we kind of laughed at that. Yes, sure. like there's a lot of things that like we, as far as like Guardians of the Galaxy is concerned, this is a bigger IP. Like this is a bigger um, property, in my opinion. Fantastic Four. And I personally think that Krasinski and Blunt are the perfect Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Like I, I do. I I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and say that like I can give you two better names. Yeah, I, I agree. I got to imagine that if those two weren't good enough, they must really want to go way younger. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not going to go older than those two. No, I think and you're I, right. I think so like perfect. like Jake, like with the casting of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, yeah, should tell you that yeah, if if they don't cast Blunt and Krasinski, they're going to go younger. I mean, Captain Marvel in the comics is a fucking she's a colonel in the Air Force. And like in in the comics, she's you know she's typically uh, around in her late thirties, early forties, correct? Yeah, and they've had to slide that timeline a lot too, just because they've had her in wars that it wouldn't be possible that she was in. I think they're going younger with a lot of actors too, you know, because of the fact that like there, you know, you've got Robert Downey Jr. who's aging out of the character, in their opinion, or maybe for him. He's he aged out of the character. I, I, dude, I would have Robert Downey Jr. playing. Fuck, he could be as old as Burt Reynolds was when he fucking died, and I would ha- I would be happy with Robert Downey Jr. playing fucking Iron Man. I yeah, I get dark, yeah, yeah. but I yeah, it doesn't matter. I would have Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man in, in his fucking sixties, to be quite honest with you. But it's like. It's. I think they're casting younger. I mean, this they casted the young youngest Sony and Marvel casted the youngest Spider Man we've ever seen when they casted uh, Tom Holland. I think wasn't like Andrew Garfield like the oldest they ever casted. Really, Garfield was older than Toby. Yeah. Yeah. That was- uh-huh. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Garfield was older than Toby, if you look at it. Wow, up. Toby looks so old in the first one. I know. Garfield, yeah. Yeah. It feels more believable on the first one that Garfield's in high school than it ever does Toby. I know. Yeah. It's one of those weird things that, like, when you look it up, it's like, fuck, Garfield was actually older than Toby Maguire? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that makes sense that they would want to cast younger actors, though, just so that they can have them around for longer. I know, but like, dude, I <sighs> Krasinski yep. and Blunt is—it's perfect, in my opinion. It is great casting. I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Fucking!" I think the fans are wrong here. I think like, they, oh, they could do—they could do—they could find better fucking, and they might—they might, but like. Right now, without like that foresight that Kevin Feige has, and he, he seems to fucking nail it every time. 
I think that I think that uh, I think Blunt and Krasinski are great choices as Reed Richards and and uh, Sue Storm. I really do. I I don't think that you could go wrong with them. I think like they could give us something fantastic. <laughs> Pun intended. But <laughs> I really do. It's it'll be interesting to see to see who they eventually go with when they do cast those roles because that's gonna happen we're gonna get a new reed richards we're gonna get a new sue storm we're gonna get a new ben Grimm. we're gonna get you know oh my god fucking chris evans was johnny storm we're gonna get a new johnny storm it's gonna be wild it's gonna be wild and it's wild to think that fucking killmonger michael b jordan at one time was Johnny Storm. This is fuck. I don't know. The MCU is Captain America was at one time Johnny Storm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's wild, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So They're yeah. all there. Mm. Rest in peace, Brian Dennehy. Right? Oh yeah. That was a sad story. I was, yeah, like, was. like, Brian Dennehy. I was like, if I could cast him as any Marvel character, number one, it would have been Kingpin in Daredevil or Spider-Man or whatever. Mm-hmm. Number two, it would have been Brian Dennehy as Ben Grimm. Yeah, that'd be great. He'd be great as that. Right. That would have been a, be- a really good Ben Grimm. If, like if they would have made like, oh God, if that fucking Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, if they could have fucking had like their access to anybody in the Marvel, in, in, in acting, if they would have had their access to anybody, fucking Brian Dennehy as fucking... Ben Grimm. Oh my god! Yeah, great actor, but just a lot of classic movies. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear that story that Patton Oswalt told about being at a party, like a Hollywood party, and like he was trying to like lose weight, and so he was trying to not eat the food that was there because like none of the other you know svelte leading men of Hollywood were like eating anything there. And so finally he said, fuck it. And he went over and was like stuffing his face. And then Brian Dennehy came up and clapped him on the shoulder and was like, Hey, character actors, nobody gives a fuck if we're fat. It was brilliant. That is awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. Let's jump into DC news. What the fuck is going on with Ezra Miller right now? Well, like Jake, you do you know everything about this? I mean, I, I remember when it happened, and I, I saw all the cell phone videos right away when it happened. Where like he was out partying at some bar. I forget where it was at. Okay, okay. Thought, like, let me get into this. Ezra Miller. This is from yeah. Variety. Ezra Miller appears to have choked a woman. At a bar in Iceland in a video that surfaced. And despite confusion online over whether the video was a joke, with memes already emerging on Twitter where Miller's name has been trending, a source at the establishment has confirmed to Variety that this was a serious altercation at the bar and that the man whom they identify as Miller, was escorted off the premises. The seven-second video shows a man saying, oh, you want to fight? That's what you want to do? To a young woman 
who appears to be jokingly preparing herself for a fight and is smiling. Miller then grabs the throat of the girl and throws her to the ground. At this point, the person filming says, Whoa, bro, whoa. No, hold on. I got that wrong. The person filming says, Well, bro. Bro! <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. I got that wrong. I said, Well, bro, whoa. And it's actually, Well, bro. Bro! And stop Huge difference. I, huge difference, Jay. <laughs> If we were in court right now, that could be, that could, like, the jury, you know what I mean? It, whether Instant subpoena. Instant. Like, you never know. If I, whoa, bro, whoa, versus whoa, bro, bro! Judge, he is changing what they're saying the very next sentence. I know. And uh, the footage ends abruptly after whoa, bro, bro. Friday. <laughs> Not, this is crazy. Did you watch this? I'm sure you I, did, right? Of course I fucking watched this. Did you watch this, Joe? I read the article, but I hadn't watched the video. What the fuck are you doing, Joe? Are you what are you? There was a link at the bottom of the article that said watch the video below, and I watched this whole thing, and there was nobody being choked. You you remind me of fucking Ray, our, a guest that didn't watch that Jurassic World video that I sent him. <laughs> but like, I asked him to watch eight minutes, and here you are. I'm asking you to watch fucking seven seconds. Like, what the seven fuck, seconds. bro? Well, bro. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Whoa, bro, Joe. Joe, bro. How now, brown cow? Jake, the video to me, it looked joke. Looked like a joke. It didn't look real. Um, I, I don't know. I thought I agree with the description that um, the girl, the woman looked like she was just getting ready to fuck around with them. Yeah, and I don't. I think they're exaggerating potentially how violent he was to her, but I still think it's pretty. He did cause her to fall to the ground. Yeah, it was fucked up. Like he, she does fucking go to the ground, right? I just, yeah, I think they're both pretty drunk and just making very bad decisions. Well, he definitely is for sure. It's a very bad look. Are you talking about me on this episode? Are you? Where are you going? I'm glad my throat is nowhere near your hands. Are you talking about fucking choking me out, bro? Whoa! Whoa, bro! Whoa. Bro. <laughs> Hope someone's there with a cell phone to record this. Dude. I'm watching the video on loop right now, so it is hard to tell. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really look serious. It doesn't look serious, but on the flip side, like, like it wouldn't look serious, but he takes her to the ground, right? Yeah, it's, it's very, uh, it's very uncool. Like, um, like if it was just like, up. oh, I'm choking you and you're still standing, lady, person, that's funny. But, like, on the flip side, like, he fucking takes her to the goddamn ground. That is true. That's way yeah. too much. That's a this little... was during quarantine, too, so I love how Ezra Miller, like, took off to fucking Iceland to find an open bar. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? There's social distancing. You should be choking her from six feet away, sir. <laughs> and yeah, who, yeah. What's up, dude? Whoa, bro. Whoa, whoa, bro, bro. 
Yeah, this is a crazy story. No one said anything. Like, he hasn't made any statement about it. We haven't no. really heard from the woman. No. Phantom Wire has followed up with an article about the future of the Flash films, though. They're basically, they said, while Variety and other trades confirmed that an altercation happened, others wonder if the fight could have been staged. Whatever happened, many are waiting for more official statements. One of the Flash's previous co-directors, John Francis Daly, um, he's one of the writers from Spider-Man Far From Home. He's also an actor from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, he left the project. Uh, France, John Francis Daly and his um, uh, co-director from Game Night were actually supposed to direct the Flash movie at one time for the DCEU, and they left over creative differences. So his tweet this week, repeating the line during Miller's controversy, made many fans assume that he was throwing some shade at Miller and implying his own difficulty of working with the actor. And the tweet that John Francis Daly sent out was literally creative differences. Hmm. Whoa, bro. Here's the thing. Whoa, bro. Whoa. Here's the thing. Like, I know that I don't know, man. That's fucked up. Like, I don't, John Francis Daly, first off, wasn't in Iceland. And, like, it's not like he knows what's going on there, right? But, like, I do know, all I know is that, like, John Francis Daly and his fucking, his fucking co-director from Game Night, they had their own vision for, like, what they were gonna do with that Flash movie. And then, Ezra Miller didn't like the direction that they had his character going into. And so Ezra Miller was like, oh, I'm going to write my own fucking version of this Flash movie. And that's what he did. He was writing his own version with like another co-writer. And while that was happening, John Francis Daly and this other guy were like, fuck this. We're out. We're out. It's hard not to blame him. That's some weird circumstances. Why would you want to fucking do a Flash movie with an actor that doesn't want to work with your fucking script? Exactly. Yeah, is he's going to respect your fucking direction when he just fucking exactly. pinned your script? Right. So they were like, we're out. So they left. And so I think that, like, first off, I can't, I, I'm not going to say, like, Jan, John Francis Daly knows 100% what fucking happened that night in Iceland. But on the flip side, like, John Francis Daly, it was kind of a jab. It, not kind of a jab. It was a jab at fucking Ezra Miller and probably what he experienced from Ezra Miller and his camp, his entourage. When they were trying to to be directors for this Flash movie, and so I don't know, I don't, I, guys, I don't know. All I know is that like the sources that I'm hearing from 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 these sites are that they're going to use this movie to kind of like reboot the DCEU, and. The only thing, you know, so, the things that that have worked for the DCEU. We'll make it out of this just fine. The shit that didn't work, they're going to end up recasting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're going to be recasting Batman. 
Probably going to be recasting the Joker. Probably might even be recasting Superman at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. At this point, might as well just wipe the slate clean. That's kind of where I'm leaning also. I mean, he was he was one of the shining spots in Justice League, in my opinion. But I also didn't think that he did such an awesome job with the character that I'm just dying for an Ezra Miller Flash movie. And so if he's going to have controversy wrapped around him, I mean, fucking DCU's already got a hard enough time ahead of it, you know, without having, I mean, if this is one of their cast members that they have their freaking hopes and dreams for the DCU pinned on, it's like if this ends up being something true or it turns into a bigger deal, it's, you know, obviously not going to reflect well on them, especially not in this day and age of cancel culture on Twitter. What's so weird about this, Joe, is the fact that like this, I guess this was a, and don't quote me here, but like, I'm just going off of like what I've read. This was like a bar in Iceland that he had been to before and they welcomed, they welcomed him there. And this, this, this altercation happened. To the point where, like, a lot of media outlets were reporting this as, like, kind of like a staged joke, but the bar itself was like, no, you're gone. We don't want you back. And this is a bar that has welcomed him there before. He's been there before. And they're like, no, you're done. So, like, what 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 are we to believe here? Yeah, there's been no official statement yet, so we we don't know if if they're really just canning him or writing him out. But yeah, hard, hard saying. It's it's weird that just no party has spoken up on either side. So yeah. it's really like, yeah, the woman who was choked, Ezra Warner Brothers themselves hasn't said anything official. So it's just kind of this like limbo we're at with it right now. Would you? I personally wouldn't mind. Would you let Ezra, Ezra Miller choke you for a little bit? I would. For like, I don't know, not for a long time, but for a little bit, I would let him choke me. What do I get in return? I don't know. Fucking like, the, you can tell people that fucking Ezra Miller choked you for a little bit? Hmm. I would, dude, I would. I would. I, like, I just bragging rights. Yeah, I'm down. Ezra Miller choked me for a little bit. Do you, do you just have to stand there and let him choke you, or can you try and fight back? Um, lady's choice. Go for it, Joe. Fight him back. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm gonna fucking choke out Ezra Miller. It's gonna be fun. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you want to go, bro? <laughs> he's in another big ass franchise too, right? Of the um, it's the Harry Potter, the that Harry fucking, Potter stuff. I mean, that's the, very family friendly centric too. So I well, mean, like, yeah. And you, I mean, also as far as DC is concerned, I mean, we know about all the wacky stuff fucking Amber Heard did to Johnny Depp now from oh, tapes. My God, right? And they haven't officially fired her ass yet. She's not, dude, she's not coming back for Aquaman 2 as Mira, right? But it's still another thing where Warner Brothers hasn't confirmed that, and we're definitely doing Aquaman 2. Oh, that's definitely happening, but it's not like they're filming now. Dude, she can't be coming back. Well, I don't think she got along with, um, 
um, Jason Momoa, though, either from stuff that I read on set. Really? Yeah, because, like, she had to do, like, a bunch of CG stuff where she was kind of, like, you know, up in the air. And so they stitched her, like, this green book bag so that it would just kind of disappear into the CGI. But when she was just hanging there, setting up for the next shot, she'd be able to read books and stuff. And I get she said in an interview that like Jason Momoa would try and be talking to her, but she'd be reading a book. And so he'd just take the book out of her hand and like tear it in half. And be like, <laughs> there, now, now you don't have to read your book and you can listen to me. And like it was, you know, the article was pointing at it from that angle. And so that led me to believe that oh, she didn't have the best time shooting this movie anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, and like I said, the only reason I brought it up is it's just another scenario where, there's been this stuff outside of the movies that hasn't affected Warner Brothers making any announcements, you know. That's I, true. I, I guess it may be a bigger thing to whether or not Ezra Miller is going to stay. I guess that maybe might be more pertinent quicker, you know. But yeah, yeah I, don't saying. I don't know what's going to happen. Like at the end of the day, like when they first announced Ezra Miller. I had just gotten fresh off of watching, you know, um, uh, the perks of being a wallflower. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's great. He's got a lot of charisma. Is the perks of being a wallflower? Is that what he's in? <laughs> yeah. I, but now, like, dude, I don't even give a flying fuck if Ezra Miller ever plays Flash again. I don't give a shit. Yeah, honestly, the the movie itself has been through such kind of developmental hell that it's just it's really soured my taste for it. I mean, it's something at one point I was really excited for. They had like uh, Rick Fumiyawa was like the director that they had. They had Lord and Miller at one point. Yeah, Lord and Miller rumors. Well, Rick Fumiyawa was originally. I think like the director. I, I could be wrong here. It could be Phil Lord and Chris Miller, but like I think they were both on there because well, he's the true detective guy, right? Well, Fumiyawa was the director of the movie Dope. Okay, and That's he right. he had cast the lead female from Dope to be in this movie as Iris. That's and right. I remember hearing that. She's still attached. She's still been attached through all of this. And then when she left, Kiersey Clemens, that's the actor, Kiersey Clemens. And she's still attached for all. Uh, Andy Michietti has been on this one. I think it, um, fucking uh, uh, Seth Graham Smith at one time was attached to this. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, um, fucking uh, John Francis Daly, and what's his name, Seth Goldberg, both were attached. I mean, this this has gone through more directors than anything I've ever seen before. Surprised Doug Lyman it wasn't attached at one point. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> right after he got off a gambit, he was like, eh, why not flash movie? And then I'll, then I'll bounce off of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is there any sort of common thread for why all these directors are leaving? Creative differences. Let's just say that. 
So do you think it could all stem down to every one of them has found Ezra Miller like terrible to fucking work with? No, I think the problem is, is um, for the longest time, Warner Brothers wanted to use the Flash movie as some kind of DC Universe resetting vehicle. I I feel like the prospect of that and making a good Flash movie is cumbersome to a lot of serious filmmakers where it's like they don't want to deal with Flashpoint and soft rebooting a a movie universe. They just want to make a good Flash movie. And I think the conflicts between that wanting to be done and making a movie makes these directors just up and leave. Yeah. Um, I think Warner Brothers is leaning away from using it as a soft reboot for the universe. That's not what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, possibly not. I. They need to though if they're going to land a director that's going to make an actual film. Okay, I okay, I heard that um, John Francis Daly and I think what's his name Seth Gold, Goldberg, they were going to do like a kind of like a you know like a reset like a crisis story, and then but Ezra Miller didn't like the how they were going to do it, so like he was like I'm going to write my own script with. You know, so and so, and they were going to write their own fucking script. And so, while that was happening, John Francis Daly is just like, "Fuck this, I'm out." But I'm still hearing, and this is from that report from Variety did their report, and then I'm trying to think. I think it was another report, Fandom Wire. Yeah, FandomWire has exclusively spoken to sources involved with the film to confirm that the events of the new film have Barry racing back through time to save his mother. However, when he comes back through the Speed Force after altering time, forever adjustments to the DCEU will be made. While the Justice League is mentioned by name in the script, no other heroes are featured. And when Barry comes back through time, the Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League movies will be gone. Wonder Woman and Aquaman will remain cast as is. But Robert Pattinson's The Batman will be one of the few new characters incorporated into this new resetted timeline. Now, first off, we can say like, wow, that's easy to say because of like the direction that they're going in. But on the flip side, it's like something does need to be done, right? To explain everything that's happening and all the changes, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I just don't think it needs to be done so quickly. It's like you're doing it before there's a reason to do it is kind of the problem. Like, I, I still think it's smarter to let these movie movies breathe on their own with each individual superhero and then worry about what takes place when later. I'm perfectly fine with this Batman movie being its own separate universe. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. And if there comes a time when the stars align and you can work these characters and ideas into other characters and ideas, then do it then. Like, it feels ridiculous to have to have this, like, gateway movie that takes us from one 
movie universe to the next. Like, it just seems over ambitious and, mm -hmm. you know, practically stupid. Well, just to use the Flash movie just to do, you know, as a reboot just seems stupid. Right? Yeah, it seems like a waste of fucking time. Yeah. Like, it, just make a fucking awesome Flash movie, make a fucking awesome Batman movie, make a fucking awesome Superman movie, and then see what happens next. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think they get caught into these, into all this bullshit by thinking too far ahead and then not having solid foundation to begin with in the first place. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're putting the cart ahead of the horse. They just, they want what Marvel has and they want it now. No, they've yeah. always done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we didn't need a fucking Flash movie to get us from the Joel Schumacher Batman to the Christopher Nolan Batman movie. <laughs> exactly. Like, they just fucking happened, and we accepted it, and it was never confusing or a big deal. I, nothing's changed. The audiences know who fucking Batman is, and Flash is, and Wonder Woman, and Superman. Like, these are A-list fucking characters. You don't, you know, you don't need to do all this fucking... Flaming hoop shit. Yes and no. I'll be honest with you. There were a few people that when the title came out for The Dark Knight had no idea that it was a Batman movie. Well, yeah. But once they knew it was a Batman movie, they didn't think it was like going to be yeah. fucking Schwarzenegger it's, putting on the Mr. Freeze they, costume. They had, there were people that had to have that explained to them, though. I'm just, I, I'm not yeah. trying no, to be I that remember, guy. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. That's apples and oranges, though. To kind of the point I'm making. I know, but that but it, that was a hilarious. There was thing. a there I mean, was a time where people had to have an explanation as to like, yeah, the Dark Knight is Batman. Like there, <laughs> like because it was that movie that didn't have like Batman in the title. There were those people that thought like, what? Why? This movie is a ripoff of Batman. Why is this movie happening? And so th <laughs> yeah. that the, did happen. Warner Brothers forced Nolan to prominently put the bat symbol behind the logo every time it was used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My biggest problem with them doing Flash and having that be their reboot is that they haven't earned Flashpoint yet. And Flashpoint's a pretty popular storyline like at least amongst the comic fans and stuff. Like if you ask almost anybody, "Hey, what's your favorite DC animated movie?" A lot of people like a lot of people Flashpoint's going to be in the top 3, if not their top 1. Mm. For me it's the top 1. I think that's one of the best DC animated movies they've done. Yeah. It's a great story. The the original comic run written by Jeff Johns is fucking fantastic. They've not done anything to earn that yet. And No. And they're not going to be able to do the story justice. And so then at the end of the day, they're just going to have some fucking weird Frankenstein of a movie that's trying to achieve multiple objectives. And they're probably just going to piss off the bigger fan base by doing it because they'd be doing such a disservice to Flashpoint to even put I, that name on it. I think this it. is why Jake's right in the fact that like that's why they're losing these directors. It feels like it's just a movie to reset the universe as opposed to like let's make a really great flash movie Th james gunn didn't have that obstacle when they fucking made guardians of the galaxy like like it's not like when james gunn like when kevin feige said hey we're gonna make a guardians of the galaxy movie um 
can you use this not only to introduce these characters, but on the flip side, like I want you to like reset the entire Marvel universe and like make every, all, all the fucking mistakes that we've made. Like, and back then it's not many, I guess, I guess the only things you'd want to correct would probably be like, maybe like Iron Man two. And for some people, like the incredible Hulk, like, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's a perfect example too. And maybe James Gunn didn't have any of those constraints. Right. They let him make a good movie. And then they even were able to build off of the stuff he did that weren't part of the plans at first. I honestly think that Warner Brothers was just like, Hey, you know, like you guys are going to make a flash movie. And then like when they get in there, they're like, okay, we're going to use this as like a way to reset the whole universe. And it's a way to introduce like all these new concepts, all these new concepts that we're bringing in. We're get, we're getting we're done with the Jared Leto Joker. We're done with Ben Affleck Batman. We're done with Henry Cavill Superman. Batman v Superman's gone. Man of Steel's gone. Justice League's gone. You're gonna make a Flash movie. It's going to reset the timeline. And yeah. you've got people in here like Rick Fumiyawa, who's like, well, you know, like I had my own vision for this. You had, you know, John Francis Daly, who's like, you know, we, we kind of had like our own vision of Chris Lord, Phil Miller, for God's sake. We're yeah, right. Yeah. We're writing this at one time. And they were like, they had their own fucking version of this. This sounds like a job for Chris Terrio. Well, yeah. So, uh, or it, fuck, can you believe? I think Jake didn't. Seth Graham Smith wasn't he attached to this at one time? Yeah, you're right about that too. You're right about that too. And I think Joe's absolutely right. It's classic DC shit where they're going to try to do Flashpoint. They haven't earned it, so yet again they're going to yada 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 on one of their greatest fucking storylines. Yeah. Let's just cram Flashpoint into the back 20 minutes of this new Flash movie. At this point, what other characters would even be in it to even make it a fucking worthwhile Flashpoint? We're talking about about Reverse Flash and Mirror Master being the villains for this one. And they're talking about casting... uh, I'm hearing rumors of Jessica Chastain as as Mirror Master. I like that casting, actually. As Mirror Master. Yeah, that's cool. I'd rather have just one or the other, though. It's I, I, especially in multiple villains can work, but not usually very well in the first movie. And they've got Andy Muschietti, the director from It, and they still have a script by Christina Hodson, the writer for Bumblebee and Birds of Prey, that they're wanting to use. Warner Brothers really needs to just realize that less is more and just put out a handful of individual character movies that are good. They're not overly complicated. It's just a good movie. Like, well, well, I, I, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't give a fuck. And I know that there are people that fucking, you know, have listened to PCL that do their own podcast that fucking hate birds of prey. And it's just nothing against them. And they are free to like and love and hate and whatever they fucking they want. 
But I still fucking love Birds of Prey. I think it's a fucking great movie. Birds that, of Prey was a lot of fun. But Birds of Prey okay, didn't ex- it didn't succeed in the box office. Right? No, so, under any name. But yeah, it doesn't matter what you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you fucking title that movie. I think I think the movie is fun. I had a lot of fun watching it. I really enjoyed it. I did not like. I'll be honest with you. I think Margot Robbie is a fucking fantastic actor, but I did not like her as Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. I loved her in Birds of Prey. Loved her in Birds of Prey. Um. I didn't love. Yeah, they made her much more Harley Quinn for Birds of Prey. Totally, to- and I'll be honest with you. I like I I love Birds of Prey. I didn't love everything about Birds of Prey. I think there was a lot of work that they could have done on the character of Huntress. And I I love the actor that played Huntress. Yeah, I thought Huntress was fun, but she she was no Huntress from the comics. Thank not by you. any means. Yeah. And, and what they did with Cassandra Kane was almost fucking criminal. Mm-hmm. You could like, dude, if you want to read excellent yeah. Cassandra Kane, pick up James Tynion's um, Detective Comics books from Rebirth. Yeah, and you will love what he does with her. Um, she becomes a character named Orphan in it. That uh, she's such a good f- fighter that at one point Batman even says, "Yeah, that's like the one foe that I wouldn't want to go up against." Wow. And she just kicks ass. And the Bat family that's in Detective Comics with that is fucking fantastic. Um, but that that was really the only part of Birds of Prey that, that I didn't like. I liked all the other um, – the way they did those other characters. Uh, their Black Canary was fucking amazing. She did such a good job. Totally, yeah. <laughs> I really, really loved that a lot. Yeah, that- and the, uh, the whole vibe between um, – um, Huntress and and her was really really good. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see a future movie with them bring in a, a Barbara Gordon to team up with those two. I agree. Here's that the would thing. be so good. Like, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with it. vodka. Jesus Christ, vodka is <laughs> is an amazing. <laughs> we're talking about DC movies and how they need to get individual ones, and we were talking about how <laughs> Birds of Prey was pretty yeah. good. Um, what you think? Like, did you think Shazam was a pretty good standalone? I love Shazam. Yeah, I loved it too. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, I Shazam love was Shazam. a lot of fun. Shazam was a blast. I there was one point in Shazam where I laughed so hard that I had a child staring at me <laughs> in the theater because I was laughing so hard. I don't know if the child was worried for my safety or the child was like, oh my God, why the fuck is this guy laughing so hard at this point? It was the part where like they were testing his powers and the one kid set him on fire. (laughs) I laughed so so ridiculously hard in the theater. I almost passed out from laughing so hard. <laughs> I thought it was that funny. I just, but like I, yeah, I loved Shazam. I loved Shazam. Thought it was great. So I don't know. And but it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And if you didn't love it, that's fine. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. But I, I dude, I fucking love Shazam. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'd like to see the, I'd like to see Warner Brothers focus more 
on that than trying to reboot some big fucking interconnected universe. It's they like, don't have a Kevin Feige, dude. No, they they don't yeah. they don't have the right person in charge to oversee it all. They obviously don't have anybody in their in the executive team at Warner Brothers that greenlights the stuff. There's obviously nobody on that team that that has any sort of connection to any of this material. And you know, whereas you know, the MCU has that with Kevin Dude, Feige. They, they, had... they need some sort of fucking mastermind if they want to. They need a mastermind. They need a fucking let's call it like a five to ten year plan. I mean, yeah. five year might be way too 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 aggressive. Marvel, like a... Mar five years is nothing in movies. Think about it. Like if you think about it, like we're eleven years now into the MCU. How That's many, a really good point. How many movies have we had? Like 20, right? Oh, yeah, a shit ton. Over 20. Yeah. yeah. I mean... So it wasn't Endgame like 22 or something Think like about that? this. Like, I want you to think about, like, Marvel had two Iron Man movies, a Captain America movie, a Thor movie, a Hulk movie, before they did an Avengers film. And like, that's, yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot, but like on the flip side, we're looking at like, look at like what DC did. They had a super, way well, had one Superman movie, Superman versus Batman, BVS. They did a Suicide Squad movie that barely had Batman in it. They had what? They had one other movie. Wonder Woman. Wonder Wonder Woman, and then they, and then it was instantly Justice League. It was instantly Justice League. After that, same. I think it was the same amount of movies that Marvel did. Right before they did yeah. Avengers, but on on the flip side, it was like. Did we have a cyborg movie? Did we have a Flash movie? Did we have a Green Lantern movie? Yeah, but even Avengers brought in a few characters that hadn't had movies yet. Sure, the you know Hawkeye and Black Widow, but Hawkeye was also featured in Thor. Hawkeye and Black Widow was featured in Iron Man too. But like that, you know what I mean? Like that that Suicide Squad movie, like that wasn't they didn't use that as like a a launching pad or a springboard for for that Justice League movie. Yeah, it had it had fuck all to do with Justice League. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> had nothing to do with it. Like it was a, it, it was a movie, you know? So, um I'm just saying like I think that they could have they could have integrated everything a little bit better. They just didn't have a Kevin Feige there to do it. And for as much as you bitch about post-credit scenes, Jake, I think those post-credit scenes were kind of like a big kind of like to-do. Those were like a big part of like bringing everything. I think those post-credit scenes were like huge as far as like teasing the future of the MCU. Fucking what was it? Iron Man 2? Was it Iron Man 2 where we get that fucking... Mjolnir fucking like yeah. in Nevada, just in the fucking ground, just chilling yeah. there. Those first three to five 
end credit scenes were, were decent. It's just when they became bad jokes for the most part later on. Uh, some it got of them. a little bit too much. Yes and no. I, like, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. Like, I'll agree with you that fucking Iron Man 3, fucking Mark Ruffalo sitting on the fucking, uh, you know, the psychiatrist couch was bullshit. Like, fuck that. I don't fucking need that. Do I need to fucking sit around and wait for fucking this ant to play the goddamn drums in Ant-Man 2 or whatever the fuck? That, what was going, exactly. fuck that. Fuck you. But there are times where I fucking fucking, where, where, where fucking, you get a fucking mid credits or a post credits that you're waiting around for as, as of, as fans of the MCU, as part of this fucking culture that's been created. I'm not going to lie here. Jake, here, here's the thing. I hate sitting around and waiting for fucking, like, if I'm watching a movie called, you know, Johnny Fuckhead and the Snow Dogs or something. If I'm watching some bullshit movie, you know what I mean? Some bullshit movie. If I have to Google if there's a post credit scene, that pisses me off. If I'm if, if I'm watching some rando fucking movie, you know, and I gotta Google if there's a fucking post credit scene, that pisses me off. But on the flip side, like for a Marvel movie, waiting around, there's like kind of like an anticipation there for me, just waiting around. But I, god damn it, if I have to fucking. Just any other fucking rando movie that's trying to bite off what they're fucking doing and give us a post credit scene. That fucking sucks. That fucking yeah, it's pretty sucks. much every movie but Marvel movies you have to do that Google search. I know. That's what I found. I know. Except for Endgame. Endgame's about Endgame was one of my favorite ones. Not because of what we got on the screen whatsoever. But because there was one person near the front of the auditorium that after the hammering stopped, he goes, that's it? awesome but like here's like i don't know part of the culture part of like everything that they've created like i wait around for that post-credit scene and like some of them are bullshit you know but every once in a while you'll get that scene of thanos fucking turning around giving you a grin you're just like oh my god I really think that that's what the post-credit scene should be. It should be a tease of what's to come. I, I feel like it is a waste when it's just a dumb joke. Yeah, like uh, fucking like yeah, the ant playing the drums and and Mark Ruffalo fucking you know you know uh, giving Tony some psychiatric bullshit. That sucked. That that shit sucked. I was just yeah. Like, as Christ. much as like Thor Ragnarok's one of my favorites, but like the end credit scene with just the 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 Grandmaster just being like, "Okay, you got me." And it's like, "Oh, that was a waste." Yeah, because yeah. then someone to like tease what was more to come. Like, the- yeah, it's it's like like what's happening next. Like like you know that final page that reveal in a comic book that exactly you, yeah it's that like had the you last page on the comic book that is designed to get you to buy the next issue right <laughs> but only there's like 30 blank pages in between that page and the last page you read. there is like the the fucking you know like when you get done watching iron man and sam jackson is talking to you about the iron like the avengers initiative 
Like that was like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Oh yeah, that's my number one. If I was going to power rank post credit sequences, well, for me, for me, like I think, like I think there's some other great post credit sequences, but like that all happen in phase one for me. There's to me after phase one, I don't think there's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's your opinion. Like, like, yeah. like I, I, I can do without the fucking ant, you know, playing the drums and and. You know, that other shit, but like, there's been some other post credit scenes where it's like, okay, alright, yeah, I'm ready. Bring it. So, you know, like, uh, even like the, the Captain, the Captain Marvel post credit scene where it's like, they're teasing Sword. I'm just like, okay. Alright, cool. Yeah, I'm down for this. I'm down for this. Like, that's like, like yeah, it's not mind blowing, but they're teasing sort. We know like what Nick Fury's been up to. Like we know there's more to this. There's more to this. So I don't know. Star Wars news. What do we got for Star Wars news? Yeah, Ming Na Wen. They're saying Ming Na Wen, who played uh, what's her fucking name. Uh, she was in the uh, that one the- episode of The Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah. Me know it. She uh, she played Fennec Shant. Yeah, the assassin. They're saying she's coming back. She fucking got killed. Flashback. They're saying that she fucking reportedly filmed scenes for the already finished filming uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Twin sister. Yeah, that was gonna be my first thought. The character was introduced in the fifth episode of the first season, only to be shot and left for dead by Toro Calican. Saying she's coming that's back. Cool. That's cool, though. I thought she, I, I loved her acting in that episode of The Mandalorian. Mm. I gotta be. I wonder how they're gonna write her back into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Man, because it never then paid off either. Remember at the end of that episode, we see those boots with the spurs walk yeah, up we ne- and, and find her body. Right there was never that. any payoff on that. So is it going to have something to do with that? That was fucking, dude, dude, I don't care what anybody said. That was fucking, that was Boba Fett. Like if you fucking research that shit online, that's fucking Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, the the sounds of the spurs jangling are totally the same from Empire. And then, well, and then the the transmission that's coming through. You you hear like a kind of like a transmission and like it's it's totally the sounds that you hear from Boba Fett. Yeah, man, that second season's gonna be fucking insane. Oh my god! I can't wait. More Baby Yoda. Oh my god! We need this now. Just more everything from that world, please. Yeah. Yeah, October can't come soon enough for that shit. Is that when it's coming out, October? That's what I thought, yeah. Early October is what I remember reading. Well, that's when the first season came out, so it makes sense. And live action Ahsoka Tano. I, I <gasps> oh my wait. god, are you kidding me? Yeah, fucking Rosario Dawson's going to be playing Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka Katana. Did I say that oh, right? Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka- 
Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> Speaking I, of that, her um, yeah. that last story arc of Clone Wars with her was really good, dude. I have and not been the watching the next story arc that's starting is going to be the Siege of Mandalore. I have not been watching the new season of Clone Wars. Get on that shit when you can. All right, is it gone? It's, it's worth it. It's it's very good. The animation is, Dude, is stepped heard... up, so the animation's the best in this season yet. The first story arc with the Bad Batch and everything was awesome, but then the mm-hmm. next story arc with Ahsoka Tano and then these two sisters that she comes into contact with is really good, and then that's what sets up for the Siege of Mandalore. I've heard mixed reviews on this. Like I've heard like the season's great, then they involve. Then they incorporate these two sisters and it starts to suck. So, like, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, there's been a lot of hate for those two characters that you bring it up. That's for sure. But the yeah. sisters? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've heard a ton people, of fucking hate I don't know why, about them. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's hard to fucking it's hard to gauge reactions of people online when it comes to Star Wars. Star Wars fans are a fickle bunch. And for me, like I've always loved Clone Wars, and I like that other stuff. And and I kn- I know I like that stuff. The you know the st- like the comics and the shows and stuff that exist separate from the movies, but still part of the same thing. I know I'm a bigger fan of that than you are, Brian. But I I still think this new season of Clone Wars has been really good. Uh, okay. I I will I will eventually check it out. Eventually. Yeah, we'll just wait till the whole thing's out yeah. so that at least you can binge story arcs at a time, you know? Yeah. Well, I was wanting to do a rewatch of all the Clone Wars. Yeah. I was wanting to drink more vodka because I think that that helps <laughs> with... Mm, don't do that. No, I was thinking it helps with my with my clarity. I think, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think like, the more vodka I drink, the more the more uh, clarity that I bring to these episodes. I think it really helps with kind of, like... Um, uh, the flow of these episodes. I think the more vodka I drink on this one, like I, uh, I I'm more. Uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like I feel like like before, like 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 what? Oh, oh, what's he saying? I don't understand what he's saying. Oh, oh God! It's like he's drinking more vodka, and like now I can understand what he's saying. <laughs> like like I, I'm gonna hard disagree to this. I really, yeah. The vodka got me replaced by Joe. So. <laughs> No, like that. I think like that was one of those moments where it, it was it, a long time coming, and I think you know what I mean. Like, like I a long time coming. Like Joe. First off, Joe has probably like when we talk about like all the new content that we watched this week for Good Pop Bad Pop. Joe had more to contribute. I think. Like, <laughs> I think that I think Joe, you're Joe. You're the right choice. <laughs> I won't let you down. I think, like you know, like they say, like you know, like the, what's the old slogan? Coke is it. Joe is Joe, it. So I'm the new Coke. Joe, you're in the new Coke. I think you should go with you got the right one, baby, for him. You, no, that's that was that was a blind man singing that song. Oh my god. What Ray a, Charles. Ray Charles. You got the right one, baby. Oh my God. Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi. That has nothing to do with Coke. He's a, that's a horrible. That that's how I. That's how I remember him. He's just a blind man. Blind man. It's a blind man. 
<laughs> the awkward them, silence. One of them. I know. Like, oh, Brian brings up a blind man. Let's get all quiet and act like we <laughs> not again. Like we fucking don't know that fucking Ray Charles was blind. Jesus Christ. He, yeah, he was blind. He couldn't see anything. He had no eyesight. His eyeballs were dead. Um <laughs> Pop culture leftovers hates blind people. We That's do not. I do not hate blind people. I think blind people. I think blind people. <laughs> blind people are amazing, and they, they, they. Uh, their other senses are heightened. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil is dope ish. Fuck. Um. No. Ray Charles. Yo, God, you guys are getting all quiet. Ooh, what's, what's Brian, what's Brian gonna say about blind people? Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait on this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just wondering no, if I... they're still going around touching people's faces. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I never even thought about that. Dude, what if we find out, like, this COVID thing? They're telling you not to touch your face? What if they're wrong? What if the cure is touching all the faces. <laughs> what if we find out that we are supposed the whole time we're supposed to be touching everybody's face? Like it's all about face touching, dude. What if they're wrong? What if they're wrong? I'm just saying, like this whole time, what if the cure? What if the cure? The What's your favorite song from the cure? <laughs> None. I'm not the biggest Cure fan. Joe, what's your favorite song for the Cure? <laughs> None. None. I, I grew up listening to lots of Henry Rollins spoken word, and so before I ever heard of the Cure, I heard him talking shit about the Cure. Oh. And so then when I got old enough to listen, I was like, yeah, fuck the Cure. Uh, old man Rollins says that that's a fat clown weeping over a guitar. You're so... You're such a fucking... You are so... Oh my god, dude. You are, I'm like, team Depeche Mode when it comes to the Cure. I love Depeche Mode, but I also love the Cure. I'm I'm, I'm down with both. Joe, you're just a follower, Joe. You're just a little fucking <laughs> Henry. You're just a little Henry Rollins sheep. Ah, ah, what do you? <laughs> my, do you make that noise when you suck his dick? Ah. <laughs> well, you know it's hard, you know. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> Joe. Thank you so much for joining us this episode. Oh, it's been fun. Has it really? I always have fun when I talk to oh, you guys. God. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I wouldn't keep coming back otherwise. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. I think there's a few people that are like self-masochists that come back on multiple times. Jake, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel silently like... hate it the whole time. I seriously. Yeah. I feel I'm not like... going to name names, but mm. they're out there. Yeah, like, like who does this as torture? You know what I mean? Like, there's gotta be those people. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, at least one or two. Oh my god. Like that, you know, like, like you watch that movie where like, like that guy shows up, like, like you're watching, you've been watching this show or this movie or whatever this whole time. And there's this guy and he seems like a normal guy and he dresses in a suit and he looks normal the whole fucking time. But then all of a sudden you're watching the show and then he shows up in a diaper and he's like, thank you, ma'am. May I have another? And she's smacking him in his diaper ass with a crop whip or something. And he's a total bitch. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, 
what the fuck? Like, I thought this guy was a badass. Like, the whole, like, we've been watching this guy and he fucking had like a gun and he shot people and shit like that. He's like a badass. Next thing you know, he's a fucking bitch and somebody's fucking like smacking him in the ass with a crop whip and he's wearing a diaper or whatever the fuck. He's a little bitch. And now you're just like, what the fuck? And he's do, and, and like, he's putting up with some bullshit, right? And like, who's our listener that's listening to this as fucking torture? Because like, honestly, Joe, I don't know. I don't know how these episodes have been going lately, but like, this one seems like it's a chore to listen to. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. I, I think if, if your episodes are really a chore to listen to, you just wouldn't get downloads. I mean, I, people keep coming back for something, dude, right? I Unsubscribing takes takes you making the decision to do something. I, like you can not listen and still be subscribed. I think that the people that are still subscribed have died of COVID. <laughs> and their phones are just still downloading these episodes. Yeah, I think their loved ones are going to be embarrassed when they find their phone and then listen to see what they were listening to. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is what they were listening to. <laughs> I want to know what Sweet Reginald was listening to. <laughs> what would you listening to, Sweet Reginald? I would love to know. I loved you, Reginald. You died of the COVID. You died of the COVID. You caught the COVID. You went out there, you weren't social distancing, who knows what you were doing. Died of the COVID. I want to know more about you because I loved you. <laughs> I loved you, you beautiful man. What were you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> what were you listening to? Oh, were you listening to the Tom Segura episodes of Joe Rogan? No, you weren't. What did you subscribe to on the old Apple podcast? What are you Pop close to leftovers. Take a listen here. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Good God, what is this? <laughs> what? What is going I don't Oh God. You're better off dead. <laughs> Good God, Reginald. The world does not miss you, Reginald. You're better off dead. I don't How know. did you have the patience for this, but not for me? I, I know. <laughs> how did you, seriously, how did you spend five fucking hours listening to this garbage? Well, fucking, you know, Francine, you couldn't fucking give her five minutes of fucking pleasure in the bedroom or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. J Joe, I don't know how you fucking get on this show. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you put up with me listening to me. This is stupid. This is dumb. I don't know what the, what the fuck is wrong with you, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. But it's fucking funny, dude. Dude, what's wrong with you? Uh, I'm a fan. Can how, I can, how can you... No, seriously, dude. How can you fucking... You cannot... No. You cannot... You cannot condone this bullshit. I, I'll condone the fuck out of it, dude. I listen and I laugh and it makes my heart happy and that's all. That's good enough for me, okay? There you go. Jake, I don't understand. Do you understand it, Jake? No, dude. It's a fucking time-life mystery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Holy shit. Time Life books, man. Time can can you buy that shit on eBay now? Oh, I hope so. Mm. Oh man. Master- I always wanted those books. Masturbating's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it can be. Oh, I'm gonna take my hand, I'm gonna put it on my penis, I'm gonna rub it, and then pfft, white shit comes out of that crap, right? <laughs> isn't that weird? I mean, like, not really. The, no, it, it, hold on. I mean, it's weird to, like, first, know the, but... the, 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 yeah, yeah, I mean. Like, what, like, what, like, like, who's the first dude who figured that, that out? You know what I mean? <laughs> he must have been, like, the fucking Merlin of that day. Like, dude, check this out. You know what I mean? Do you think, like, he showed yeah, that yeah. shit off to, like, everybody else? Because everybody's bragging about stuff. You know what I mean? These days, like everybody's bragging about, it. like look what I look what I did, you know what I mean? Look what I did, look what yeah. I can do, look what you I can do. What it, that's like Louis C.K. territory. <laughs> yes, there. I was gonna say this was the first Louis C.K. <laughs> but is it? Look what I can do. Yeah, but like back then, <laughs> me. it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not like back then. Is it? Is it that fucking disturbing, or is it just like, or is it back then, or is it like, is it much more innocent? Back then, children clapped. Yes, yes. <laughs> like this is like, like a puppet show, you know, <laughs> or like a magic show. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, look at dude, this guy. Like that thing that we have, you know, like that thing that we have in between our legs. Like this guy was, like, he rubs it, and then like this fucking, this crazy fucking weird white frosting comes out of it. <laughs> and then everyone tried, and thus the first circle jerk was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's like a what came first, the chicken or the egg question. Like, did 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 like jerking off happen first, or like it had to have been sex, right? It had to have been like, okay, sex is awesome. Can I have sex all the time. Jerk off when you can't have sex. That's something you can relate to. But uh, can you imagine the first sexual encounter? Well, like, like. I don't even understand how that worked. Like, no. where, was there the guy, like the first sexual encounter, the guy got hard, right? And was like, what, what was he doing with this penis? Like, he, did he even I know? know? How did they work that out for the first time? <laughs> yeah, like, how did that work out? Like, was he like, just like rubbing it on like her elbow and she was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> That's not the right spot. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? And like, did it go from like her elbow to like her mouth? And then he was like, where did the, like, how did that all shake out? You know what I mean? Well, it's like, are there certain things that are just programmed into people by their DNA? I think so. It's I think gotta it's just be. Instinct it's gotta point. be. It's yeah, gotta be. Because like, I have a house cat, but Jack will sit and watch birds out the window. And like, I can just tell looking at him that he is just going through murder fantasy after murder fantasy <laughs> in his little mind. Right. You know, cause he's got, he does a little chattering thing with his mouth that's really disturbing. My penis has done that to mm. many a vagina. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is that I've, my, my penis has murdered so many but, vaginas. In its, in its fucking instructions in, are in his mind. And so it's yeah. like, are those instructions on some level just in people's minds as part of DNA? Otherwise, how do you work that sort of dude, stuff out? There was seriously, if we go back in history though, dude, there was that first sexual encounter, man. Like I can't imagine it went smoothly. 
Like, because my first sexual encounter did not go by that smoothly. You know what I'm saying? So the first one where he had no instruction booklet at all, at all, nothing. Like, there was, like, fucking no booklet saying, like, you stick your dick in this fucking hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was no- Slot A into tab B. Yeah, dude. He might have fucking, like, stuck his shit in her ass, and that was, like, the whole fucking, like, dude, I ain't doing anal fucking. That, like, like I ain't doing anal ever. Like, like that's where that came from. But, like, here's the thing. It's, like, me, my first sexual encounter, like, yeah, it happened. Was it? Incredible? Fuck no. Like, can I man, can I go back and imagine if it was the first sexual encounter of all fucking time? And not even knowing what to do? Like, I had no idea. I'm the first two human beings ever doing this? <laughs> I like the enunciation at the end of every sentence there. Think, well, think about it, man. Think about the pressure there. Who had fun in that first sexual encounter? Who had fun? Do you think the woman was satisfied there? Fuck no. And what is it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You th- oh, seriously, do you think the first sexual encounter, you think the woman was satisfied ever? I think it took pro- it took a long time. Yeah, like the 7,534th sexual encounter. The sounds about right. Sexual. Sounds about fucking right. <laughs> that sounds about right, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I had some deep calculations I was doing there. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a lot of pressure, man. It's a lot of fucking pressure. Do you think, do you think somebody jerked <laughs> off first? Before they actually fucking had sex with somebody? Mm, no, I think the sex happened first. Really? Same here. I, th- I think that that was something. That I think that jerking off came further down the road. Dude. That's sex simulation. That, that guy. Without the sex. That, yeah. That guy that did that, he was like, oh my God. I don't even, I don't even have to do it with somebody else. I could do this by myself. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and thus Kleenex was born <laughs> that guy was a god <laughs> alright let's end this shot this is terrible <laughs> I like the clicky model that's me that's me drunk Hold on, it's how much- food in bedtime I didn't even drink as much as this vodka as I usually drink um, guys just like all Joe thank you thank, thank you. you sir I did have fun yeah, I'm sure you did. Lies. <laughs> Lies. Yeah. You sound like, you sound, <laughs> anyway, I'm not gonna say that. Just like all good leftovers saying their doggy bags think Joe, can people listen to you on, uh, anything? <laughs> yeah, you can check me out on Startcast or Number One Comic Books. There you go. People. Google them. Google them. Just like all good leftovers saying their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap.